Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about wading through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Faye Fair, and joining me is... Oh, uh, me. I'm Ben. I'm Ben Enns. My pronouns are she, they. And once again joining us is the Tsukihime anime lover and professional Hisui main, Blue. <laughs> Hi, uh, they, them, and I wish I had the dedication to be pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish the Tsukihime anime... Yeah, I I think about it a lot. I I really think about that amusement park episode entirely too often. (laughs) Today we have a very long and somewhat divisive Karno Kyokai movie to cover, but first we have two manga to chat about and some tea to sip, and also the shortest intro we've ever had, I think, in one go too. I've told this story. I told the story when during the watch party, but I have new glasses now. Uh, I have round anime girl glasses, uh, and the this is the first time I've got new glasses in like ten years or something like that. And the eye strain is making me feel like I'm exhausted and or high at all hours, even though I am neither of those two things. Ugh. So I'm a little distracted, but I'm gonna push through because I'm a professional. Yeah. So this might be a little bit of a shorter episode. If we're lucky. <laughs> it's like the longest by far movie we've covered. I also have 10,000 words of notes. So I like, have about 10,000 words of notes on it too. So wow. <laughs> You're giving me a run for my money. If it makes you feel better, I'm about a thousand short of you, but that was because the last half hour I wanted to go to bed on that watch through. <laughs> At the end of the watch through, Fen had started way later than me, and I was li- I could hear Fen getting to the part. I- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh God, I have to hurry up. Yeah, like uh, let's see, it, I finished watching it about mm, an hour or two past when I would have normally gone to bed, and like my spouse had come in to go to sleep while I was still watching. I'm like, uh. Okay, I've just got to hurry this up. I've got to hurry this up. <laughs> it's a real reflect on your life choices kind of moment when that happens. <laughs> Uh-huh. How, how many of li- these lines did I actually need to quote? Is anyone drinking <laughs> anything interesting? I'm just drinking. Uh, I had entirely I'm... too many donuts this morning. It's <laughs> full of donuts. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous. Because they're so tasty. Is the donuts are amazing. That's typically why you eat a lot of donuts. <laughs> um, It'd be weird if you were eating ton- donuts that tasted bad and gorged yourself on them. <laughs> like, yes, none of that fits I... together. <laughs> I've had that kind of like, mm, these chicken nuggets don't, they taste awful. I'm going to have seven of them. <laughs> okay, <chicken laughs> That's a different are thing. Categorically with, different from donuts. Like donut, donuts, like first off to have a bad donut, like that's exceptional to begin with. Like I've had some very I, I go out and buy new ones. Mediocre, sure. Eat a pig whole pack. But bad. <laughs> um, they had, I don't remember what the, so they had plain, mm-hmm. the gluten-free bakery that I go to. Mm-hmm. every saturday mm-hmm. um they had plain which is fine you know they had a like rose cardamom Whoa. one that was like pretty good i don't think it had a ton of flavor um and but the two that i got more than one of uh and this is the problem is that i got half <laughs> donuts. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yep. that's that's simply too many even yep. if they're not like super large a half a dozen donuts is too many to eat and and while they're there it's so hard to just like say i'm done you say you're done and then you come back (laughs) they don't they don't keep very well Mm. they're fine in the morning and then even just by like tonight they'll be like kind of tough a little unpleasant so they have a timer going on them but the two that i ate 
that were absolutely delicious were a maple frosted. I love a maple frosted. Maple is amazing. Um, and a blueberry donut that had a like blueberry glaze and blueberries in the donut batter. Yes. Ooh, that sounds was, so good. You just like bite down and you get a little, a little like soft kind of like burst of blueberry and it's like, ooh, mm. ooh. Was it like, ooh. well, mm, I don't know how gluten-free ones are. I was going to ask if it's like the denser cakey type of yeah, one they're, or. They're like brioche. Okay. So like oh, that'd still be really good. Ooh. Yeah, it's very tasty. Oh, I'm drinking... <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a cafe latte <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, a meal replacement with caffeine. This, and then... This sounds like you're living the gamer lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, well, so the caffeinated ones are probably the ones that taste the worst. But <laughs> there was a handful of them on sale, so like... I just have, like, a case of them that, like, I want to clean out before we move. <laughs> so I'm just kind of having them out of obligation at this point. And then on the side, because it is a just miserable overcast day out, I have a sitting here that I've barely touched. And then I have a seltzer sitting here. So I've just got an array of drinks in front of me. <laughs> yeah, you've got a whole breakfast bar of drinks. I ran out of caffeinated drinks. I drank the last that I had stashed, so I'm just drinking water and I feel terrible. But I do have some that I will try not to chew on the microphone. Just been foraging or ferreting out from under her bed. Yes, yes. This is how I live my life. <laughs> what are you up to, Ben? Uh, what are you up to? You're going to make fun of me. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, I'm adding markers to, to Nyaw. Yes. <laughs> I'm cutting that part. Damn it. <laughs> you I deserve it. You, you said the brand name of the drink once, uh, Blute, and then uh, <laughs> referred to it, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. Blute, <laughs> like, avoiding it. And, nope. Oh, no. Are you going to bleep me saying <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Calling it gamer water. Oh, please do. <laughs> I'm going to believe that for an entirely different reason. Ben's favorite gamer water. Sweet nectar of the gamer. Is gamer nectar more or less uh, unpleasant than gamer water? They're both... Uh, they're, yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk about Talentless Nana first, or do we want to talk about Melanie? Yeah, let's talk about the less good of these two things. That's <laughs> coming out swinging. Okay. Is that swinging? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't disagree, but <laughs> it's a pointed way of saying it, Fan. Okay. So, here, uh, let's, let's put this a little bit. Up to where the anime ended is probably where I think Nana is its best. Mm. That initial section. Is that mm -hmm. sound about fair? <laughs> After that, I am absolutely with you guys. <laughs> like, I enjoy it still, but I can definitely, like, it's not as good as that beginning section. We're going to talk about up to where the, the anime ends. And we're not going to talk, we're going to refuse to talk about anything else, right? I I need, like, five minutes. Let, <laughs> let us discuss up to where the anime ends. And then I need, like, five minutes to just, uh, I'll, I'll even say, give me a minute. 
to talk very briefly about everything after that. Okay. <laughs> okay. How about this? And we we both we have a couple minutes to talk about that. You mark it. We put it at the end. Okay. That's so there will be spoilers for Talentless Nana. It's like in past the anime in the post pod. Yeah. Yep. And if anybody's listening and hasn't watched it and is curious at all, just like go watch the re- first episode or read the first chapter. It will set you up for what at least this first chunk is. So, yeah. and like you can jump ahead of the conversation if you want. Yeah. Blue, though. Why don't you tell us what Talentless Nana is about? Okay. So let's try this out. Talentless Nana is a storyer. Storyer? Yep, story. Where Xavier's school for gifted children is actually set on an isolated island. The teachers are massively incompetent, and a girl is sent in as an assassin a la executioner of the, and her way of life. Once Nana arrives, she spends her time attempting to figure out people's abilities, eliminating the ones that may be the biggest threat, and dealing with the fallout as an immortal guy with a penchant for sleuthing tries to figure out why all these bodies are dropping and why the adults don't seem to care. As Nana keeps <clears throat> killing, she has both confirmation that these abilities either do corrupt people or that corrupt people have access to them, but at the same time, those views are challenged by literally the most innocent girl who ever existed, uh, who can also heal people by licking them is, and is often likened, as, likened to a dog. This is complicated by uh, when a survivor from the island's last class confronts Nana, trying to find details as to who sent her, and a separate person begins his own killings independent of Nana. Nana chooses to defy her orders to protect Michiru, the innocent girl, when the killer targets her, and Michiru gives her life to save and resurrect Nana while the immortal stops that separate serial killer. <sighs> yeah. That, that a good enough summary for the first chunk? Yeah, it's like a yeah. monster of the week thing, except the monster is a classmate, you know? Yeah. Yep. Nana's pretending to have mind-reading powers because she's good at, like, uh, like like faith healer like or like uh, spiritualist like reading people you know what mm-hmm. I mean really dangerous thing to claim to be able to do you know what I mean at a school full of people with superpowers because both one it pisses everyone off and two it's very easy to prove that you're not if someone's trying yeah and you have that with Kyoya like almost immediately when he starts becoming relevant it's just like okay I'm thinking what my power is now you got it yeah the uh, invulnerable guy yep uh-huh uh-huh He's, uh, he's fun. I mm-hmm. like him. I was surprised that I liked him so much. I like. I did not like him at first. Because no. I was like, oh, cool. You made a, a manga about a girl who's a sicko. And then you figured out a way to make the protagonist a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully, he doesn't ever become fully the protagonist. But yeah, it does kind of feel that way at first. No, and I... I legitimately love him. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, is his bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of incompetent. <laughs> yes. And so, like a goofy, like, likable way. Yeah. Yeah. Something that the anime does with those two, and then uh, Jin when he shows up later, is like, this is kind of a my friends joke and call it like a Keikaku type anime. Think of your Death Notes, and instead of going with the Death Note like over dramatic, like, and then I take a chip and eat it, type of a thing. Instead, you have, uh, like, their inner monologues going back and forth, and you get this super, like, strong color filter that goes over. Like, it almost is monochrome with that color, uh, with red for Nana, blue for Kyoya, and then eventually Jin gets green. So it, it, it's just it's a nice way of having a little bit of visual interest while you just have these inner monologues going, and the camera's just doing subtle movements and stuff. 
We stopped watching the anime after the first two, two episodes because the the like shonen boys screaming uh, yeah. was a little bit much. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's not and, like and the I could I could read the rest of the chapters covered by the anime way faster. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a bit of a JoJo too. Of like, mm-hmm. aha, this was my plan all Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How my power actually works, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is it's fun in JoJo, and it, it, uh, it has its moments here, you know? Well, I mean? and I think it is, it is at its best when that is used in the context of solving a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that is, murder mysteries are often, oh, ha, 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 yes, yes, this was my brilliant plan to get away with it, and you uh-huh. foiled it. Uh-huh. Um, I've been watching a lot of Columbo lately. And so, <laughs> like... That is that is where I am most fond of this. Yeah, like, is when it is like I like Nana scheming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't take very long for her to be like, "Oh, actually, I'm a good person. I need to like save these people." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it takes a bit, but uh, uh, not long enough for my taste. <laughs> um, but yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, investigating the serial killer. Uh, who's like you know killing a bunch of inve- investigating the murder? Who you know the, a bunch of animals die and then um, she didn't the one the murder yeah, she it, didn't do There's the murder that she didn't do, but also she didn't want to pay attention to because she was so focused on Michiru at the time. Yeah. So you just have Kyoya doing all the investigative stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which the anime doesn't show the actual full solution to it. By the way, huh. is one of the weird things. It cuts off uh, right after the resurrection. So you don't see the second half of it of, oh, the girlfriend moved the body and having to like get to those details. It just leaves it at, oh, the astral projection boy did it because, I mean, you you don't need to go into it further than that when you're probably not getting a second season. I will, I will say, so I also watched the very last episode because I remembered you saying something about that, Blute. And I think it ends the best possible place it could, which yep. is Nana holding Michiru's body, just screaming yeah. no. Um, which is like, yeah, that's, that's about the best place that you could end this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Uh, I don't know that any (laughs) place is a good place to end this. Uh, It doesn't really have like, yeah, like the different phases of the story. Yes. But like, they're all, they're all such a like, and then the next thing is happening. You know what I mean? That there's not like a. Oh, and this is where the story can actually end. There's so many well, loose ends being in every single like chapter. Yes, like not not so much to go into the other stuff, but like it it feels like so far up to where it has gotten, there are four distinct overall phases, and like where Michiru dies is kind of like a good one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside of that is that we don't get to see uh, uh, the immortal boy introducing the the girl that he saved to everyone as his friend, and they're like, "We know who she is. We're in the same class." <laughs> Yes, know that she's my friend. <laughs> God, I love Kyoya so much. They're, two of them are great. They're an incredible. No yeah. chemistry. No, no. Uh, not t- a that's, that's what I love. Like those two, like they have such like good just friend chemistry. Like th- there is like a nice wall between them that is like a healthy separation between them, and like just like it exists there as a fuck you shippers, let them exist <laughs> type of a thing, you know. Um. Probably the highlight for me with the investigative stuff was probably after the necromancer arc where where Nana like sets up her alibi mm. was probably the most uh, 
like all according to plan type shit yeah, there. Yeah, very convoluted, like uh, like yeah. Just the, her. The zombies bit was fun, you know. It, it was fun, like yeah. The, like uh, the twist reveal on that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, the spooky boy is actually a corpse being puppeted by his creepy girl or his like ganky girl girlfriend. Uh huh. Got like, shock girlfriend. <laughs> When she catches Nana and Nana just like, well, if I escape, like, who are they going to believe? You or me? They're going to believe that, hey, the happy pres uh, class president lady is actually a serial killer? Or are they going to believe, oh, hey, this girl uh, is reanimating her dead boyfriend and fucking him every night? Uh. <laughs> God. But yeah, uh, it, it was fun, especially her realizing the zombies decay in sunlight at a different rate so she sets the phone up under a zombie's finger so that it would negative edge so so the message would send when the finger releases so it dissolves enough and just so it'll send at a random time just it's such a fun gamble especially because they play it straight all the way up to Kyoya checking her mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah uh I had a decent time with this. I wasn't like blown away by it. So it, it gets, there is both in, in the stuff that happens after this, there's both a lot of interesting stuff and a lot of really dumb stuff. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will. I, I liked it enough to burn through the rest of it that night. Mm -hmm. I stayed up until like 4am or something. And I'm yeah. like, I, I need to, you just it, gotta go. Eventually it became a, like a morbid curiosity of like, I need to see where this goes. I need yep. to see how this sounds. Um, but for a good for a good section there, I was like, oh yeah, like I I like Nana enough as a character uh, that I'm interested to see where this goes. So you specifically called out chapter sixty nine, I believe, which is the first chapter after the time skip. Uh -huh. I think. Wait, did, are we talking about the stuff that comes later then? I, I think we've kind of transitioned a bit. Okay, I don't know. So, so uh, we're gonna the rest of this conversation is gonna be at the end of the pod if people want to hear that. Yeah. Okay. And we'll we'll contain spoilers for the rest. Of we'll it. contain spoilers up to where Nana is currently. I, I one sec before we do that, I'm gonna say if you if you are curious about this and you do like this, maybe read up to chapter sixty nine or sixty eight, except for the last couple of pages, and then stop. <laughs> <laughs> you might be higher on it than I am. <laughs> now you got if you're gonna read it, you gotta you gotta see what commit happens next. Okay, put a marker down. Okay. Then. Marker is down. The other manga that we yeah. covered for uh, this episode. We're back. We're back in time. <laughs> well, the listener knows that. Speaking of jumping around and putting things out of order. Wait, we're not there yet. <laughs> the listener knows that because it was a cut from us talking about Talentless Nana to me saying the other manga that we're covering. <laughs> is melancholia happens in temporal order <laughs> because there is time travel They're wait actually jump uh, back in time this is my this is a insane person argument that i'm making i'd uh, say largely but i wouldn't say completely i think that there are flashbacks too. yeah this but, does happen in temporal order if we're going by the order of events as uh as witnessed by the aliens mm -hmm. yeah i could see that yes Aside from a <laughs> flashbacks probably yeah but uh, like yeah you do have that like, weird flashback to uh like what 1800s or something like that 
I didn't see a year on it. Oh, well, the the aliens were... But it was still, yeah, it's the same them in that... Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we would have to, like, really comb through. Melancholia is, is a fascinating 16... piece of work. What's the name of the author of Melancholia? Uh... Stallman Sayman? Mm-hmm. Which are... Both of those are famous on Miyoji. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We, I know one of those from Fate. Yeah. Uh, from Grand Order. Uh, I, I hate him, but I like this guy better. So, Fen, you read uh, Melancholia okay. first. Do you want to give us a... Or we're we're going to go through every story and like say well, a sentence about it or, or something, right? Yeah. So, um, I had been turned on to this guy's work, um by a discord i was in mm-hmm. and i like saw some some screenshots of uh or like shots of pages and was like this is a really striking style yeah and the it first very cool the first manga of his that i read was uh suicide parabellum which mm-hmm. uh is very good and has or has some very interesting good parts and also one of the worst uh trans characters i've ever seen in anything that's a bold claim uh and by worst i mean like incredibly transphobic design and also everything that that character does is just uh-huh. really uncomfortable um uh, roll over and die would like to challenge you on that but yes uh that i have seen yes uh yeah sorry the manga then, just got there on that one <laughs> and then i think let me let me really quick pull up the rest of but um have you read this before while fen is doing that before no okay. which like uh just like face said like as, as soon as i opened it up the like the style of the art was just it grabbed me immediately like it, it just really look like a western comic but it doesn't feel like manga feels you know what I mean? yeah and like it's it's really just like such good use of contrast i think like mm-hmm. it, it is it's smartly using like it mostly is almost uh just black and white purely like there's not really much gray but like it's so smart about how everything is put together yeah like I, i've said before my issues sometimes with black and white being a little too muddled and this like the way it's compo- composed like it's just very easily readable yeah it's very stark in a good way okay. mm-hmm. i think that this was the next work of his that i read mm-hmm. um his most recent work uh not his most most recent um but it is i think it's his most recent like serial work hmm. everything else he's done since is one shots ah. um so i read uh suicide parabellum and then melancholia and then uh vonovich uh the vonovich hotel or voit no voynich hotel um which is i would say like good is too hat for my taste mm-hmm um a a lot of his more recent work is uh very queer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um even if it is like queerness written by someone who is straight Mm -hmm. for straight people often um and then read odd men 11 i read odd men 11 because i was in a mood to uh after finishing this um that's a really messy much messier yes like, doesn't like fit together like this does but which is uh, like it was it, it was pretty fun i this, had a lot of fun with it this being his most recent serial work makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah this all fits together very nicely it also feels like there was like a 
despite being serialized, it does feel like, oh, it, it's working towards its end and it's finishing naturally. Yeah, it, it had a very cohesive vision throughout the whole thing. Like it, it ends in a very nice and like intentionally cyclic way. Yes, I will say a lot of his other works very much feel like, oh, my editor told me to wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> here goes. This feels like you could have you could have added some more chapters in. Yeah, but there's like an urgency towards the end of mm -hmm. like, oh, we have to end this soon. Things yeah. are things are falling apart now. Yeah. Do we want to go over what the actual stories are? Yeah. So it's Ben described this. Chapters? Ben described this as a literary fiction short story collection yes yes and like, yeah. it extremely is yeah like, uh, as soon as i finished the first chapter i was like oh hey this is just a uh, girl in a dress on fire or that one girl again in girl in the yeah there we go it's like a george saunders book is what it is uh -huh. yeah um george saunders but uh maybe a little more in tune with pop culture yeah we should read a george saunders book we should yeah. read uh, the 10th of december or civil Warland and bad decline okay um <laughs> I so the first time I read this, I had no expectations really. Mm -hmm. I I was on the the description on wherever I was reading it said a a set of collected short stories or That's like one shots, and I was like, I don't for the first like almost the entire first book, I was like, are these connected mm -hmm. <laughs> at all? But anyway, let's go through them. Apocalypse. Um. Yeah. So. Oh. Right. One sec. Let me. You pull have your description. Um, we could each we could each write down what what we kind of said because uh, how we distilled the mm -hmm. yeah. This. Should we each say our our description? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's go. Uh, Fen, Blute, then me. Okay. Girl at the end of the world begs her cat for more time. Cat obliges. Blute. Girl gets judged by cat during the Eldritch Apocalypse. Goes back ten years and ends up getting run over. A girl who's been stuck in her room for 10 years realizes that the world is ending. Her cat judges her soul and grants her a wish for 10 more years of life. Um, there's an incredible cut at the end of this. Like, the cat is like, well, first the cat summons a door to heaven. And then <laughs> she's like, wait, no, I don't want to die. I just want more time. And the cat's like, okay, I guess here's a door to the outside. <laughs> but there's an interesting bit where she, he's like, have you done anything to deserve like to go to heaven or for anything else you know what i mean she's uh -huh. like one time i jumped into a street to save a cat that was going to get hit by a car uh -huh. and he's like yeah yeah you did and he decides to like grant give, send her to heaven and then she asks for 10 more years instead mm -hmm. so he sends her back and she immediately sees that cat again and jumps in front of the car and gets hit again yeah <laughs> um well I guess it's it is like unclear whether initially she jumped in front of the car and got hit. Yes, um. uh, it's it's not clear. So during the story, all they say is that she hasn't gone outside in ten years. They don't really say anything about her conditions. Yeah, yeah. I kind of assumed as the story went on that uh, she's been in a coma this whole time. Well, right? given that she is the cause of the apocalypse, uh -huh. but like, did the cat? Did the cat? um was the cat the one who um sorry yeah was the cat the one who initiated this cycle i think the or <laughs> i think that someone else initiated the cycle but we are seeing uh we're seeing the 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 other side of the end of this right yeah I like it, the, it feels the, like what happens to start the cycle has happened elsewhere and the cat is like uh turn stitching it back together at the other end okay uh, I think so. It's a. This, this roughly like something kicked it off, but this feels like 
the result of the cycle perpetuating itself. I think the thing is she will always jump in front of that car to save that cat. Yeah. Yep. I, the does is she able to save the cat without injuring herself? Mm. Is I think I would say it is left unclear. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I feel. I think I'd agree with you. She's. Because uh, I don't think the story is actually very fatalistic. No. Yeah. Uh, like, I do think that uh, uh, we could probably like do a deeper analysis, but we don't have too much time. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. leave it with you. I'm gonna leave it with you. Well, well, I think I you could read it either way. Yeah. Is is really what I mean. Uh, second story. Bobby Fisher. Uh, Chessmaster tries to grow up fast to sleep with a witch. Flute. <laughs> 10-year-old chess prodigy befriends a 26-year-old pedophile. Somehow, them waiting for it to be legal is also a metaphor for taking things seriously and being more aggressive because you'll reclaim more time in life. So he starts playing chess more aggressively. A chess genius boy who is bullied by a classmate has an inappropriate relationship with a witch in the forest and he, who promises to come back for him when he's older. Yeah. <laughs> the, Not I noted favorites. the bully because the bully is important to me. Yes, the bully is the bully is incredible. <laughs> Okay. This is not one of my favorite stories, but yeah. I do I nope. I am happy when the bully comes back. Cutthroat. This one's great. Yeah. Uh Oh fuck, that's the bully. Okay, there we go. One of my favorites. Uh girl started a prostitution ring to get in touch with Hitman to kill her mom. Jumps in Mario hole after he agrees. <laughs> Mario uh. hole. Oh, I'm technically three sentences here. High school girl makes an underground sex worker group with her friends that are successful enough that competitors put out a hit on them. He takes them to the Mario hole to kill them. The lead girl said she did this so she could get access to both the hitman and money to take out a hit on her abusive mother. An assassin leads three girls who are running a prostitution ring without the mob's permission to their death in the Mario hole. <laughs> Everyone mentioned the Mario hole. Mario hole is so good. <laughs> a stack of money asking to hire him to kill her evil mom who pushed her into this business before she can do the same to her little sister she jumps in the hole herself leaving the hitman with a lot of confusing feelings it's incredible this is the end this one's so good in particular yeah. as he he is like about to say okay i'll let you go uh -huh. or something maybe maybe he, he was gonna kill her but like he's certainly uh, at least like moments away from being able to forgive her. Uh-huh. And then she just like takes a step backward and falls in yeah. the hole. It's just not scared. Not scared at all. No. Sheer determination. She yes. She was very core. Yeah. Um no uh I I will bring Once up called the Mario hole. I will bring up the references to his other works, Doman's uh -huh. other works as they come up. Uh numbered hitmen are a constant. They show up in almost all of his works. Mm-hmm. What was this guy's number? Did anyone write that 86. down? 86. 86, okay. Yeah, and the other hitman we see is like 20-something, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, 24. Okay. And um, it, the Mario hole's explained in that chapter, right? Or yes. Not like yeah. how it works, but why is it called that? Okay, yeah. It's a hole. It has no bottom. People put things in there. Uh, and he says it's like when Mario falls in a hole, he dies, right? It, this hole must be full of Marios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you can fit so many Marios in this hole. You can't even slap the top of it because it's just a hole. <laughs> you slap the edge of it, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, great story. Great story. Guy's a fucking freak. Yeah. Uh -huh. Absolutely. This this might be one of my favorites here. Do not disturb. I think he might. Oh, wait, what? No. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of Vonovich Hotel references, partially because that's like four or five volumes. It's one mm -hmm. of his longer series. Speaking uh, of which. He might be from that. He might show up in that. But. Um, Yes, speaking of which, do not disturb. 
Uh, Maid gets trapped in a room with light novel. Eh. Maid gets trapped in a room li- writing light novels. Uh, this is extremely Ivanovich hotel reference. Uh, there's a half vampire in the story. Blue. Hotel maids break into a hotel room that has been uh, in Do Not Disturb for a week uh, since last cleaning. An author has died, but his spirit curses the maid who entered to finish his story and that she can't leave until he does. The story becomes a series that she has to complete and also becomes very popular. Two maids decide to clean a room that's had a Do Not Disturb sign up for too long. One maid enters when the door opens mysteriously and becomes trapped by the soul of a dead gothic horror writer who advises her to finish the story and also add a half-vampire named Pete for the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. He's like a serious, like, gothic horror writer, but in death, he's like, I've reconsidered some things. (laughs) Yeah. We need to be more popular with young women. Add some yaoi. Uh, And I... So, the... The... This is... These two maids are one of a hotel reference. Uh, the hotel itself is um, a hotel in which uh, uh, the dead have a have issues moving on. There are so many ghosts in that hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's even a reference to the uh, quote unquote younger of the two maids uh-huh. um, being uh, like surprisingly young because she's actually like you know a thousand years old or something looking surprised um looking surprisingly young because she's actually really old um uh but right so that there's a there's a bit where the the ma- former maid now author tries to leave and she's just slams into it's uh, such a good image uh like invisible wall it looks like she slams into a glass door uh-huh. but there's just nothing there she got mr uh, mime to yeah and <laughs> she has to finish writing the story and she finishes the first volume and it just says to be continued <laughs> she finishes the book but has turned it into an ongoing story because the yep. spirit of writing has taken her yeah the girl's like you're not gonna be able to leave the room and she's like well i really couldn't think of any way to just wrap it up completely you know now i got to do all this other stuff it's really fun <laughs> it starts god as i also really like the way it starts off is like i i'm sure that other stuff has done this but it feels very alan wake Mm. that is my point of reference for this style of okay oh she starts writing and then realize or she starts reading and realizes what she's reading is her entering the room yes Uh uh-huh yes yeah it's good and then she like writes she writes an emergency escape thing and then there's like I'm going I've been going down this this uh ladder for a while and then the the dead author pops up and it's like yeah cuz you haven't thought of what you're doing next. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's not even the only author figure writing the story in this, I feel like. We we get a manga artist too. Well, he's the he does oh, the right, light novel illustration. She's the one writing the yes. story, and he's the one he's like interpreting it too. Okay. Well, he, he's doing the the like light novels have illustration. Uh-huh. uh-huh. He's yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he was doing the manga adaptation. I think he he was, or maybe that's it. But I like, didn't I, I pay close enough that. attention to him. Okay, okay, okay. Next story: efficacy. Um. Vampires are trying to develop medicine to make humans puke blood pellets so they don't have to suck blood. This is BL to me. (laughs) (laughs) Boy gets paid for medical experiments. All other testers have died horribly while he just occasionally spits up globules. This is an experiment run by vampires to produce easier, safer to consume food and uh, the globules are blood. A dude signs up for a medical study to pay off his debts, not realizing it's for medicine developed by vampires to make humans into a more perfect livestock. 
None of us mentioned the bit at the end where he's like, this is kind of horrifying. And they give him the heads of the debt collectors who were looking for him. He's like, I'll do anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about that, honestly. He does bring up, he's like, oh, you're making me livestock, huh? And they're like, no, actually, you're uh, kind of our king. Cause... Yeah, you say that to the livestock you're going to eat, though. <laughs> sure. But then they then they do go and like kill his debt collectors. And uh -huh. he's like, oh, thank you very much. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... Not, not it is also story is kind of a funny bit you know yeah it is also gay like it is, also gay. It is very I, gay we see we see a vampire in this guy later and they're in a relationship right right he is that guy yeah um okay Froskies. oh fresh puff oh wow um guys uh let's see a tornado picks up various things and drop them off drops them off in sets a girl loses her favorite panties Blue. Random objects are flung around and two girls investigate, finding a tornado before the more interested girl gets sucked in and spat out without her clothes. A boy gets her underwear. Two schoolgirls try to solve the mystery of why random types of animals are rain raining from the sky. One is carried off, saved by the other, but has been stripped of her clothes. Her panties come down from the sky and land on the head of some guy. Oh, the last panel just being him going, ooh, panties is Very funny. really funny. Also the bit where the other girl like half strips to give her clothes. Yeah. And then they have to like, they both have like half an outfit. Uh -huh. uh, another good bit is uh, she like the, the girl who gets carried off at the in the mid part at the very beginning. She's like, these fish are from this lake. See, they have this like X shaped scar from the specific spot of this lake. And the girl's like, how do you know? And she's like, well, everyone who sw every animal that swings in that lake gets that exact scar and pulls up her shirt and has that scar. <laughs> God, um, her just like knowing exactly where every single thing that's falling came from. Uh -huh. just, uh... No, it's the it's two more from now. But we see a fence that we later in like two or three more stories we see again mm -hmm. and that was the first time that i was like wait a sec these are connected huh oh, the fences there's a fence that says uh big hole ahead or something like that oh is that yeah it? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. i thought i thought that was uh for the mario hole right yes it must yeah be for the mario hole i think we might even see it in the first chapter but i don't quite okay remember. then it is but like it's definitely the whole it is definitely the mario hole. we are starting to get like oh all of these stories take place in the same universe. Yeah, like, you're starting they, to they connect it a little bit. Like they could be in different universes. Yes. The, like, yeah, the genre and events that happen are so different. Um, okay, let's see. Gestalt. Gestalt. Uh, various people fall prey to love Gestalt or fall, and are unable to love. Two girls end up together. Um, oh right, and the the vampire half vampire light novels show up. Oh right, blue. <laughs> A girl tries to write a love note so much that she gets Gestalterfall so bad that she loses track of the concept of love and can't recognize the faces of people she has loved. She falls in non-love with the library committee girl and declares them dating. A girl with love sickness can no longer process the kanji for love and forgets the person she loves face, believing she can't uh, soon she can't see the faces of the friends she loves either, believing herself unable to properly love anyone. She enters into a don't hate her relationship with a girl from the library saying it's fine as long as they can lick each other's genitals. together and kiss and lick each other's genitals, I yes. think. But uh, but that's the funny bit. This is it's worded. This is like yeah um there's a bit earlier where someone is like what is love and the girl and someone answers like oh uh hanging out and kissing and uh licking each other's genitals and someone's like wait a sec what was that last thing 
so coming up incredible. again at the end is like a great callback to uh it's not like a uh uh one of my favorite stories but it's really it's a funny bit you know yeah I, it, it stands out i do like the like uh faded almost like uh pixelated um yeah it's creepy or like mosaic faces this is yes. a side picnic to me <laughs> yes uh-huh we'll see that a few other times throughout this hand spinner uh a girl is given a fidget spinner by aliens she doesn't believe in that lets her return to the past once she can't decide how to use it oh wow okay a girl meets aliens gets a time traveling device considers using it to stop a school shooting by the boy she likes that happens next week realizes the scale and difficulty of it and hands it off to her brother who idly spins it using up its charge a girl sees a ufo crash and saves its cat-shaped passengers they give her a fidget spinner that'll let her turn back time once she agonizes over what to do with it when a friend of hers shoots up the school despairing over not knowing how to fix it even if she were to go back she gives it to her little brother who accidentally uses it to replay his cartoons once so it's kind of fun in there because like while she's trying to figure out how to use it she keeps talking about like use it just a little bit sometime earlier in this past week but in the very beginning, the guy basically tells her, don't be there this day. Yeah, and like yeah. tells her to skip. Like it's so premeditated and she doesn't even realize it. Yeah, yeah. He like tells her uh, to like wait for him in a particular spot. And it's the spot that he's not doing the shooting at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. As if he's going to confess to her, but he's saving her life kind of. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I This one I like uh, uh -huh. because of her like agonizing over how to do it. The the aliens say you can return to any one point in your past. Like, think carefully about this, and uh, she, she just, just gets know how to overwhelmed by like, how could I even start mm -hmm. to think about where I want to go? Yeah. She's like, I'm yep. happy, and he's not, and I didn't realize that. And yeah. how am I? What, what do I have the right to try and save him? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, just how in insurmountable might be the wrong word, but like how how it feels insurmountable to like overcome that because she didn't see any of this for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like, how can she obviously not knowing what was happening there? What can she do to fix it and not like waste that chance either? Yeah. What happens if she fails? Yeah. yeah. And so she just hands it off to her brother. <laughs> Let's go. Internal organs. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one um let's see uh girls steal the organs of boys they like without killing the boys uh deep throating the pancreas gives you a rush like nothing else is an incredible line uh the student council president might be from uh the student council president from odd man 11 mm -hmm. she <laughs> looks like her certainly has the same like vibe mm -hmm. Blue. girls steal fillet and fist the organs of boys they love as a form of one-sided love a girl teaches another girl how to safely steal organs from the boys they like. The first girl puts her cooking into the boy's stomach, and the second girl <laughs> deep throats her boy's pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> that pancreas bit is so funny. I'm just. There's no rush like it. At the end, uh, the the boy that she likes does puke from the food she's putting in his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> the the implication of it. Because, like, how? The organ still being connected is uh, it's so it's good. Secret, it's a secret lost art of organ removal. I think that the, found a book. I think that the organ removal is also a Vlanovich Hotel callback. Yeah. Uh, uh, very funny. Uh, not, not a lot. Not a lot of like meat on those bones. 
Yeah. Especially because a lot of the meat's been taken out. <laughs> <laughs> it is I, funny when the kid, the the guy wakes up on a desk, which just like and looks down, and he's just got like thirty scars on his chest. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Like as soon as it started, I just looked at him like, is this the typical like kidney stealing thing? And yeah, <laughs> but weirder and funnier. Um, I do also appreciate that uh, the girl punches the guy or the yeah. The like non student council president punches, or one, both of them insult each other's boyfriends. They're like, "Yeah, Why him." Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But then uh, the the other girl punches uh, the guy she likes in the face, and in, and the student council president's like, "That's rude!" Like punching a guy with glasses in the face. Uh-huh. She says something like, uh, "Well, you know, the the glasses are the gonads of the face." <laughs> yes, that is an amazing line. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Um Juvenile. Uh let's see. What did I write down for this? Tsuchinoko real and provides trans affirming health care. <laughs> Is that all? Yes. Blue. <laughs> uh I had a note here of weird gender, sorry. So guy makes a wish to transition to get the attention of a boy he likes, but the guy leaves, so she starts living her new life, eventually considers detransition, but kinda likes her new life. Her friend that has uh, defended her from the transphobic class rep asks her to go out with him. A boy realizes that his friend has suddenly become a girl. She explains she used to bully the chess boy from the first store from one of the first stories, and she made a wish to the Tsuchinoko to become a girl so that she'd be able to stop wanting to bully him and apologize properly, but he has moved away. Uh, and she's waiting for him to return to Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that she's having a nice new life. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yes. There's the bit that I did not write here is that she used to be the the umpire for her uh Oh yeah. The catcher. <laughs> the catcher. Yeah. The catcher. yeah. And she's like, I couldn't do it anymore because I would have to, like, kneel behind the plate and squat and do a peace sign over my crotch. And it was really lewd, Instagrammable stuff. <laughs> that's nothing. And then at the very end, she, like, shows him the move. And he's like, whoa, that's Instagrammable. <laughs> it's very stupid, but I like this and girl a lot. A whole bunch of bits of her just, like, being comfortable changing and everything, like, wherever. Just, like, having a normal life about it, but, like, being fitting in with both the boys and the girls. Yeah. And the class rep just being gross as fuck about it all. Mm-hmm. She's great though. Great. Girl. Yeah. This is. I will say I vastly prefer this to Doman's other gender stuff, which mm-hmm. is like, oh no, the manga itself is transphobic, mm-hmm. as opposed to a character yeah. being. This is largely like people figuring shit out rather than. Yeah. Kidnap. Tsuchinoko real and can turn you into a superhero. <laughs> uh, kidnappers think that they've kidnapped a model, but actually she's a hitman, number 24. Uh, one of the cops screws up and leaves uh, and never comes back. Uh, and also the the model that the kidnappers thought that they kidnapped is the main character of Suicide Parabellum. Oh, wait, what? The, huh. the model that the kidnappers oh, think that they've kidnapped, but who walks in at the end is the main character of Suicide Parabellum. Right, right. So she's going to go shoot herself at some point, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Spoilers about Suicide Parabellum. It's a story about suicide. <laughs> <laughs> a kid sees the first girl get run over saving a cat, so he wants to be a superhero to save people and gets that wish granted. A girl is held for ransom. Her mom is on the phone while the police try to trace the line, and one cop fails at that. The mom's girl actually comes home, and a diff- different girl was actually the hostage that the hero goes to save but gets knocked out, and the girl apparently is a hitman that works with the Mario Hole hitman. Uh, the hero gets the name Kidnap. 
A model is kidnapped, and a boy who became a superhero after watching a girl die trying to save a cat in his youth tries to save her. The guy doing the phone tap left the machine unplugged and wanders off to avoid getting in trouble. The girl is saved, but turns out to be one of the numbered hitmen and leaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like the guy showing up and being like, I don't know why you needed my help. You're number 24. <laughs> 86. There is like a funny bit where the kidnappers are like, we wouldn't want anything to happen to your beautiful model body. And like they just kind of like zoom in on <laughs> her covered in scars. <laughs> She's a model? Uh, and also uh, the, uh, the phone tap guy is one of my favorite like dudes. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. God, just the comedy of him looking down, seeing that he just didn't plug the line in so he can't run the trace. Not saying anything, just standing up and walking out the door. Just like, go to the bathroom and they're like, that's it. Of a trace. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most relatable, like, shitty feeling in the world. Yeah. We haven't gotten much of the that the world is coming to an end stuff, have we? No. No. That, that like, comes up very soon. Because yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, I've had those days. And, like, know, like, knowing that the world ending bit is continuing, it makes it even more like, yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Labyrinth. Um, this one has some incredible jokes and, uh, anyway, so boy shows up to drag his friend out of the house after six months of, of her being stuck inside, uh, friends finds out about the comet. The first some... part of this takes place in an MMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone dives into a VR question mark MMO to drag out their neat friend who also made their in-game character a neat. They mentioned there's a comet that will destroy the world and should get things done while they can and the neat tries to go back inside. A pervert playing an MMO of some kind tries to break into a friend's labyrinth, which is set up specifically to hinder him. He gets through and gets his friend to agree to come outside, only to reveal to them that the comet Melancholia is going to destroy the Earth soon, so they may as well live while they can. Mm-hmm. The friend immediately the tries to go back inside. Yeah, just like, tries to nope out, like, fucking I should do that, fuck you. Uh, the friend is went to the school where the school shooting happened. Is that why? Uh, and she says, like, I say she, she she has like very long hair and their in-game genders are flipped from yeah, their out-of-game genders. Okay, I can uh, track that. Uh, and so, yeah, she says like, oh, the girl I sat next to like got a bullet through her head. I Jeez. don't want to yeah. like go anywhere. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the friend is like, we're all going to die soon anyway. It doesn't matter. You're not <laughs> in your room. You might yeah. as well come out. Yeah. Got um... There's some there are some very funny, stupid jokes of this uh of the guy who's playing the girl in the MMO, like looking up a statue's shirt uh skirt and triggering a trap. Because, yeah. Because the friend knew that he would try to do this. <laughs> yeah. Or, or his like character looking is up getting, the skirt uh, and stepping on a pressure yeah, plate. Yeah. And then there's a yes. sign later that says, uh, like, keep out virgins. Punches <laughs> that and gets shot again. <laughs> he like opens a door and gets spotted by a medusa and like is getting petrified uh-huh. and he manages to like cancel the spell and like he's like oh thank god i managed to cancel this because he's half petrified and has to like cure the rest of it he's like if i got frozen in this pose guys would definitely jerk off to me because he's like <laughs> on the ground yeah uh. um yeah, uh, it is. I don't know. Yeah. So this uh, is where we're like, oh, whoa, the comet is happening. Yes. Oh, this yep. is still happening. This is the framing device. Uh huh. Speaking of Melancholia. Melancholia. Yeah. Great. Hey, title drop. Um, 
yeah uh i will say this again at the end of the podcast i think that ben and i are bandying the idea of watching melancholia for lars von trier's melancholia uh for the 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 movie yes Uh for yes hell yeah i thought that Faye meant that (laughs) first yeah Yeah, and yeah it's so funny because it's a similar like basic idea too yeah I had no idea that that movie existed. And then it, after hearing the pitch of it, I was like, oh, this is a reference to that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And like I saw it when it was in theaters and then like couldn't remember anything about it for the longest time. But just like, I don't know, something had like reminded me of like, you know, that planet falling movie, probably some other planet falling movies. I was like, well, what was that Kirsten Dunst one? So like this coming up me coming across it, I'm like, oh, shit, everything's coming together. <laughs> I've I've been I we're t- debating whether to watch the full depression trilogy or just watch melancholia. That's where we're stuck right now. Mm-hmm. But we will at least watch melancholia. Yeah, yeah. Um girl, oh right. So melancholia. Girl the story, not the yeah. Uh, girl who's dying meets uh the cop who ran away and wishes on melancholia to see the end of humanity. Um and then tells the cop that he's absolved of his mistake. Two weeks later, she dies, uh, but he shows a photo of her mel- to Melancholia. No, he shows a photo of her Melancholia getting closer every day because he's a neat. Nothing has worked against the comet mel- Melancholia. Uh, just a side note, they shoot three nukes at it right there. So um, the former cop who fucked up the trace before is staring at it as a terminal patient comes up and asks for help climbing up a mountain to get closer to the apocalyptic wish- wishing star. When they arrive, the patient prays that they can watch humanity's end and pass a few days later, giving the cop new life purpose. The phone tap guy meets a dying girl who wants to make a wish on the greatest shooting star of all, Melancholia. He helps her make the climb to get close to it, and she wishes to live long enough to see the death of every human being on Earth. She dies soon after, uh, and the man shows the selfie that he took with her uh, a Melancholia's approach every single day until the end. So, two things... Uh, we, this is one of my favorite stories in the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. So good. We, none of us noted that he saves a girl who's about to commit suicide yes. on the way up. I, I mm-hmm. thought that that was important until later. Um, I also like that uh, she's like, well, I I bet a lot of people are wishing on Melancholia. So I want to get like a little closer to have the chances of my wish actually getting heard yeah. be a little higher. There's also a great bit where she, he's, she says her wish finally. He's like, oh, uh maybe do you want to like dress that up a little like yeah. say oh i'm wishing for long life and she's like no i'm pretty like sure of what i want yeah she says something it's, about like isn't it beautiful the like idea of all seven point something billion people dying in the same moment mm-hmm. like is this yeah that is actually kind of beautiful isn't yeah it? is this where uh or is she the one that also mentions that like movies and things that depict it always shy away from it and she wants it to come true so she can actually witness it yeah mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I like the AI. At least in that, or in a lot of disaster movies, <laughs> yeah. like somehow it's averted. At least in AI, they uh, the like humanity did die out, but they didn't like show it. She's a great girl. I love this. She's story. incredible. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite stories for sure. Nursery tale. Uh, let's see. Where are okay. A mermaid gets legs, but doesn't lose her voice, causing her to, in turn, lose her legs, eventually. Uh, Her friend gets legs to take care of her, but does lose her voice, because compensation is necessary. 
Mermaid wishes for legs and runs until they hit necrosis. Her friend gives up her ocean life to come on land and wheel her around in silence. This is Yuri to me. This is definitely Yuri. It's absolutely Yuri. A mermaid gets a potion from a goth mermaid that will somehow that will give her legs in exchange for her voice. She keeps her voice somehow and follows her dream of running a marathon until her legs rot off and she loses them. The goth mermaid takes the same potion and loses her voice to begrudgingly care for her even as the world approaches its end. This is an interesting one. Yeah. E extra Yuri because uh, the, the second mermaid leaves her shitty boyfriend for this too. God, that boyfriend sucks. God. Is the mermaid girl, the first mermaid. We like see her like looking out the water and she's like, oh yeah, I hear the world's ending. The human world is ending or something, but I don't care about that. And she's like looking at a boy who's like running in a marathon mm -hmm. and she like gets her voice. It's like <laughs> Little Mermaid style. And then uh, we cut to her being rejected from the like school marathon because they're like, you're not a student. And her dream was to run the marathon, not to go after a boy. <laughs> Specifically a boy's marathon. Yes. And they're like, okay, you're not a, you're not a student. And also you're not a boy. <laughs> we can't let you into this. Yeah. Uh, so she just runs anyway yeah and like it hits national news where the well i think one of them yeah yeah and like eventually when she stops there's a headline that's like big booby runners missing or something like that yeah <laughs> she captured the heart of the nation <laughs> because uh, uh the goth mermaid is like we'll survive right you know that right we could just like go deeper in the ocean and we'll survive the, the meteor hitting why would you go to the surface? She's like, I don't really care about all that. And then so the mermaid, the goth ends up following her too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. The, the, I mentioned compensation because there's a bit where the goth mermaid's like, how do you still have your voice? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, maybe God doesn't need compensation after all. Um, and then her legs. And then her legs. Yeah. Uh, but, and at the end she, uh, she's like, she's happy. She's happy. She has her girl. Um, mm -hmm. she's like, next I want to try voice acting. <laughs> I hear a little bit, or I sound a little bit like, uh, I don't remember what the voice actress's name is, but it's probably... Maya Sakamoto, and so actually I was going to ask, is this why you chose it? Because that's Shiki's voice actor. Ha! Oh. That's really funny. That's, that's also really funny. Um, Kishot's voice actor. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And uh, she's some versions of Kusanagi's voice actor in Ghost in the Shell. Oh yeah, great. Like, just great, great roles for her. I picked something short that I thought Ben would like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did not at all it, uh, like it happen, it but it really well. Yeah, happy it connects really well like with this movie across the board. <laughs> uh -huh. Boy. Uh Hokusai Katsushi Katsushika. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever had to say her name out loud. Um runs into the aliens and invents arrow manga. <laughs> time traveling aliens crashed centuries ago and give the gift of erotic manga to artists changing and founding art history the time traveling alien cats crash again this time to be saved by Katsu katsushika oi the granddaughter of katsushika hokusai the famous ukiyo painting uh painter uh in gratitude the cats give her some manga which she uses as inspiration to invent arrow manga before the japanese government cracks down on them mm-hmm <laughs> Not them specifically, like... Uh -huh. Well, there's an arrow manga boom because of them. Yes. 
the the crackdown happened in the real world too. Uh huh. It's uh-huh. just, just yeah. they weren't drawing. Uh, <laughs> they weren't drawing inspiration from One Piece in the real world. <laughs> yeah, and then the the in one of uh the worst jokes in the in the mm-hmm. manga, she's like, and I've invented Lollicon. <laughs> God, I erased that one. <laughs> That's what pushes them over the line and gets it banned. <laughs> um, I do love the book bit where she's like, it's called erotic. And the guy's like, I don't know what that means, but it feels right. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just in- introducing the loan word erotic or arrow. Pal. Uh, illustrator for Night Vig- Vigilia? Vigilia? How do you pronounce that? No idea. Um, I don't have it written in front of me. Uh, has a prosthetic right arm that talks to him. He feels weird about drawing, but it could just be that he's lost his touch and is trying to blame the arm. Guy gets an AI tentacle prosthetic based off of the chess AI and has an existential crisis about if the drawings would be his or the AI's. He tries to kill himself and the AI stops him and now they are deciding to act collaboratively instead of subserviently? Question mark, question mark, question mark. A manga artist working on the manga adaptation of The Maid from Do Not Disturb's book series, I may be wrong about this, but that's how I read it, uh, loses his drawing hand and is replaced by an AI tentacle. It tries to help him return to his normal life, but he can't help but feel like the drawings won't be his anymore. He tries to kill himself, but the tentacle saves him and talks him into sharing his life with it a little longer. None of us mentioned the two middle schoolers who show up. Yeah, I was going too fast. Ask for... Uh, for uh, autograph. He can't even yeah. give them an autograph, can he? Well, no, uh... He he's like oh I I like I should draw you like a uh, Pete, um yeah Pete uh-huh. but I can't I'm just not feeling it. Are those the middle schoolers that go to the movie later? Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. I wanted to, but I couldn't figure out how to me- how to like fit them in here. Mm-hmm. I also did not realize that this was the the AI from the chess game. <laughs> yeah, it's wild how interconnected all of it is. When you see him show up a a different time he doesn't have the prosthetic but you have the original chess robot arm going around uh-huh. so q speaking of uh wait oh wait is it not what oh okay i just mine i skipped over a line in my notes for some reason um a bunch of threads come together as the first screening of Night Vigilia is going on, and the voice cast includes the former mermaid. While waiting uh, in line, it starts snowing, and three friends chat about melancholy syndrome or Gestalterfall. Uh, everyone in line dies. <laughs> Except for the three of them and the two middle schoolers who ran to the bathroom and were saved miraculously. Girls wait in line for the Maid's Novel's movie adaptation, but the comet has messed up the Earth enough that a spontaneous blizzard freezes everybody around them. They trek their way into the movie, past a bunch of corpses, and reveal one of the girls has that Gestalterfall love virus. Fans of the Maid from Do Not Disturb uh, are waiting in line to see the movie based on her book. However, the weather fluctuations from Melancholia's approach has caused a terrible winter storm and people are flash freezing and dying in queue. The group of Fujiyoshis make it and enjoy the film in a mostly empty theater. <laughs> I don't think they're all Fujiyoshis, but one of them's definitely... They talk a lot yeah. about the, like, va- the half-vampire Pete's relationship <laughs> yeah. with one of the other boys. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. It is funny. It, even like when they leave the theater, the like weather is cleared up, but the lady who's supposed to do surveys at the end is like frozen. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's not a... 
oh that's funny they're frozen in place it's a oh this person is dead <laughs> yes yeah just at the i think this is the first time we start having the casual just like eh, people are dying okay Lots moving on people are dying. Yeah. rube goldberg machine boy who built a rube goldberg machine when he was younger gets his passions inflamed once more when his by his sister coming back from the dead Oh, I didn't realize she was dead. Maybe I did she, before, but I mean, in a she mysteriously in a, returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they like mentioned the family died or something, and then she shows up. Uh, so he like, says it doesn't about the the ocean taking his family from him. Yeah, and never coming back. Um, so I I mean, returns from the dead in the sense that yeah. she may not have died, but, but he he thought he, he thought she was. So a, a guy's sister seemingly returns from the dead to reminisce about his achievement as a kid with a prize-winning Rube Goldberg and seems to grant his last wishes, or seems to, and seems to want to, there we go, grant his last wishes before the end of the world. Uh, I think there's a joke in there about the Aka Kofuku that I just didn't get. A Brokon older sister returns home to visit during a heat wave brought on by Melancholia. She talks about how she loved the Rube Goldberg machines he used to make, and when she leaves... Uh, then she leaves, leaving him with a sudden desire to build a Rube Goldberg machine to build make pancakes. Mm. Mm. I would like pancakes. I was not particularly moved by this one, but no, that's fine. no. Uh, Shelter. I yeah, I like I like the boy simply because he shows up in another story later that I like more. Is he the boy from the? Yeah, he's from the. Yeah, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Shelter. Um. Dad built a fallout shelter and really, really wants to have sex with the family dog. Uh, they get locked in, but the dog saves them. Dad builds an underground shelter, shelter poorly and wants to fuck his dog in the ass. <laughs> the father of an average family reveals he's built a shelter in the backyard to protect them when melancholia hits. It doesn't seem like a good time. The dad really, really wants to fuck the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Back up, fuck, because this life might not be enough. <laughs> I'm glad he says this to like, Yes, yes. Um, it ends. The dog saves them, and then he like looks back at the dog's asshole and blood. <laughs> the last, last panel, the last two panels are the dog's butt and him staring at it, just thinking, Becky. Jesus Christ! <laughs> really, it's 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 horrible. It's really funny. Is the thing the way that his wife is so injured when he says this? Yeah, yeah. Not because he's going to do this, but yes. because she's worried she's not enough for him anymore. <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, baby, baby, you're having the one. Don't worry about that." And we didn't oh, even man has needs. <laughs> God, we're so focused on the dog, we didn't even mention the fact that he built the shelter so that the grandpa couldn't fit in there, too, to get rid of his yeah. fucking father-in-law. He also forgot to add vents. Uh, they're like, it's getting really hard to breathe in here. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's not because of the conversation. I forgot. I haven't put the vents in yet. And they're, like, trying to get out. <laughs> God. Screen. Oh, yeah. Um, a spaceship trying to save some small set of humanity is attacked by a cop, comma, former... Uh, comma, who is saved from the Mario hole uh, by a minor manga artist. The two are then shipped by the girl choosing who makes it onto the spaceship. Rich girl, Bill, oh, go for it. And may or may not actually be in a relationship later? I don't huh. remember. 
Rich Girl builds an ark for people to escape on. The mangaka that she wants on it ends up inspired by the cop-turned-terrorist that tried to blow up the ark, and they both walk away as the Rich Girl ships them. An ARC program to save a few members of the human race is screening one of the developer's favorite manga artists for entry. The phone tap guy tries to blow up the ship, claiming it was the last wish of the girl from the Melancholia story to see the end of the human race, and survivors spit on her memory. He's caught, but before he can get Mario hold, the manga artist gives him his uh, gives up his spot and leaves with him. Good. Mario hold. It's like I memory hold. <laughs> <laughs> I do love both the return of the Mario hole and every time the Mario hole comes up, it's very funny. And Mario hole MVP. His dedication to the bit uh -huh. of like, no, she wanted to see the end of humanity. I'm gonna grant her wish if yes. If, uh, him part of her wish that I can. Yeah, exactly. Him being so dedicated on it is amazing. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Tsuchinoko. Tsuchinoko's still real. Um. A girl feeds the Tsuchinoko boiled eggs so they won't come out and show themselves to anyone else so that she can keep going on Tsuchinoko hunts with her crush. Upon seeing him, her crush, with another girl, his sister, uh, she wishes for reincarnation and becomes Odd Man 11. <laughs> Is she Odd Man 11? She has the same vibe, right? I don't remember what she looks like now. Yeah, I think I think she has the same hair. As uh, Which one's Odd Man 11? Uh, the normal girl. Oh, the one who's not originally an odd man? Yeah. Oh, I don't think her hair is strippy enough for that. One sec. Let me, let me look at her again. Sorry, Blue, we're doing a... No, it's all right. She definitely gets reincarnated into another one of Doman's stories. Yeah, she does not quite look like... This is the other problem, is that uh, Doman has a, a style. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a lot of his, his the hair is really the main thing that separates the women. Yeah. He's all of the is all of his other stuff so like referential and self-referential. Uh, this definitely feels like a looking back on yeah the years that I have been making manga. And uh -huh. I'm going to reference a lot of it. Uh, I would say pop culture references are common. Yeah, he's he's often referencing other manga. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but. Not not to this extent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Blue, you go. While fans look at uh, Girl has found the Tsuchinoko that the boy she has a crush on has been looking for and is bribing it to stay hidden so she can spend more time with him. She sees the guy with his sister, assumes it's a girlfriend, and asks the Tsuchinoko to send her into a world uh, that is not under threat, is not this hot, without the boy and without the Tsuchinoko. She wakes up in her new world confused. Searches for the Tsuchinoko and its wish-granting powers have failed because one girl is trading it boiled eggs in exchange for only being seen by her so she can stay in the cryptid hunting club with the boy she likes, the boy from Rube Goldberg Machine. She sees him with his sister, assumes it's his girlfriend, and asks the Tsuchinoko for a real wish to send her somewhere without the comet, the Tsuchinoko, or the boy. He allows her to re-roll her life into a new world, but she loses her memories of the old one. Unexpected tears roll down her face as she looks up at the now-empty sky. Might be wrong. You might be wrong, but uh, I would believe that she's in something else. Mm -hmm. This one's good. I really like this one. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just like a sad, a, a, like bittersweet ending. You know what I mean? I yeah, it's just like a, ending. it's a good, just tight story. Yeah. There's, there's like an epilogue later that is, we get 
the the two the leader of the Tsuchinoko hunt and her former crush mm-hmm. uh just like hanging out and feeling uh, like someone's missing right? yeah like oh wasn't there a girl here oh well uh-huh great stuff great just stuff. the vestiges of the memory falling away mm-hmm. utopia uh let's see uh okay a uh, vampire human gay couple go searching for utopia but since they need to repopulate the earth they only accept couples uh disappointed the two head for home but the organizer reveals that the shelter is empty and uh that she needs to head home for to her girlfriend lovers question mark uh hear about survival shelters and decide to visit the nearest one to them uh it says hets only so they bail the administrator says nobody has stayed it's actually the vampire and the globule human a gay couple leaves their home to search for a fabled shelter as melancholia enters its final approach it turns out that the failed arc program from screen was converted into a shelter but they don't let gay couples in and everyone left to be home with their be with their families in the last day anyway they go home but it turns and it turns out that one of the couples is a vampire and the other is taking the drug from efficacy to feed him better i did not realize that they were actually the people but I think I didn't go back to verify, so I could be wrong, but um the the reveal that everyone is queer is very funny. Yes. Listen, no one has time for heterosexuality at the end. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? So, like I also assumed it was partially like they were only accepting the couples, so you can't bring your entire family. Mm-hmm. Was the other half of that. So either you're gay or you have other people you care about that you're fucking over her the the like the secretary there saying i need to go back to my girlfriend is like yes yeah it's really funny it's really good vocation um uh the two aliens head home for a check-in and admire melancholia as it passes them Okay, this is where my notes start going to shit because there's so much or so little. Uh, Kidnap fails to stop the comet, so the time-traveling alien cats re-roll again. Melancholy is about to hit and the superhero boy from Kidnap tries to push it back and fails. The alien cats turn back time to give humans another chance, though they cannot directly interfere. It is revealed that they have the wand used by the cat from the very first story, Apocalypse. Uh, He used it to grant her ten more years of life. They they say it's like a time dilation soul wand or yeah, something. something like that, which does point towards her being in a coma in that room. Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. Wriggler. Um. Okay. The remainder of this uh, discards the short story, uh, like set, uh, like vibe and the remainder of these chapters are um much, yeah. are like kind of continuous narrative that like cuts between all the characters that we've seen but uh is no longer like self-contained yeah um stories uh so i just my final note is the remainder is a continuous story about trying to avoid the earth's destruction so you don't have anything else okay blue you got uh something for regular a little more uh first girl has been in a coma for 10 years and another a separate piece of the Tsukushiyoko or Ouroboros has made a deal with her to creatively end the world. She's the reason the weird comet has shown up, moved so slow, weather has changed, etc., etc. 
The girl from Apocalypse uh, was in a coma. I, I miswrote this. Uh, saving the cat ten years ago and is taken by the evil half of the Tsuchinoko, which is granting her terrible wishes for the end of the world through melancholia. As the comet is about to hit, time is rewound again and the girl is alive again, and as she does every time, dies trying to save that cat. Or, not dies. Uh, hit. Trying real quick, one of the funniest things that we didn't say earlier in the story, in the Tsuchinoko story, yeah, mm -hmm. um, is that Tsuchinoko says, I am Ouroboros, but I bit my tail too hard, now, now it's too short for me to... Yeah. <laughs> This suit, also, the Tsuchinoko, this one is wearing a little suit and a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it's the evil one. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's wearing a, like, like, uh, like a tap dancing, like, mm -hmm. you should have a cane and, right. and he looks tap like yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. And he also calls himself Samsara, and I don't know enough on that side to... I think he's in charge of Samsara. Oh, in charge of Samsara? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Since he's already bought us. Uh -huh. okay. both, yeah, they both are kind of, but uh -huh. yeah, he's the Tsuchinoko of dreams, mm -hmm. and the other is the Tsuchinoko of like the real world. Mm -hmm. X Road. Blue, you got anything? <laughs> no? Hey, I did the mute backwards. Um, <laughs> people's weird last moments as the comet finally falls, so not much. While on his hike with the dying girl, the phone tapper runs into a girl trying to kill herself. The Tsuchinoko appears, trying to grant wishes to stop melancholia now that the boiled egg girl is gone. The gloomy girl wishes to be a strong person, and that is translated as giving her superpowers. We cut to the manga artist who is uh, drawing this with the robot hand as his partner, saying that the phone tapper won't become a terrorist now because he saved the dying girl with his wish. Everyone looks up to see the uh, kidnap trying to push back the comet. Mm -hmm. So the dying girl is still alive now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lots of uh lots of uh continuity changes at the end yeah yeah yoke you got anything blue <laughs> the hitman visits the comatose girl she was the sister that the other had wanted saves he says that he wishes she could have grown up well and this apparently appeases her uh, frustration with the world and saves the world from the apocalypse the comet whiffs away the girl who was wishing for the comet turned out to be the sister of the girl who jumped in the Mario hole, or the sister of the girl who jumped in the Mario hole wanted to protect. He killed their mother and tells her that she was, uh, that the sister was a strong person who wanted to save her. The hero, uh, Kidnap, is joined by the gloomy girl, who is now a hero too, as they try to push back Melancholia together. Kidnap is stabbed in the heart by Melancholia's tentacles that were the last ditch plan to, uh, stop it from being stopped. Uh, however, uh, the story from the assassin, uh, being told to the girl in the coma makes her lose her will to destroy everything. Kidnap survives his wounds, and together they destroy the comet, save the world, and end up accidentally damaging the alien's ship so that it crashes uh, to Earth as the Tsuchinoko halves are reunited. It's very funny, the the reveal that she's like, oh, ha ha ha, you never expected, you, ex you thought it was a comet, but actually it was an eldritch being! Yes. Which <laughs> great. Like her. Yeah. Which is, I think that's the Eldritch being you see in the background of the first one when the cat tells her the world's ending. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is the thing, so. is you know from the very beginning that it, it has, a, it's a tentacle like monster god. And then you kind of forget about it because it's been a, it's been a yeah, it's comet for- It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. Uh-huh. Zoo hypothesis. I don't have uh, a lot of specific notes on this. Do you have anything, Blue? Nope. All of the stories are wrapped up. One of the alien cats die, and the other uses his power to replace the cat of the girl who dies saving the cat and starts the loop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
he wants to save a piece of her soul so that she doesn't just die doing a nice thing. Mm-hmm. And it says that she, we, she, she, while lots of people died because of her, you can't really put the blame on her shoulders. It's not really something that she... You know what I mean? She was in yeah. a coma. She didn't know. You can't just say it's her fault. She's been a, in a coma since she was just a kid. Yeah. So... Uh, also notably, uh, the uh, the reason that Kidnap survived being stabbed in the heart is because he did not have a heart currently. A girl comes up to him and is like, wow, that's really cool. Here, uh, I'm going to give you your heart back. I'm sorry for taking it. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, didn't you know? Taking the organs of boys you like is a hot trend among teenage girls right now. <laughs> so yes. Again, really funny. The, like, the way that all of these stories interlink and like come together is i i don't i don't remember exactly what i felt the first time i read through this because uh but on any list i rated it three stars and this time through i'm like this is really good it's really yeah i think it benefits a lot more from multiple reads I mean, I, yeah, I want to read it again. I didn't actually get a chance to do a second pass of it, but I think this is fantastic. I think I, knowing... I'm primed to like weirdo short story collections. Yeah. yeah, I did read a lot of those in college. You know what I mean? Having also having context for what it is, yeah, which is a bunch of like weirdo short stories that slowly the threads of them join together, um, and also having having catching more of the references to his other work, yeah, and, like. I probably missed some because he's done a bunch of stuff and I've only read, you know, three or four things of his. I want to read more of his um, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah. Reading through it again, I was like, this is really good. Yeah. It's Honestly, yeah. even going through just the one time, my initial thoughts were like, okay, that was pretty all right. And then I skimmed through it just to write these uh, not really one-line things, but I skimmed through it to write my notes on it. And just, like, even that time going through it, I was like, oh, oh, there's so much more here. And it's even better going through it that way. I think I was highest on it for a first read of the three of us. You know what I mean? Uh, Because I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Pretty much the whole way through. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, one of the early stories like really put me off because I wasn't sure if there was going to be another. Yep. The chess boy. I was I was like hesitant, expecting another low dip like that again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, it typical thing of when you're just sitting there bracing yourself like you tend to enjoy it less. I totally get you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one. I I just kind. This is the thing is I I like I said I've read a lot of literary fiction short stories before and uh, I've I I just breeze past those. I'm like ah, I didn't really like that one. Oh well, moving the, on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing is reading through it a second time and thinking of it in kind of literary fiction short story collection mm-hmm. vibes is like oh right. If I'm not enjoying the current story. I just have to yeah. wait for, you know, 10 pages and I'll have a new one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's fine. Tendrils from that one, but honestly, yeah. the tendrils that came out of the chess one were fun. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I absolutely. It was good. The witch never came back. Yes. She's mentioned as one of the utopias. Oh. Oh. They're, they're like, oh, there's an island where a witch. Uh, cast a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cast a bear. Okay. Or whatever. That could also be. Ivanovich Hotel reference spoilers oh. for that but there's a witch in there one of my favorite wrap up bits uh, is the maid leaves the room yes <laughs> yes yes. Like, yes I finally finished the series it's over and the other maid's like oh my god thank god and she's like but now I have to do the spinoffs and <laughs> there's so much more work to be done I've inherited the Bogdanovich name or whatever and I'll continue his work 
for the rest of my life. And the other girl's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, She's discovered her calling, which is uh, yep. writing Joshi fiction. It, right, and it pays shit. The other, the other piece of that is that it does, in fact, turn out that those two characters are yeah. gay. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for this one. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. I'm glad that I'm glad that the two of you enjoyed it as oh. well. Uh, I was of like, of course, you know, I was gonna like this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just am always a little worried that like I'm gonna bring something that like I think is pretty good, and, and I like hope that people out. like. Yeah. And, um, and then you know maybe they will, maybe they won't, but uh, yeah. Well, it, yeah. it, you always have that weird tension when it's like, hey, I liked this thing. And then you just sit there. The worst thing is when you're watching with somebody and you're like, okay, are they liking it? Are they? Yeah. So, like, I get that feeling. <laughs> terrible is happening on screen. You're like, oh, I kind of played that yep. in my head. Or I, just completely forgot, like, an, yeah. a scene that's even, very bad or inappropriate. This is not even something that I, like, cling to as one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, a second read through, I was like, Damn. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is really good. Okay, okay. We have to move on. But okay. what is everyone's favorite story if you had to pick one off the top of your head? Oh, uh, shit. I said it earlier. Uh, probably the uh, the Mario Hole one. The uh, Cutthroat? Cut the, yeah, uh, number three when yeah. the, the hitman yep. and the girl like hiring him. All right, I'm going to take mine. Melancholia, the titular story, the phone tap uh, guy, and the dying girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's up there, too. It's oh. You have to take a third story now. Yeah. I, so Cutthroat and Melancholia are two of the, <laughs> mm-hmm. the best ones. I think probably going to take Tsuchinoko. Tsuchinoko was the other one I was um, of. Yeah, just I like, was also thinking of the school shooting one. That's, yeah, that's another. Yeah, um, there's a lot of really good ones here. <laughs> so like, yeah, uh, as someone who endings are really important for me, like I, those are the ones with like really good kind of melancholy endings, mm-hmm. even if uh, they get changed later. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Um, but you know, the the ending where he saves the dying girl uh, is like interesting enough that it doesn't make me feel like it's taking the punch out you know yeah no it's very like it, it, that she, her prophecy of uh they always averted at the last second come true came true too uh-huh. you know what i meant yeah the extension of the extension of any of the stories feels almost more au-ish than it does actually like mm-hmm. extending the stories like if that makes sense like yeah. the, the stories are still their self-contained things even with the other stuff happening I think this is great. Yeah. More, more stuff by this guy for sure. Sure. Okay, so that's a pod, right? But uh, got some good stuff. Oddman Eleven has some really good moments, and in general, is not as good. No. Hmm. It's got some really funny, stupid shit. <laughs> Oddman Eleven, if you're curious, is yeah, go for uh, it. The most surrealist Yuri that it's, i've ever read it's um it's a scott uh yeah scott pilgrim okay it's a there's a girl she's in love with a boy who's part of this organization and he's dated uh, uh all of the other <laughs> members and someone okay. jokes that she has to defeat all of the other members to have a chance with him uh-huh uh but then uh she as she defeats these girls she starts collecting them like a yuri harem yes oh hell yeah I fall in love with her 
So Scott Pilgrim, but better. Uh huh. And much, much <laughs> weirder. So one of the yeah. most disgusting girls I've ever seen. Amazing. Uh yeah, I, I it does not feel very cohesive, but uh, it's I think it's a fun ride. Um yeah, which is again, it's like the things starting starting you Ben with Melancholia may have been a mistake. Yeah, because uh, like you've started because it is the like highest highs. It is the culmination of a lot of his yeah. work mm-hmm. in terms of like just yeah, it's it fits really well together and it's like a tight two volumes mm-hmm. and uh it doesn't feel like something that is just kind of yeah it's mm-hmm. not a gag manga really yeah. but on the other mm-hmm. hand, i got the moment of being like wow actually i've discovered something really great you know yes uh-huh. instead of being like this has some interesting ideas and then working up to the like big thing yeah you know yeah. uh-huh okay that's enough of uh doman stuff let's move on Karno Kyokai, Garden of Sinners, Paradox Paradigm. It's a fun one. No subtitle. Alter- yeah. Alternately, I've seen Paradox Spiral is an alternate translation I saw. Yeah, yeah. Pre-show, first of all. Uh, this one's about using your cell phone in the theater. <laughs> uh, someone is, like, talking on their cell phone. It is the little Neko arc meowing loudly into her cat phone. Uh, 
Shiki gets mad, but uh, luckily the big scary man <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the like uh, setup for next time in the last episode of K and K stands up and uses some strange power to stop her cell phone from working. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Then uh, mind the boundary. Mind mind the boundary <laughs> on signals or something like that. Yeah. Uh, luckily, again, no one fights Nekoark. No one's willing to take a, take the no. Nekoark. That's terrifying. This is because Nekoark is the, the strongest. Second most, is most there, is there someone stronger than her? Is it Alko? I is it Nasu himself? <laughs> is it um Arcuid? In the like, yeah, I don't remember joke, exactly like, where she sits, but she's very strong. She's very high. Okay, so this movie. <sighs> okay, Ben, you asked at the beginning: Is this movie divisive? Uh looking at my Annie list, I have uh, two other people who have who have seen it. One rated it five stars. One rated nine out of ten. I don't think it deserves to be that high. Mm, so you're the divisive opinion. <laughs> yeah. And it might be my favorite of the K and K movies. <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. Ooh, this is gonna yeah. be a spice so it, for me, it is this one and Fujino are my two favorites of them. Okay, okay. So this movie um, is told in a deliberately confusing, like kind of semi out of order, like looping uh, way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool, you know. There's lots of weird match cuts that kind of like cross time. Yeah, you know? I will. So love that shit. Yeah. Uh up front, uh this is I think by far like from a craft perspective from in terms of making a movie of the movie. Uh this is by far the best one. It takes a lot like good advantage of the medium. Yeah. In a way, yes. we've, been, we've been told that uh the structure of the original uh, story chapter is much the original book is much more yeah. straightforward. Which but I sense. I love the sequences of just like people reaching out for a do- doorknob and and turning it just like cut between like that someone doing that over yeah. and over and over again or, or like uh, someone else reaching out for another reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, or ringing a doorbell and then somebody looks through the peephole, but it's a different person look, looking through a different peephole at a different time. <laughs> yeah um we get like repeated scenes but also scenes that are mirrors of each other in a way that makes it unclear on if it's happening again or if it's referencing a previous scene yes it's used to great effect later on yeah um and so like all of that like all of that rules yes uh it is it is the craft the animation great one of the for me at least the weakest like overall plot and themes i would say it definitely has the most (laughs) plot and themes in it which makes sense this is also the longest by far yeah well and this was the one that was like the original conclusion right Uh so like it's trying to pull everything together it's trying to do a lot in uh it's got a good amount of space to do it but it's trying to do a lot in the space that it's been allotted and it's trying to cover i think more of the like philosophical meandering ground of the original than a lot of the other movies are uh to i I would say mixed results this is kind of a a, like loopy story so we're gonna try and cover it as we go i have a lot of notes but uh we'll do our best we ready yep there's a fake shiro eating cheeky strawberry ice cream (laughs) (laughs) who is this strange wide shiro 
I think my first note is why is Shiro here and why is he eating Mikia's pudding? <laughs> why did I write down pudding? I don't know. I've got uh, not Shiro is eating one of Shiki's ice creams in her apartment while she sleeps. So this is the thing is that the, th the thing that I miss most from the first K&K &K is that in the book she never eats the ice cream. Mm hmm. It's it's just Mikia's. So forever it will be just Mikia's ice cream to me. Yes, but conversely, man, that scene of her trying to, and successfully, eating that ice cream is so good. And that, like, even looking through the, the, the chapter, like, that scene sticks with me so much more. <laughs> like, I, I do like her being stubborn about it, but also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is taking a driving test and failing, it looks like. And then also we cut to see some wild shit. Uh, Soren, the guy who uh, we saw at the end of last episode, uh, is stabbed in the neck or something. And fake Shiro is like freaking out. And he's like his like wound closes up and the knife falls. There's some vents all of a sudden. And then <laughs> we get fake Shiro again. Mm hmm. We had a series of disconnected scenes of extreme violence. There's mm -hmm. a man beating a woman. Someone gets stabbed. That woman attacks fake Shiro, begging him to die. Then we see fake Shiro stabbing her over and over and over again in a different room without any blood happening. He pulls some uh, unidentified meat out of her body uh, and then flees the apartment complex. Uh, it really looks like he's considering taking a bite of it. Like he has no idea what to do there. <laughs> He flees the apartment complex. Uh, a homeless man tries a bunch of doors and ends up coming into the apartment, finding the corpse at the table, and we cut. Mm -hmm. uh, this kid's name is Tomoe, not Fake Shiro. I will not uh, subject you to me calling him Fake Shiro for the entire time. Mm -hmm. He does look like a like a huskier Shiro. You know, like he's eaten more than regular Shiro. Mm -hmm. the, all of the, the like, pre-OP stuff is all, like incredible yeah. <laughs> just like again back to it being a film that takes advantage of that medium mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. quick cuts the uh all of the violence except for um fake sure. kotamine yeah uh being bloodless mm -hmm. is really like striking yeah mm -hmm. uh because like, like oh acting knives are being stabbed and like you hear the sound of stabbing uh -huh. and then the you knife see. is tossed away uh-huh and it's yeah. it's completely clean it's yeah. literally everything except for the blood and god the sound on all of it is so good and the at least one of the things i don't remember if it was shown in this beginning part but just the way they show it cut and just be like cutting a steak like it's uh and then and then we just get like a minute long shot of the hallway as uh Tomoe <laughs> is that his name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomoe and Joe. Uh runs runs across and then we see the homeless guy like walking in, trying the first door, walking to the second door, trying that door, mm -hmm. walking to the third door, <laughs> trying that door. Like go the way he does it so casually is like almost not actually but like almost as unsettling as like you saw all this hyper violence and now you have just this person like trying every single door like it, it is an uncomfortable scene it's a super pulled out shot yeah yeah uh, it yeah yeah it's a strong opening yeah now we're gonna get some cop stuff 
Uh, what does Nasu think of cops? <laughs> okay. <laughs> they can't do their note, job. <laughs> yeah, that they're incompetent. Fake Kuritsugu, not as hot as normal Kuritsugu. Nasu thinks cops are very Agreed. cool but can't do anything is, <laughs> is kind of my read. So we get this like uh, this uh, mystery case set up, right? Murders without bodies. Uh, the, the homeless man in the coat, uh, is bringing a cop to the apartment to show him the, the, uh, the, that the murder happened. And presumably he's worried he's going to get blamed for it Mm -hmm. because he was there and is, uh, telling the cop that they ring the doorbell and the dead man answers completely unharmed. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, we get, we cut to, uh, Mikia's cousin. What was his name? Daisuke. 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 Uh, in the the precinct, he's talking to some people about these like mysterious deaths. the The homeless man set claims to have seen the body of a of the mother and the father of this family, but not the son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's like, "This is really weird." Uh, yeah, we're not going to see any more cop stuff. <laughs> yeah, with this entire scene, like uh, Fen already mentioned, like how pulled out that shot was of. Uh, the guy trying each of the doors, but like through this opening, you just have this. I think it's just full on a cello, or I think it's standing bass solo. You just have this long bow strings. It they do a good job of just like how like ethereal and foreboding the whole thing is here. It just feels disconnected. You dear listener, unless you skip the OPs or like the lead-in music to mm-hmm. our fate segments, I uh, will have heard that. Yeah, right before this, great music. Yeah, still great music. K and K. Uh, is providing just a bounty for me in terms of adding music to episodes because yeah, yeah. it's like one of your favorite things to do oh yeah yeah like of course yes i will add the op <laughs> yes delicious some time has passed tomoe is fleeing from some punks they yell at something about him quitting school and him ducking them he's not wearing a shirt for some reason he trips over something and drops the key one of the punks yells that they're going to kill him I really like this one shot where he's like running under an underpass and he just starts like laughing this really unsettling uh-huh. laugh that like echoes through the whole like place. <laughs> yes. And then it just like <clears throat> like cuts back to like normal sound. Uh, <laughs> uh they corner him in like an underpass alleyway, close it off something. Uh and he comes out swinging with a eye punch <laughs> that takes a guy's eye out just and puts like, the thumb right in there. Weird moves on this, um, but he do, he's doing his best. So somebody has had to fight dirty before. Mm-hmm. Poking a guy's eye out and then saying, this won't kill you is pretty messed up. Yeah, it's probably some of my favorite lampshading in there. It's just like, because he uh, gouged the eye and then like slammed his head against the wall separately. So like both of those are brutal by themselves. I'm like, eh, that won't kill you. Yeah, he'll probably be fine. He didn't hit his head against the wall that many times, you know? Uh, this this movie does this movie uh thinks that batman doesn't kill people (laughs) (laughs) and is a good thing the way he does it too like extra positive on it the dudes uh attack him uh starts beating the shit out of him uh they are surprisingly unbothered by the one guy who lost an eye uh, Tomoe tells the leader of this little group just to kill him, and he's about to get his head stomped in when a mysterious figure approaches. The punks are like, get out of here. And uh, it's Shiki, and she proceeds to beat the shit out of these punks really hard without killing them. 
Um, the wa- wildest one is like she just grabs somebody's stomach and twists it and just he doubles over and vomits. Yeah, like yeah. it looks like she does nothing to him. Yeah, there's just like a force effect as she touches him. It was I think that was her it was her uh uh mechanical arm too. So that would It be- was with her right hand, I think, and her prosthetics to the left. I paid attention to that way too much. <laughs> but it's it's also something that the movie will repeat a lot, which is it's kind of unfortunate with it being Paradox Paradigm, whereas with Paradox Spiral, this movie is obsessed with spirals and spiral motions and people talking about being in spirals. And The leader tries to counterattack. Shiki kicks him in the head so that we can get a weirdly like uh, juicy shot of her like anime girl thighs. <laughs> it's really before, funny. Uh, her kimono clothes back up. <laughs> She intentionally, like, closes it completely. Like, no, don't look at my legs. No, don't look at my juicy, juicy thighs. Uh, she has the weirdest sense of duty of anyone I've seen. She throws the kid. She's like, you dropped this and, like, tosses the key to Tomoe. This is why she came in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just for that. She says she didn't kill those guys. And Tomoe begs her to bring him somewhere that he can hide out. And she's like, just go home. And he's like, I can't do that. And she's like, fine, come to my house. Jeez, you're asking so much of me. It's like, what? He didn't ask for that. There is a, yeah, there's a lot of talk about like what, what is, or he says like, I bring me somewhere that I can't be seen. Mm -hmm. And she's like, there's nowhere like that. Like home is the only place that, and. It isn't public, yeah. There, yeah, there's a lot of talk about what home is. Yeah. In this. He tells her that he killed someone. Uh, she reaches out for him, and then it cuts, uh, does a match cut to a hand opening a door, and then goes to Taboe's mom swinging the knife down on him, and then him waking up in Shiki's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun little bit. Uh, he gets up, goes to leave, and we cut immediately back to uh shiki touching his chest he like shies away like she's trying to touch his boobs um she says that he doesn't look like a murderer and he briefly describes doing a murder and she's like is that why you're not wearing a shirt i thought that was just like the fashion thing or something he asks if she's afraid of him and she's like should i be and he's like i'm a murderer and she says yeah me too buddy So, he stays with her. Presumably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get some shots of him, uh, like, avoiding the cops and, like, hanging out in the, like, uh, town square, the square of the shopping center or something like that. There's, like, a big TV that's, like, playing the news. He's waiting to hear about his parents. Not, no one has no- noticed their death because they're still alive, it seems. Mm-hmm. So... Also, in there is probably one of my favorite transitions in the movie is, like, so after it went back to uh the touching the chest scene mm-hmm. he walks out of the alley and then it just shifts stages around him oh, to yeah. go back to ahead when he left the place and it's just him walking at the screen then making a hard turn and he's now like after that flashback pulls his hood up to walk by some cops and then goes to the shopping center yeah, that one stands out a lot because it's like there's no other shot that works like that in the whole thing even though there is lots of other yeah the, there's a lot that like really mess up the sense of time and that's the only one where literally you're watching the character walk through time mm-hmm. uh let's see he gets distracted watching a video of some dude on a track team running track and then it cuts to a locksmith commercial and he thinks about keys there is a very prominent weird clock with little mechanical elves that play music at certain hours 
<laughs> the clock is amazing. Uh huh. It is. This is the most CG. <laughs> yeah, like, very CG clock. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It works for it though. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. To be clear, it every time we cut to the clock, it is both an indication that time is passing, mm -hmm. uh, and also like, yeah, this rules. Let's see. We 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 continue to get flashes of Tomoe's mom attacking him as we go, and we get Shiki returning home, surprised that Tomoe is returned from his trip out. She chucks a strawberry Hagendaz at him, saying she doesn't like cold stuff. Uh, she he asks why she let him stay with her. Uh, Shiki is eating, by the way. She's eating sandwiches. Mm -hmm. This is the first confirmation we've gotten besides the ice cream that Shiki eats food post coma. Gotta flavor that water somehow. Yeah. For me, yeah. She misses him. Uh, she says that uh, no one's gonna be gonna be around anytime soon, so I guess you could stay here. She seems pretty pissed off about it. Uh, he asks if she's in trouble, and she says, yeah, sure, but what do you care, murderer? <laughs> I love Shiki. He's starts uh, in a very shiro way complaining about the gender politics of their situation and uh she's like man i think if you wanted to get laid you would go somewhere else <laughs> yeah yes wouldn't the guy go somewhere else if he wants to do a woman <laughs> is just oh shiki's incredible <laughs> he and just moves right past it yeah uh, he replaced her lock for her so that she could have a key apparently shiki has not had a key to her door this entire time she's been living here uh she mm. locks the door only when she is sleeping. Otherwise, leaves it unlocked. She has nothing to take, so I, I, I get it. But yeah, he ha he made keys for himself and her. She has a phone and her red jacket, which she almost <laughs> always wears when going out. She has she has three red jackets. Three red jackets. <laughs> okay, many sorry. jackets. <laughs> they finally exchange names. He eats the ice cream. We get a bit long montage of. Time passing, the two of them coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. We get, we get some incredible cuts in this in this uh, bit, including the sink like filling with ice cream cartons. Uh -huh, like uh -huh. not not incrementally, but like uh like still shots of the sink uh incrementally fuller and like, fuller. It seems like she is bringing him food, only ice cream. Uh-huh. Taking care of her own trash, but not taking care of that. We also get uh, Shiki's little feet wiggling, which is yes. one of the cutest things that anyone in anime has ever done. Yeah, we get shot, him, him like laying next to her bed and her like leaning over it like a schoolgirl, like kicking her feet. <laughs> the, just the way that like her legs move feels uh -huh. almost more like a tail than uh -huh. like legs. Yeah, they're, they're wiggly. And so with this also, you have like the scenes where they are together is like, the minority of what they show here they show a lot of both of them leaving and entering the apartment at times where the apartments are uh, empty of each other most of the scenes that you see the two together one is on their way in or out like it it is very much like they're cohabitating but they're not really living together if that makes sense i on a rewatch i have a better idea of what is happening mm -hmm. at this point but uh my first time through i was like it's a little hard to keep track of what's go happening because i'm enjoying the craft of the movie so much like yeah just it it is luscious in terms of like visual things happening um to the extent that i was like i write i need to talk about this on a podcast i need to <laughs> what, like, plot stuff is happening 
Yes, it is a lot. Is that Shiki wears the most the girliest underwear? I don't have underwear. This girl. <laughs> I stand by that somebody else buys that stuff for her. There's no way Shiki... One, there's no way Shiki's buying clothes, period. Like, <laughs> I don't see her going out shopping for clothes. Given that she doesn't do her own laundry, I don't exactly. think she buys clothes for herself either. I absolutely see either... What is it? Arataka? Arataka? Coming over with, like, here's your six-month supply, and maybe he does the laundry, too. Or Mikia's getting it. Like, oh, this is girly enough for her. I, that... that... That's terrible, though, because that's really she, uh, Mikia pushing femininity onto Shiki. I hope it's her family. Yeah, I I see. I put it more at her family. Like, I kind of see it as Arataka also doing the laundry, because that's where it comes up later on, is when uh, Mikia's talking about him. Alternatively, mm -hmm. it is Toko. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Toko doesn't do anybody's laundry. Toko doesn't do her own laundry. <laughs> no, Toko, Toko bringing her clothes. Mikia's the one. Oh, okay, okay. Toko would absolutely buy her girly underwear. Uh-huh. Uh, we see a shot of uh, Toko at a fucking freaky doll exhibition. Okay, this is the thing that I've realized about Toko that has made me like Toko even more. And it's that when they said that Toko, Mikio saw her work at a show, I assumed it was some kind of, like, craft of, like, the, of dolls. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, like a craftsman exhibition. But what it is, is that Toko is a fucking edgy gallery artist. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Shit that I would have, could have seen at SAIC. And it's really, <laughs> really funny. And I have nothing but respect for this stupid woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know people who make things that look like this. Some of those puppets look so honestly. ridiculous. I Yeah, I would, I would love to, to see all show. of it. I would be I would be a little worried of the, that the dolls might fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just like I'm not a fine artist person uh -huh. in the sense that I'm I don't run in those circles. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we the, should go to an art museum sometimes. The, I'm lost in Haslam. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, the shots we get of of uh, the like dioramas that she's arranged These, like, are stupid, edgy, like, <laughs> bullshit, like, dolls eating human organs, like, thing. It's uh -huh. beautiful. She's incredible. Okay. Toko stays winning. Yes. <laughs> montage speeds up. We see more shots of the creepy clock. Um, and then Tomoe, uh, hears Shiki returning home. He gets up to greet her in the middle of the night, and he has a vision of her slitting his throat effortlessly and walking past him. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of jumps back and like the blood is gone and he's fine. Uh, uh, fine is strong. He's terrified because he has a very strong feeling that she was inches away from murdering him. Well, it flashes back and then she says, even you won't work. Yep. Yes. Yep. Cheeky. Very cool. Mm. Cheeky does a weird sit on the bed. This is another like, you ever see like pictures of cats sitting weird? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes. This is Shiki's sit. She says that she was frustrated and horny, so she went out to go murder someone, but couldn't find anyone that suited her. Uh, she considered murdering Tomoe, but uh, couldn't get it up for him. Uh, he's like, I really thought you were going to kill me. She says, I want to feel like I'm actually alive. I will kill somebody someday for no reason. <laughs> She's so incredible. <laughs> My well, presumably she has not killed anyone for no reason yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And also, remember, 
killing somebody for no reason was specifically when like she turned on Fujino. Like this is when she has to be put down. Yeah. So that's like an impulse she feels in herself that she loathes. Yeah. yeah. Um. He tells her to get a hold of herself. She says she's fine, but also she felt like this last summer. He's like, do you have any friends? She's like, yeah, I have a friend. And he's like, oh, thank fuck. Why don't you call your friend and have your friend talk you down for murdering someone? And she's like, my only friend has gone somewhere far away. I'm like, <laughs> back to me failing a driver's test. I'm like, it doesn't seem like he could be that far, Shiki. <laughs> just picturing just a cut where she says that and it's just Mikia crashing repeatedly. Just that little like fail at parking that he does. This part is really great because Shiki's trying to like talk about being a serial killer, but she's also talking as if she's like a spurned high school girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's like ranting about not getting enough Mikia time, saying that he doesn't like take her feelings into consideration. It comes and goes as he pleases, never invites her over to his place. She Only gave her his phone number, not his home. Yeah. Uh, and we, we get immediately why last summer was so bad. He was sick for a month and couldn't visit her. And she got uh, like restless and horny and murdery then too. Uh -huh. Which is that the ghost incident then? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Because he was unconscious for at least a couple of weeks there. I don't know if it was a full month, but... She starts stabbing her pillow with her knife uh, over and over again, which is really fun. <laughs> She's mad that Mikia's absence is bothering her this much. Tomoe seems upset that he, she doesn't give two shits about him. <laughs> um, She says that she enjoys killing people. Tomoe's like, you're not that kind of person. And she shoots him a dirty look, a look so dirty that he turns his back and starts eating his ice cream silently. Yeah. And then she flops her face into her pillow. Really great shot. It, uh, I cheer every time uh, Shiki pouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always yes. incredible. Tomoe is watching the news again in the main street. Uh, still, no, the bodies have not been discovered yet. He sees Shiki go on a walk, but she's being followed by some kind of evil big top ringleader clown man <sighs> uh, with blonde hair. And he does like a shh move. Really <laughs> Welcome to... K&K's Shinji. Yeah. You're not wrong. He's uh, a little better than Shinji. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Shinji works better as a villain for me in some way. Yes. This guy just feels so superfluous. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, he is really just filler there. He, he yeah. He's just... Unlike Sh uh, um, what What the fuck is his name? I just lost his name. Shinji. Shinji. I guess unlike Shinji, he's got like a vibe he's going for. Shinji's just like the the guy, the other guy yes. there. Uh, but I don't like his vibe and I don't like his face and I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, and the only function he serves in the story is to make everybody else look better. So, And to do horrible things to women. But we'll get yeah. to that. Uh, when uh, Shiki gets home, Tomoe tells her about the weirdo who's following her. She doesn't care. Tells him to take out the trash. He says he's worried about her. Uh, and she's like, why? And he's like, you're a girl and I love you. Shiki's laughing at him is the funniest. He's so great. Shiki just... loses her shit. This is the f hardest I've ever heard her laugh at anything. Mm -hmm. She asks if the clown man could, like cast a spell on him to make him think that he's in love with her or something. And he, he puts his hands on her shoulder and he's like, no, this is very serious. I'm very seriously in love with, her, with you. 
She, he says she, he would do anything for her, so she flips him onto the bed, cl- like, climbs on top of him in one move, and holds a knife to his throat and says, will you die for me then? I, he, I would... When, she, <laughs> not this way. He's so when, pathetic. He makes it so unsexy. Yeah. Yes. And when he first puts his hands on her, she's just looking down like, I could cut these fucking things off. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, he gives like a creepy smile while thinking about his mom. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll die for you. Kill me, kill me. Shiki's like, oh, God, okay. He explains a little bit more what happened about the murders. You know what I mean? His mom trying to kill him. Him, uh, his dreams about her killing him. Him attacking her instead. Uh, Why are you talking about other death when you're in bed with me? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But especially his mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's just not its not fun if the person's like, yeah, 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 kill me, kill me, kill me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you Like, she was much more into it when Mikio was like, I don't want to die. Uh-huh. He, uh... Let's see. He, yeah, so his bit is, uh, I could get the death penalty for what I did. Dying for you is more meaningful. Uh, she puts her jacket on and is like, we're going to go check out the apartment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or actually, no, no, that is not yet. She puts her jacket on, asks where he lives, and then tells him that he's free to use the room uh, next time, too, which he uh, correctly assesses to be. She's throwing him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tomoe is on the street on his own again. Uh, he, we see we get a cameo of Mikia and Toko talking around him because they don't know he's relevant. <laughs> Uh, it's about a week of time has passed. He's waiting for the pe- bodies to be discovered, but he sees his mom walking down the street instead. Shiki returns home and finds Tomoe returned after a week of absence. Uh, and she's like, one sec, one sec, I'll hear your story. I gotta put this together first. And she whips out a katana and starts assembling it. He's she's so proud of having this sword too. She like she's sword. so excited. She's so she's into it. He in, in a similar way that Shiki's never laughed harder uh, than when he confessed to her. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen her this like just unbridled joy. It's Christmas morning and she's unwrapping like a transformer. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> this is Hisui seeing the fruit knife. <laughs> um. See. He explains that his mom appears to be alive, but she must be a fake because he knows he killed her. Shiki's like, fine, we'll go check it out. Uh, Shiki has a motorcycle with sidecar. Um, <laughs> it is also very funny that she let, makes him drive and she rides the sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> they show up at a weird circular apartment tower. Shiki thinks it's immediately suspicious. People keep saying it looks like a dick. I guess it looks like a dick. You know what I mean? But, like, buildings just look like dicks. I don't think that's very, uh, that holds much water for me. Mm-hmm. All buildings look like dicks in Ben 2023. Yeah, except for the one in Chicago that they specifically designed to look like an elongated vagina. <laughs> <laughs> um... They enter this weirdly desolate apartment building. Uh, there's like a central pillar elevator. And then like the, the building is split into two halves, kind of. Cheeky notes that the building is twisted. Um, 
And yeah, like there's weird vibes. Apartment weird vibes. She requests a key to get into apartment 405 and he's like, just ring the bell. And she's like, no, 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 I want to I want to catch this. They go inside without ringing the bell and we uh, we see a scene of the his, Tomoe's parents. As in, Shiki and Tomoe are standing there watching his parents, who are not reacting to him, play out a scene. Welcome to one of the most reposted clips that I've seen of Garden of Sinners across the board. Is this abuse scene here, yeah. Why? Okay, I think the way that this building, the like clockwork way that this building works is like a cool concept. I will say, Mm -hmm. this, this, uh... This, this scene is, the most, is so long. Yeah. This movie mm-hmm. loves violence. It's yeah. the mo- most violent of the movies so far, like by pretty far, I think. Absolutely. It loves to like linger on uh, violence against women. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Yes. Like men get hurt too, totally. But there's something, there's like a slight leering quality just, to the way it looks at women. It's a lot more brief rather than like what we're seeing right here of his mom getting abused is like that's like a i don't know minute long buildup of it just escalating yeah. which i think <laughs> Whereas, is interesting but like the the idea that like it's the most like the clip you've seen is yeah. most is insane to me like what why of every probably just because like it's very well animated and shocking and like the line, this uh, part of it is like it it's kind of a one shot not exactly but it it like fits that clip length perfectly too, so you get an entire scene that you can present, and you know, shock value always gets people. I don't know, but it is one that I've seen posted multiple times in various places. I think it has very little to do with K and K. Oh yeah, it it's kind of wild because like in whatever comments that will show up about it, like it has to just like yeah, so this is this happening here, but like this is the fifth movie, and like this isn't what it's about. It's not even a little what it's about. Yeah. I mean, it's a little what it's about, but like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm getting bogged down. <laughs> anyway, yes, we see a domestic abuse happen. We see the guy beats the shit out of his wife uh, while complaining about his son. Uh, we do see Tomoe, uh, another Tomoe, return home and go into his room. Uh, mm-hmm. Our Tomoe is pretty freaked out about this. The guy uh, beats his wife, orders her to make dinner. She gets up, picks up a frying pan, uh, caves his skull in, and then stabs him a few times for good measure. Mm -hmm. Good Good for her. Good for her. Then she goes to kill her son, too. She just kind of like walks past the two uh, watchers and goes and bloodlessly stabs her son to death. Less good for her. Stabs herself in the throat. Cuts her head off. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a full decapitation, but yeah, like, and this is the scene I was referring to that is uh, a steak. Great question. Like, it looks like cutting a steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're not really attached properly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, this is a real, like, oh, yeah, the clock. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The clockwork bit. Okay. Yeah, and again, like, all of this is bloodless. Yes, that's cool. Shiki says that that wasn't really him. There's no blood, et cetera, et cetera. He sa- she says that uh, the, the, he is born every uh, morning and dies every night. You'll wake up in the morning. There was no blood, right? Yes. Shiki uh, got Mikia to look into the like place for her somehow. Uh, but And she explains, and this is where it starts to get really like bogged down in the mechanics of how this building works. Uh, they live in room 410, not 405. 
there's like a really funny bit with this movie where it's like when you really think about it normal life is kind of fucked up isn't it like oh it's so <laughs> and like you wouldn't even know if your room got moved around if the elevator turned on you you know what i mean it's like it's like a yeah. pasta uh-huh. yeah like it, it is definitely taking it is focusing on all the things that you take for granted yeah. and then like what if somebody could intentionally take that thing you do without noticing it and uses it against you people are so tunnel visioned in this society that they wouldn't even notice if their apartment building moved around and turned evil you know what i mean well (laughs) yes if you perfectly rotated the apartment building or the elevator and like redid all (laughs) of the signage Uh and made the new room look exactly like the old one yeah i probably wouldn't notice so yes the building is designed to uh obfuscate uh that it's it's a mirror right Mm -hmm. we've seen this before there's 10 floors or 10 rooms per floor but uh the the sides are divided one uh one through five are on one side six through uh ten are is on the other the only way is to to get from one half to the other is to go through the elevator column Mm -hmm. and so the elevator turns now uh letting you out on the wrong side yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tomo i was living in room 410 for the first month until the elevator started running things got reversed so uh she she says something about knowing the designer and then takes him to room 410 to see what the real apartment looks like. Mm-hmm. What does the real apartment look like? Uh, there are flies everywhere. That's the first thing. And, Just rotting uh, and gross. We Okay, this time around we only see his two parents yeah. dead and decomposing. They don't have time to check Tomoe's room, basically. And importantly, there's stained blood pools around them, too. Yeah, they're corpses. They're like zombie-ass corpses, yeah, like uh, rotting. Uh, also notable, it doesn't really match the death scene of in the apartment because uh, the mom is dead in the main room. Yeah. So I don't yep. really know. That's like an inconsistency I don't really know what to do with. Yeah. Uh, well, the dad is dead on the table and the mom mm-hmm. is dead in the main room. The, and in yeah, the, the thing we saw on the other side oh, is yeah. she slit her throat in the same room Tomoe was in, correct? Fen, Fen is pointing out that we have to keep what's going on in Tomoe's room secret, uh, so we she has to be dead in a different room. Mm. But really, but I think also when the homeless guy walks in, she's dead in the living room. That's because Tomoe. Yeah, but that's because Tomoe uh, killed her right. for that room, that loop. Uh, so I. I think that maybe they should have changed where she cut her head off to make that a little yeah. more consistent, but it's, yeah. it's easy enough to forget, and forget. You know what I mean? It's not that big a deal. It's just an interesting little bit. The, that is good that you pointed out though, that like just trying to hide Tom away because that was nagging me a little bit. That that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So he's like, Oh my God. What? And Shiki's like, did you really kill them? Like take a good look. And then notices that he's about to be attacked by a zombie puppet doll thing. Mm-hmm. The, like a screwdriver or something. She like shoots at it like a bullet from a gun and chops its head off. <laughs> uh, and they leave the apartment together uh, and are treated to a very funny fight scene against an army of housewife puppets and, <laughs> and dad. <laughs> there are more. There's at least one guy with a sword. Is there more <laughs> oh, than the, 
The one that I mostly remember was a dude that was swinging a golf club yeah. that goes at it with her for a while. The the sword guy doesn't last very long. I just like okay. it's very funny that all of these people just have like random household implements and some guys like mm -hmm. yeah I, I have a sword. <laughs> yeah, no, Shiki tears through these people with her mystic eyes. Uh, it's so funny because like we get this like uh a lot of her twirling around killing people uh and then we also get shots of her oh she kicked that guy off the off the side cut to a, a far out shot of the building and him just like fall <laughs> and then she does it again and again and again yeah. four people get kicked off the side and there's a fridge at her there's like a zombie baby <laughs> the fridge the fridge flies off the side of the building also um and it's just like dumping fresh vegetables yeah, it just like opens as soon as it crosses the balcony uh, I don't even know how he threw it hard enough to get it over because he threw it. It's a curved hallway. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she murders all the dolls. Uh, two dolls put up a good fight. One uh, lady with a kitchen knife parries her twice. And then the golf club guy gives her a good go for it. Mm -hmm. Then Araya Soren appears. Uh, the guy from who was like uh, fucking with... Uh, Kirie, uh, Fujo, and uh, Asagami. Asagami Fujino. Mm -hmm. yeah. He looks as weird as ever. Uh, she cannot see death lines on him. Uh, and in fact, when she tries, it seems to hurt her. When she tries to look. Yeah. He says that they <laughs> met each other two years ago. He taps a scar on the side of his head, and we get a brief flash of Shiki wearing a red kimono uh, fighting him while Mikia is on the ground. That looks like a uh, the night before the coma to me. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. We never did find out what. Uh, or yeah, she stopped herself from killing, or she stopped uppercase Shiki from killing Miki. Nazis. We didn't see that. We did, we only saw her them her on top of him and then cut to. I'm probably remembering that from the book. Yeah. Then Nasu has never lied about a car accident calling somebody to go to a hospital. Yeah. Right, right, right. It was a car accident. I forgot about that. Uh, let's see. Shiki, he he uh, n uh, tells her his name. She identifies him as the person who did behind this apartment building. He says uh, it's a fun experiment that he cooked up. Uh, everyone's last day is being replayed here. Mm -hmm. Everyone's dead. Uh, the first five apartments on the floor are full of corpses, and the other five are full of uh, uh, puppets reenacting what happens on their last day. If you ring the bell, the puppets answer and pretend to be normal for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you disrupt their last day in some yeah. way. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, they have a routine to cover suspicion. Yep. Do they? Yeah. Is like, that like, that's why the cops didn't know anything was wrong. The guy answers the door. Yep. He's like, yeah, well, uh, do you need something? Uh, this, is the, to, this is the Enjo household. And that's why Shiki made a point of saying, like, that's why we don't want to ring the bell because that'll... They would just act normal. Yeah, <laughs> I just mean, yes, I get that part. Yeah. I just don't know if that actually changes the no. rest of the day. I don't think or, so. Okay. I think it's no, just th to cover the um, cover for them. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that because uh, the one that we see with Enjo, the, we see that a couple of times and he says the exact same thing each time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. 
Uh, let's see. So yeah, Soren like talks a little bit about how he wants to repeat the same death over and over and over again to see if anything changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he says like, oh, all the people I rented apartments to were uh evil anyway, so it's fine that they died. Shiki's like, you built this apartment building so that it would drive people insane, <laughs> which we've all lived in an apartment like that. Uh, yeah, being honest. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so he's uh, taken people's brains out and put them into puppet bodies, apparently. Or something like that. This is a very brain-centric movie. Mm-hmm. Real sapiosexual movie. Real sapiosexual. <laughs> uh, Tomoe is like, has a moment of being like, what am I then? But the movie kind of breezes over it pretty quickly. Yeah, he's just kind of having like an exist- existential crisis in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, Araya admits to being the one behind uh, the, the incidents with Kirie and Fujino and then mm-hmm. wants to fight Shiki. Shiki runs at him. He has some like cool like magic barrier thing that grabs you if you get too close to him. She chops off his arm. Uh, they, they fight. He has the Buddha's ashes in him somehow. He has the Buddha's ashes in his uh, left, left hand. Left arm. With the arm, okay. Cut off, but it doesn't really bother him. He just tells it to come back on, and it just goes back on. It it time rewinds like CL's uh healing. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Uh, she so yeah, she can't see his death lines, which means that whatever in uh, damage she does do just doesn't really take. I for some reason I wrote down Buddha's ashes protecting him from Shiki's eyes is really dumb. Mm-hmm. In parentheses, complimentary. Curious. And I yes. don't know that that's the case, uh, given what we find out later. Uh-huh. But um, Shiki has a spare knife. <laughs> Shiki has a spare knife in her doll arm. It's very funny, which is yes. really cool. Yeah, she like breaks one of the barrier like lines of his bounded field, right? And he's like, "Well, I've got two more." And she like whips a knife <laughs> out of her arm, and it like skips, <laughs> kills both of his other two barriers, and then hits him in the. F- Case. The coolest knife throw you've ever seen that doesn't just hit one target but uh-huh. three. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, like skip. It's like a skipping a rock across a pond. Uh, she uses this opening to get in and stab him in the stomach and the neck. He tells her that's not going to be enough. He uh, beats the shit out of her, uh, throws her, and then uses tentacles uh, to grab her and pull her back and slaps her against the wall, which then consumes her like flesh. I don't remember writing this, but sadly, he's too much of a Kotamine. Dot dot dot. Doesn't die when you stab him. Uh huh. <laughs> he's not as fun as Kotamine. This is yeah. Ba is doing his best to make me love him. Yes. Yeah. I don't like this guy very much. He just has um, a sense of humor. No, yeah, he's very sure. flat. Um. Yeah. But like compared to the other villain in this movie, he's a champion. He's the most dynamic <laughs> villain that you've ever met. Oh, he's incredible compared to the other guy. But uh yeah, I don't like him that much. I, I'm a Kotamine guy. I think so. he's like fine. He's fine. He's a, he's an effective villain. He's not very like I don't like I'm not like, wow, I have sympathy for you <laughs> for you. He's it, just kind of like a jokerified evil guy with like a dumb goal. I don't think the story has done enough to sell him as being, like, the ultimate guy that has done everything in the previous movies. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, where my biggest problem with him might be. Like, if he was just in this movie acting like this and didn't bring up Fujino and everything else, I'd be a little more fine with it. 
but like so much is weighing on him and he's not quite selling it yeah, yeah, yeah. but i think he, and like, like not meaning the actor like you're saying fan way better than the other guy I, like, <laughs> more fun to spend time with the entire I, reason alba exists i also like yeah we'll talk about it when we get his actual yeah. deal later uh-huh. but like there's some interesting yeah. stuff yeah but you know um something oh, that no. oh no 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 something i missed earlier so i there's a few like i don't want to say translation issues but uh like it i guess uh some fate stuff hadn't been quite standardized yet so like for example he says the uh the source of your chaos impulse is nil or something like that but i think yeah since then it has been like basically she has the origin of void is something and that phrasing comes up all in other places so like that's something worth pointing out (laughs) it's uh it's uh you're typing like shiro's sword Mm -hmm. yes uh, is sakura also void i don't know on that one imaginary element because i know i know void is a big thing about shiki's whole deal yeah um right 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 so let's continue she so he's beaten she uh Shiki. Her first uh, big loss, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh she's trapped somewhere, presumably. He seems to be in pretty bad shape, but he's pulling himself back together. Uh he says that he's two hundred years old and won't be that easy to kill. And uh all of a sudden it's a very familiar scene. Tomoe's on the ground freaking out. Soren is healing from a knife wound to the throat. Uh, the knife drops, Tomoe grabs it, freaks out, and runs all the way back to Shiki's apartment. hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought he was running to one of the apartments here, but, like, I, I realized that he, it was just, like, cutting directly to him, like, slamming into Shiki's apartment. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, something important here is that Shiki is not shown on screen again until she comes back. Yeah. They, like, deliberately keep her out of frame for everything, either in first person or she's just off screen. It's very funny. I I like it. (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh. It's it's real, like, that uh, guy who's like, me and my friends are having a party. (laughs) Haha, we're laughing together. They're all right off. off, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mikia is learning to drive. Good for him. (laughs) <laughs> and is still bad at it. Not very good at it. Yeah. He, okay, the the like beginning of the or right before the OP, um, he 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 gets like a foot and then stalls the car. This time he gets like three feet and stalls the car. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we get the like introductory like uh, cards that say the title again, but uh-huh. they like they are like black and white. And they reverse yeah. again because we're gonna get the whole beginning from a different perspective, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Miki. Oh, that's what. Uh huh. And then the third mm-hmm. one's then blank. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. Uh, let's see. He spent a month in driving school. Yes, he driving. spent a month in driving school. Out in the boonies, which is why he couldn't visit. Um, uh, visit Shiki. Toko's like, you wasted your time. I took the test cold and I passed. <laughs> Actually, she never says that she passed. Yeah. I don't know 100% that Toko has a license. <laughs> I know Toko would. Oh, my God. Way harder than it is oh. in the States. Oh, I'm certain. I'm sure. 
but or, also i asked <laughs> yeah. toko driving around without a license is just perfect it is yeah. the most toko thing she could mage mind trick her way through it probably i do wish we had a like functional rail system in the u.s uh wouldn't that be nice oh that'd be so nice uh miki is having a hard time picturing her as a teenager learning to drive and he finds a photo gets, of her this is not the first time that toko is going to get real grumpy that miki is younger than her yeah, uh-huh. there's this incredible photograph of tiny little femme toko standing next to two enormous like nasty looking men in front of the big ben <laughs> Uh, okay, so she went to Clock Tower. We know what Clock Tower is. Yeah. Uh, it's a <laughs> school that Rin wants to go to and all that stuff. Well, uh, those go She's to. like, these are my classmates uh, and friends from school. And it's mm-hmm. the massive like priest man and the gay clown guy. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, Toko, have anyone your age to hang out with? <laughs> it is also, oh, this is why Toko is the way that she is. She also oh, uh, does mention that uh, Araya uh, was some kind of priest at one point. Mm-hmm. So that's good. The priest of heresy. Mm-hmm. Oh, also notable. She talks a lot about Araya, but she does not mention uh, uh, the other guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she yeah. About him. She's sitting there just like talking about how much she loves the audacity of Araya and just doesn't say shit about Alba. <laughs> So she talks about being a puppet master and how uh, Araya Soren uh, was experimenting on human souls in order to reach the original core of humans, whatever that means. Which is, that's not the root, because we get what the root is called later. Uh-huh. They say a lot of things about, uh, they have a lot of terms for the root, but maybe he was working yeah, on something. So I, yeah, I think this was like how he calls out people's origins right now. So I think he was like experimenting with the origin at the time for like people's origins yeah but toko gave up yeah she wasn't into it after a while uh everyone apparently everyone who was doing the kind of work that soren was doing got uh excommunicated from uh the from the mages association mm. let's see <laughs> your note was very good then which note uh baby toko look at her baby <laughs> 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 baby toko somehow this toko looks every bit as much a lesbian as big toko <laughs> she does i'm right yeah. <laughs> you're right this toko looks like the lesbian who is like the 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 rival love interest in a yuri you know mm. what i mean who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. losing out but gave it a good run and grows up to be an even bigger lesbian she is absolutely sayaka from blooming to you yes uh-huh yeah um or whatever the failed princess's girl yeah. is named who goes on to date the otaku yeah toko should date an otaku i am oh my god uh, there's gonna be a lot of like really incredible toko looks this episode yeah okay this is toko's movie yes this is another toko movie we cut to uh, Mikia looking at some kind of weird grass ring, uh, woven grass ring, and uh, he and Toko are standing in front of the uh, the big top ringleader guy. Mm-hmm. His name is Cornelius Alba, and he is apparently an abbot of a monastery, which is very funny. He's abbot-elect of the Schopfhein Monastery. What kind of fucking monastery? <laughs> I... What does Masu think monks do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, 
we get more shots of Toko's edgy doll art. It's really incredible. She's mm-hmm. incredible. She looks great. She's got a big stupid orange coat on, and the Shiki doll is eating an eyeball. <laughs> yep. And there's a maid doll. A maid costume doll. The, yeah, the there's heart. ones, and it's like you have a Japanese and a Western yeah. doll there yeah. that like it just sticks in your head so much. It's gender. This is gender. Um, <laughs> there yeah, are two types of girls. You have a note here saying Toko is so hot, and like, yeah, you've never. She's not wearing her glasses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she's doing her like huskier voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Your excitement at Toko being like a <laughs> artist is so funny. <laughs> Sorry, she's a good artist, <laughs> just like yeah, no, 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 crappy like, attitude. Yes, uh, I think she's making edgy try-hard art, and that's better than anything <laughs> than a lot of art. Yeah. Okay. I can't so, believe she just keeps getting. Alba showed up uninvited uh, and is like, you went to my uh, my territory first, so I'm going into your territory, okay. etc. Real quick, so, Ben, you did not mention that Alba is standing in front of a painting of an angel mm-hmm. titled uh, Eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when he bi- bow- uh, bows down, it is shown holding a yin-yang <laughs> Yep. Yes, there's a lot of yin-yang <laughs> symbols in Toko's art, too. Um, so, I misunderstood originally when I was watching this, so when he was saying, like, she intruded on his territory, I thought they were, like, having some fucking art gallery rivalry here, because he mentions he does puppet shit, too. Mm-hmm. They they are in a broader sense yes. of, uh, they both are puppet masters, and she's better than him. Mm-hmm. He but uh, for, I did think for a second that this was his art show, and I was so much happier that it was hers. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Cornelius uh, Alba explains that he's involved in the creation of the puppet bodies in the, from the apartment building, keeping the brains, brains alive. Uh, let's see. Toko returns... Uh, to her office this is a different time i thought that she was returning from the gallery but mikia is there in the gallery we're missing mm-hmm. part of that scene real quick yeah. uh what i mean by soren being good is i have a note saying ah top hat uh uh yeah top hat guy being just being what if toko was a boy sucks and he doesn't have kotomine's va <laughs> yeah is like <laughs> Kotomine's VA adds so much to any character, really. Yes, absolutely. Like all villains, he could be improved by eating some spicy food. But <laughs> please have him standing in the battlefield that we're going to see him in. Just like, oh, I could go for some super spicy <laughs> tofu. He's eating Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Just have like a... Uh... Kotomine serving Mapo Tofu like right next to him while he just is sitting in that chair. Um, I could go for some Mapo Tofu. Uh-huh. It's so good. So Toko pops into the office uh, to find Mikia and Azusa hanging out in her office. Azusa is right Azuka. Through... Azuka. Azuka. Right. Azaka. 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 I'm. There's a We're... archive girl named Azusa. Yes. Who, uh, mm-hmm. Later, someone says Yokoso Watashi no Gehenna, and I was like, "Ah, Blue Archive." 
I know that that word has a meaning outside of that game, but... A lot of meaning outside of that. (laughs) Azaka is writing runes on a piece of paper and hides it when she sees Toko. Uh, Toko is like, you're not supposed to use magic in public places. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which that threw me off. Like, is this public? (laughs) Where is she supposed to be practicing? Mikia knows magic. Like, doesn't know to use magic, but knows about it. You're not supposed to show your magic even to other mages. Yeah. It's supposed to be as secret as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so yeah, Azaka is a mage and learning from Toko. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, so yeah, uh, Toko explains that magic doesn't work as well if people know about it. Uh, it's really, mages keep it like very uh, close to the vest. Stay tuned for a future thing that goes way more into this. How that works? Okay. Uh, Shiki says that all sounds dumb and like a waste of time. And then we get some stuff about the Vortex of Radix or the Akashic Records mm-hmm. or something that we know simply as the root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love nonsense yeah. phrases, though. Yes, I, yes. There's a lot you guys for it. would be better tuned than me for it. But like from what I could see, it seems like those are just both. So the the Swirl of the Root and Vortex of Radix seem like they might be the same words with different translation yeah i think so so uh akashic Re- records kind of stands out but yeah, uh, we're yeah just gonna that, that one is separate root, probably it's pretty simple and straightforward mm-hmm. uh yeah we 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 know some stuff about people who have reached the root uh this movie says that that's not possible uh yeah it's interesting Which yeah it brings a confusing. well this it is has very- like a weird like differentiation there of like people have approached it but not reached it is what it sounds like here mm-hmm. yeah there is i know from wiki diving that there's some kind of like division between the the uh between what gets you true magic and what gets you dead um but uh either way also i think at this point in time it's very possible that no nobody in k and k has in seven years uh when we're done with all of the mainline type moon stuff we are gonna have to just read a bunch of material books yeah, yeah, and be like we will okay material books and see how this here's works. a bunch of stuff like answers to questions we had mm-hmm. that here is where they're answered in like offshoot material books we have the big book yeah well we have fake complete materials there there are like so many sure. uh fgo and tsukihime <sighs> and i want tsukihime material books yeah bring me pictures of tsukihime material books okay 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 let's continue this anyway toko says that the root is the origin of existence and that all events past present and future are recorded inside uh Cornelia says that it doesn't exist and doesn't matter. And she's like, no, it does exist and it does matter. Someone has reached it before, but anyone who has has died in the process. Yeah. This is the the confusing bit of exactly how this works. Um, Because we know that... She says that someone has, uh, like, seen enough to know what it is. Yeah. But no one has reached it without dying. Um, Yeah, and, like, the phrasing around it as well is, like, such a weird... Like, everyone who has reached it has perished. Either way, the endless goal and a colony that will never be rewarded, the world calls them magi. Mm-hmm. Just like, such weird phrasing about it all. Yeah, uh-huh. A little impenetrable. There's also, is this where we get, maybe it's later, 
where we get that he's trying to use an existing path. Oh, he might say. I that. think that's later. No, okay. yeah, there's another scene. Okay. We're missing a chunk of that scene. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it's see. time for uh, Azaka to post some L's. She's been posting a lot of L's, I think. I mean, one would say she only posts L's. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's not really much for me in Azaka. She asks, uh, back in uh, Toko's office, uh, Azaka asks if Shiki is a boy or a girl. Shiki ignores her and leaves. Me, uh, Mikia scolds her and she's like, um, saying that she wants to, f they're, they're wishy-washy and she wants to pin down whether Shiki is going out with him as a, as a woman or as a man, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, are you guys just friends or are you dating? Mikia says that it's stupid, it's like stupid framing. Uh, she shouldn't say things like that and that his feelings towards Shiki do not change depending on Shiki's gender, which is great. Uh, Azuka is like, wait, you would love shiki if shiki's a boy and he's like he has this moment of like oh yeah i guess i am bi uh, yeah. yeah of course i would <laughs> and Azaka screams that's twisted and throws a expensive looking book at him and runs out uh toko tries and fails to suppress her toko is like, dying she's dying laughing. so much so i love funny. it uh it's that's very funny we do get a hard cut to her being transphobic too though <laughs> yeah uh, so Toko, uh, a, a cut to slightly later, he's putting the book back. Toko's like, so you don't care if Shiki has a dick or something? Uh, Miki's <laughs> like, well, if I had my pick, I would rather Shiki be a girl, but I don't really care. And Toko's like, don't worry. Any masculine qualities are just Shiki reflexively masking the loss of boy Shiki, who was a boy. This one's a girl, 100% feminine, 100% girl. It's not gay at all, man. Really hammers on it and then starts talking about yin yang like gender stuff and it's like okay yeah I will say the last thing that she says in this scene is like you really wouldn't care if she's a boy uh complicates this for me at least like there this reads to me as her saying hey don't worry Shiki's a girl and then the last thing is like. Yeah, but, like, I kind of made all that up. Mm -hmm. Like, you, yeah. you really sure? I, yeah, and... It feels like such it, a wink at the camera of being like, don't worry, no homo, buds. You can be... Yeah, but... And it's not gay. Yeah. So, one of the, like, specific gender things that she says here, the movie at least sets up visually as being wrong towards the end. So, that, that at least... At least gives me some hope in the movie, at least, being like, eh, you know, she's... It's Toko. She's fucking wrong about shit. That's part of why we love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does just feel a little like... It does feel really gross. Yes. It's my problem. Yes. I guess I didn't... You are not wrong for that. Um, but also... Yes, this is this is my problem of, like, I don't... I very rarely read characters or think of characters as being consumable uh, or, like, that they are supposed to be characters that you, the viewer, are horny for. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Yeah. And so, yeah. There's, a, there's enough lingering shots of Shiki wearing little, like, un underdressed or her thighs oh, yeah. and things like Absolutely. that. Yes. I'm like, yeah, okay. This movie is mostly, like, that thigh shot at the, the thigh beginning. Shot is, that thigh shot is wild. That thigh shot at the beginning is so funny because, like, 
that's really it. But it's between this and like finding out that she wears like girly underwear now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yes. Like, oh, and like she's going to act femme at the end too. And I, it's a little like I was hoping that they would do more to complicate it at the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yin Yang ends up being a big like part of this story, right? Yeah. Yeah. And her name is uh, Ryogi is the like word for the the Yin Yang, like the little bit of the opposite. You know what I mean? The white dot, and the mm-hmm. packet, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, the small holes on each side are con- contradictory spirals conflicting with each other. This polarity is called Ryogi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nasa really loves naming characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, he's just like, what are some like uh, religious concepts that I can name characters after? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, right. So they talk about the condo, the Ogawa condo. Uh, it's very funny to call it a condo to me. It seems more like an apartment building than a condo. I think the, yeah, the, the word that they use, I think they literally say mansion. Uh-huh. Like the English word mansion. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's an apartment building. Yeah. There's a point when they're giving backstories that this was like originally supposed to be like the most expensive uh, condos in the area and then when you look at who they ended up populating it with it's kind of that's where i start to feel that divide of like condo no this is more of an apartment it is a fancy place but um it's supposed to have two floors dedicated to spa facilities that were just never implemented because mm-hmm. it was originally going to be like office uh, like a company housing corporate housing yep okay toko also says she helped design this building <laughs> She loves yin yang shit, which is why, uh, and it's like kind of designed after the yin yang symbol. Uh, he, uh, she orders Mikia to get together a list of residents where they lived before, et cetera, et cetera. Says it's not a big deal. He doesn't have to rush. Uh, and then uh, she asks again, if, yeah, asks again if he doesn't care if Shiki uh, is gay, <laughs> is a dude. Mm-hmm. Cut to Mikia and Toko going to the Ogawa apartments, the condos. She notes that there's no underground parking. She seems a little confused about, so she parks on the street. Uh, then we get another scene back in the office. Shiki's not in frame. I'm sorry, I just read your note up there. <laughs> she asks him again if he doesn't care if Shiki has a dick. She's absolutely fantasizing about Shiki pegging him. What a little freak. <laughs> <laughs> She has the canine girls <laughs> being like, people have vampires. <laughs> They're definitely, right? You're definitely shipping them, right? Stop How do they them through those homo glasses. <laughs> <laughs> homo tinted glasses. Homo tinted glasses. How did we not mention that? God. <laughs> I, I forgot that. Glasses every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. We get the sword, the scene of Shiki receiving the sword. We see her putting together with uh, with Tomoe. Uh, it's called Kanasada. It's an ancient, cool sword. <laughs> Shiki's like, "Can I take it out here? Can I take it out here?" And she wants uh, to off to Mikia. Toko's like, "Don't you dare touch that thing in this place. Just you holding it will break the bounded field." Yeah, that's cool. Shiki's upset. She wanted to show off. Uh huh. Then we cut back to them in the apartment building. <laughs> So, yeah, Mickey's like, yeah, 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 it's two buildings connected by the central column, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, there's a shot of uh, Toko looking at all the paperwork Miki had dropped on her desk with like a look of despair. Uh huh. Um. Uh, let's see. Ch- the building changed ownership a year ago. It was made public. Started taking residence. The elevator was broken for the first month. Uh, while they reach the elevator, Mikia appears to be in pain over- about something. Uh, he f- sees blood spurting from somewhere. And uh, Toko gets way too close to his ear and whispers, it's just your imagination. <laughs> Is that, that's also the one where he's like upside down when yeah, she whispers yeah. in his ear uh-huh. too. Yeah. Toko explains. Again, like making really good use of the visual format yeah. uh-huh. of the movie to, to disorient you, the viewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Toko explains that the building's design is so awful that it makes people insane. <laughs> That's very funny to me. Yep. Um, they go up uh, to the fourth floor, uh, and Miki is like, "Oh, this should be room the like room six to ten. Oh, wait, we're on the one to five side. That's weird. I guess we got turned around somehow. Or there's a mistake in the drawing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, because he's going off of the original blueprint, but mm-hmm. the signs yeah. have changed." She tells him to go check on the Enjos. She's going to ride the elevator up and down a little bit and meet him on the fifth floor. Uh, and she tells him to use the stairs and close his eyes as he heads up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. He reads a list of residents off. Uh, uh, we get flashed back to the office. This is how Shiki knows where people live in this place is because mm-hmm. he read this list while she was in the room. She asked to borrow a bike. That's how she gets a Harley with a sidecar. It's uh, Toko's Harley. Toko said, please don't borrow the Harley. <laughs> yeah, ease the 200cc, don't take the Harley. I haven't detached, finished detaching the sidecars. Very funny. Toko had to post an L somewhere, and it was getting a big, annoying American motorcycle. I think that being annoying is one of her sexiest qualities, <laughs> so I think it suits her. She could be annoying one, in so much sexier way. One might say that half of Toko's charm is posting all of her L's, so... Okay, there's, there's like L's parentheses W's, and then there's L's parentheses L's. Smaller motorcycle too. This is just for when she's like picking chicks up and she needs a sidecar. Yeah. Flex her mechanic muscles with attaching and attaching it. Mm-hmm. I just have a perhaps uh, irrational dislike of. They're loud. Harley's. They're really loud by design. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big Harley person. No, I, I don't like a lot. Of, like most motorcycles, I don't mm-hmm. really like Harleys. But uh, I, I, I do look at a Harley and go, "Yeah, Toko would. Yeah, that's the bike Toko." Would yeah, I guess. Shiki takes the sword and leaves. Uh, da, 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 da. And then we get back to Mikia uh, ringing the doorbell at uh, the Enjo's apartment. Da, da, da. We get there's more jumping back and forth. Holy shit! There's yep. a scene of uh, Toko saying that Shiki's definitely gotten a new boyfriend while Mikia was busy. He, him not getting it. Uh, some stuff about locks and the doors and the families and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Tomoe like, dad doll, Tomoe's dad doll thing answers the door. Mikia walks away, but has like a weird vibe, you know? And then mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. there's some stuff about uh, how the st- the stairs in this place also move, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Uh, Toko's like, that's the thing with high rises. The higher up you go, the harder it is to tell where you really are. 
also she just like, lobby, the the weirder one. <laughs> <laughs> the one with like a monolith with a painting on it, just yes, yeah. in the middle of there for no reason, and the paintings of a door. So yeah, she's explaining the mechanics of the stairs moving, and she's like, "It's like a rocket pencil." And Miki is like, "What the fuck is a rocket pencil?" And Toko turns and gives the most horrified look that she's ever had on her face. The music cuts oh, out and it's like the most dramatic and comedic moment in the world. Where she's like, what? So funny. They were so popular. I didn't, I didn't know the phrase rocket pencil, but I've used these pencils before. Fen, have you had these pencils? I, so I had the, the pens that have like, like different pushy downy parts at the For top. Colors. That's different. Yeah. 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 This is like a plastic it, tube. With a bunch of like plastic uh, nibs inside of it that each have like one point of a pencil. When you use up the pencil, you pull the plastic part out and push it in the back to push up the next one. You're not getting mm-hmm. what, it, what it actually is. No, I need. Yeah, like, and a, unfortunately, a, rocket pencil know. pulls up something else. Yeah, there's when like, I look it up. Brands that have taken that out, like that are are called that here. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's push like, pencil. It, Try push pencil if you look it up. Yeah, let me see. I like like mechanical pencils. Yeah, no. yeah, it, it's no. a type. It's like a variant off of mechanical pencil. So like instead of like one piece of lead, you just have a little cartridge of a pencil, and it's yeah, just a stack I'm, of I'm multiple like mini pencils. What you all are saying Here, come and look at having this. a this is exactly okay. what uh, it is. This is the best podcast. Uh huh. The three of us keep going. Okay. <laughs> so, this is like a this is a self-contained okay, piece. Yes. You pull it out, you yeah. put it in the back, and it pushes up another. Okay. Yes. I have used these. Yes. Okay. So yeah. you know what it is now. Well, let's see. What what comes up when you look for rocket pencil? Because it's something completely different. Is what I ended up on. Yeah, I hit pu- I typed push pencil and it pulled up push point pencil. Amazon still sell, sells rocket pencils, and they're literally just, like, rocket-shaped pencils. Yes, yes. Uh, they kind of have, like, a fork on the end to, uh, I'm assuming... Like, I've seen things like that for, like, rehab and uh, dexterity issues. So, um, not at all what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm also, like, uh, I, uh, horrified that Mikia doesn't know what this is. He's older yeah. than me. A lot older yeah. than me, though. So, it's not... I guess it must have come back and He's, he's well, not that much older than me. The U.S. later than it was. I mean, yeah, he's old. Around the time that like this is happening is when I'm in school using these. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Right, right. So she, yeah, she talks about the stairs moving up and down, et cetera, et cetera. And then as they leave, Toko is pouting and talking about how cool rocket pencils were in her day. And she's mad about him she's not knowing. So funny. Uh, uh, the uh, Tomoe's mom returns home, and he like notices something weird about her. Uh, another loss, another big hit for Toko. Toko returns to her car and finds a parking ticket attached to the grill. Uh huh. She looks so upset. Oh god, it's really a hard movie for Toko. Okay, now Miki is trying to visit Shiki for the first time in the while and no- notices that the door is locked and she won't answer the bell. Uh. Someone is watching her him through the peephole, it seems. Uh, we get more scenes of him hanging out with Toko. Uh, they talk about the families that he was researching in the apartment building. I underestimated Mikia. Yeah. Uh, I think he could be a PI. I think he could be a PI. There was like, 
in earlier time where I was like, yeah, you went to a bunch of your school friends and talked to them. Congrats. Like, uh-huh. and then this is like, oh yeah, in uh, in one night I got 30 families and like where they like lived prior. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. You And he's disappointed in only getting 30 of 50. Just like, uh-huh. holy shit. He's charming his way through people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah. Also, he got all of them. The other 20 families don't exist. It was faked census data to cover up how much of the apartment is empty. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikia is not listening to Toko's explanation because he misses Shiki. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, you're not even listening to me. And he's like, you're not turning when you're supposed to. You were supposed to turn like through of like a while back. <laughs> and then we just get a far out shot of her car skidding to a halt. This incredible. Like, yeah. Mikia being sad and being like, yeah, you were supposed to turn back there. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, skidding to a halt <laughs> and slightly turning. Uh-huh. Like. Now we're going to get the rest of the scene of them at the art exhibit. Uh, Toko gives Mikia that ring that we saw. Says if he holds it and does not talk to the person inside, then uh, he won't be noticed. Uh, And I really like when they cut in to show the perspective of Aozaki or Aoko walking in. Fucking Toko, Jesus. (laughs) Toko walking in, you don't see... uh, that's why Mikia's not there. You don't see Mikia there, mm-hmm. but earlier when we were looking at this same scene before, we know where Mikia is supposed to be standing. Yeah. They say, uh, she and Cornelia say the supreme ultimate back and forth a bunch of times. I, I had to okay. take a break here in this conversation. Uh, <laughs> Hard to follow. Because it was late. And I'd already spent a while, and I was like, I am not following any of yeah. what's being said. I'm going to so, this in the morning. This one, like, I might think is an actual translator didn't know what to do here. Do yeah. you, either of you have any idea what the Supreme Ultimate is, or what do you think, uh, or anything? If I remember correctly, like, yeah, what they're saying is, like, Supreme Ultimate, or, like, the most ultimate. It's something that's to do with the hotel room, because there's there, I think so, they say something about it being where they're holding Shiki. Yes, yeah. so later in the hotel room, or in the hotel, they use slightly different words, and they call it the, you, you put a yin-yang instead of a yin-yang. Yeah. And so the Supreme Ultimate is like a literal translation of the characters, if I remember right, mm-hmm. of Taiji or Tai Chi, which is the cosmological origin of things that pro- or, that produces yin and yang. Something like, yeah, that sounds so but it's just like what anyway just seeing yeah anyways anyways yeah (laughs) is that cornelius is talking about reaching the root and toko is saying that the counterforce is going to stop them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or this deterrent force it's called the deterrent force it's the counterforce i'm using the the standard terms that we know Mm -hmm. uh cornelius says that he's planning on using an existing path to the root not make a new one so the counterforce won't interfere Shiki's eyes are that path. Mm-hmm. He claims, obviously lying, that Soren died trying to capture Shiki. Uh, immediately on Shiki being mentioned, Mikia drops the ring and reveals himself. Toko's like, like massaging her for- her like migraine. <laughs> Cornelius is like, "Oh, you have an apprentice." Ooh, ooh. Fucking hate this guy. He sucks so bad. Now. 
Cut to Toko entering the east lobby, finding Cornelius standing in front of the big door. Uh, he's mad because she's a better puppet master than him. Uh, he doesn't think she deserves that title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then uh, we cut back immediately to uh, Mikia and to- uh, Toko leaving the gallery. Uh, Cheeky's a girl, so they know where she's being held uh, in because of all the yin, you know? Mm-hmm. Then we're back to Cornelius being pissy. Uh, Toko, this is very funny. He's like, you never pay attention to me. You never respected me. You never, like, looked up to the stuff that I did. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I still don't. Where is, uh, where is Araya? <laughs> I know he's not dead. Bring out the real boss, please. We get a bit about how Shiki's eyes work because she understands objects. Yes, right? She mm-hmm. understands the the truth of an object its life and its death which means she is seeing the root mm-hmm. its connection to the root mm-hmm. so that's how she's connected to the root and that's what they're planning on using mm. um, before toko goes to this confrontation she makes sure to hand her last pack of awful but handcrafted cigarettes <laughs> to mikia uh-huh. um they, there's an offhanded line where they say that Shiki is dreaming uh, the entire history of the world uh, it, while trapped in the Supreme Ultimate. <laughs> um, also, really just incredible single line. Toko's like, don't worry. I'm going to come back. Magi are the types of people who deeply empathize with their families and pupils. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely, sure. <laughs> Yep. And she tells him that she's going to bring Shiki back and then goes to the confrontation. The real quick. Yes. Um Yeah, there's something interesting about or the the translation is maybe a little weird, mm-hmm. but um the way that they say we're going to use an existing path mm-hmm. to reach the root is interesting cuz in the future in uh or in future stuff like once a path has been taken, it's mm-hmm. blocked off. And Maybe it, it's that Cheeky has not used it well, the way it's supposed to be used. Or it, I think it sounds more like we're going we're going to use an existing connection. Yeah. Not like, yeah. Because they cannot tread like, the same path. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of like Cheeky has a connection to it. And from that, they will create a path since they can yeah. follow the connection. Mikia waits until eleven, about eleven o'clock, uh, for uh, for Toko to save Shiki. Gets tired. He picks up a letter opener with a yin yang symbol on it. Uh, we get reminded that this is when Tomoe is fleeing from, uh, fleeing to Shiki's apartment and all this stuff. Or we get a reminder of that. Mm-hmm. Mikia knocks on the door, trying to see if Shiki is there. Tomoe watches him opens the door and threatens him with a knife before realizing that he has no idea who this guy is and they decide to talk. This is where we get the par- the paradox paradigm like black and white field again except for uh, the like introduction screen except this mm-hmm. time the black and the white blend together like ink. Mhm. Mhm. Hmm. We get a shot of Soren standing in a field of dead samurai lamenting about not being able to save anyone and says something about collecting deaths. 
I think this is this is where I wrote down uh, Kotomini's VA. Shoutouts to Joji Nakata, mm. uh, doing his best to make me like fake Kotomine, and it's kind of working. And like, <laughs> I I think I like fake Kotomine better having full context for who he is. He's still not. He's no Kotomine. He's no Kotomine. No, but, no. But I'm 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 with you, Fen. You know, you I th- I think you're valid. Yeah. I'm there like, with you, Fen. Again. I- miles and miles better than top hat guy yeah oh this is this is another bit uh, uh like scene we will see twice you know what i mean mm-hmm. he uh uh soren araya wakes up on that on his like weird throne in the parking garage surrounded by tubes mm-hmm. he's like oh a dream and we hear cornelius start yelling at him and then it cuts mm-hmm. that's a scene from the future <laughs> yep <laughs> Mikia and Tomoe get caught up on what's going on. Tomoe's arm is hurt a little bit. Uh, Mikia, Mikia gets to sit on the bed. Tomoe has to hang out on the floor. Tomoe has Shiki's knife and says that he wants to save her. Um, let's see. Uh, stuff about condos being designed to provoke mental derangement. Uh... Mikia says that if Tomoe killed his family, it's not really his fault because of the apartment building. And also, uh, Tomoe may not have been the one to kill them. And even then, he only killed his mom, not the dad, right? Tomoe is starting to see holes in his memories and is kind of freaked out. But he's like, I want to save Shiki. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're trying to die for Shiki. And he's like, yeah, bud. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Yeah, this scene. Thank you. I was like sitting here, like, oh, this is uh, she. This is Shiro and Tsukihime Shiki standing here arguing about who gets the girl. Mm-hmm. It's yep. very funny. Miki is very Tsukihime Shiki. Uh, yes, in, in design. Ways. In design, and like, in, in, like, I also say he's a, he's a, got a better way with serial killer women than Shiro does. Mm-hmm. Like, no there's it, like, kind of. <laughs> Who has like four or five serial killer? <laughs> yeah, like uh, Mikia has. I don't want to say like an, a full-on amorality, but like Tsukihime, Tsukihime Shiki is a lot more just like operating completely in the gray. He feels like, and Mikia kind of touches on that a little more. Whereas uh, Fake Shiro, <laughs> also here, is like very has strong moral stances, yeah. even if they shift throughout this movie, but. Both of them aren't really the, the person that I'm making no. about, but it is just very funny visual framing. Uh, let's see. Mikia decides they need to make a stupid stop off before they go to save uh, Shiki. Mm-hmm. Now, Toko versus Cornelius. Toko has a briefcase with her, which has a cat demon ghost thing in it. It grabs Cornelius and starts swinging him around the room, but Soren shows up immediately, grabs it out of the air, and throws a, a, it and Cornelius apart. Cornelius is, uh, that was the fight. That was the Cornelius fight. Cornelius is defeated now. <laughs> instantly one shot. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, there are some shots of uh, Toko petting this kitty cat. For a while. <laughs> yeah. The cat is amazing. The cat is not going to be okay, but... <laughs> uh, let's see... Uh, Soren's like, yeah, yeah, Cornelius is a big loser. Who cares? And she talks to him about the root. And he says that he's planning on using Shiki, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, wait, wait, wait. 
are you going to brain transplant yourself into Shiki's body? And he pointedly does not answer. And she's like, that's in really bad taste, dude. Are you really that desperate? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he d- says that the counterforce isn't going to be able to stop them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Toko attacks him. The- we get here that he doesn't remember why he's doing it. Yeah, he says, Nasu uh, loves a guy so old that he's forgotten why he's searching for the goal uh-huh. that he's searching for. Uh, let's see. Soren uses some kind of crushing power to squish her her cat. Uh, it is kind of reminiscent of Fujino's. Yeah, it is a little like that twist. Mm-hmm. She says something about how he can crush anything inside his body, and he like we get like flesh in the walls, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, this whole apartment building now counts as his body. Yep, and that's why we've gotten those flashes of fleshy yeah, yeah. material earlier. Yeah, it's not literally made of flesh, but I think it's the thing where his soul is inhabiting it, so it's trying to become more like his original body. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a good scene later kind of like showing that. Mm-hmm. He uh, makes fun of her for having always said that puppet masters lo- are, uh, have already lost when they lose their puppet. You know what I mean? And... Choco gives us some horror movie monster rules for some reason. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. What are Toko's monster movie rules? A monster should not talk. Okay. A monster's identity should never be revealed. Oh, okay. A monster is meaningless if it is not immortal. <laughs> so this is like slasher. Like one. Yeah. Ne- never say you're going to come right back. Um. Never have sex. Okay. Uh. <laughs> uh. This is nonsense, but her cat n- does like tear Soren in half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because cool. she was distracting him to get this secret surprise attack off. She's like, that was called a surprise attack. And then he appears behind her, tears her heart out through her chest. Toko rules. <laughs> He's like, point to his this guy. He's like, thanks for the lesson. It was really illuminating. <laughs> Holding her heart. <laughs> when Araya works, he works, though. Like this entire sequence right here. It was a good bit. Yeah, she says like you you have to kill your opponent in one strike, and uh-huh. he's like, "Oh yeah, good uh, good advice." Um, this was a the uh, what she destroyed was a puppet. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's lots of puppets around, and he says, "You're real though. You're the real thing. You're re- this, the, this body is real, and I know it, and, and that's why you lost." Yeah, her heart certainly looks real. Uh huh. About well, yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, this heart this heartbeat is real. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It is beating out of her chest. Mm-hmm. That normal it's normal for hearts. Probably. He, <laughs> uh, he wishes Alternatively, that he too has read a book from his grandfather about how to... <laughs> I mean, Toko is his crush. Yeah, he does say he had feelings for her and he's sad to lose her, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Real problematic age gap on those yeah. two. <laughs> Uh, he says that she grew her. Uh, she grew corrupted. She did. She lost sight of her goals, and she's like, "Well, yeah, but I did have fun. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying my life as it was." Uh, he asks what he was. He wishes for, and he has no wish. And then he smashes her heart, and then really brutally uh, crushes her her head, twists it off, and like leaves her corpse behind. It's a fun sequence because like he pops her heart and it looks like that's enough to kill her. He rips his arm back out and catches her and like holds her in a way that looks like it's a hug to match earlier him saying he has feelings and then just rips her head off. This is what it's I just when I say that the, up and down. 
this movie loves to linger on like extreme violence against women you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like, yeah it's brutal in like kind of an interesting way you know what i mean um, mm-hmm. but it really is women who get this treatment mm-hmm. yeah um, like even the closest would be stuff with the uh, tomoe but like it's not the same rip to a real one toko she was great this movie it's sad to see her go Mm-hmm, I hate mm-hmm. to see hot women die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I hate to see hot women be killed by men. Yes. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. I have one suggestion to improve this movie. Make Soren a woman. Keep Kotomo's <laughs> voice actor. Mm. Oh. Okay. I'm here with you. Now we're talking. <sighs> now. Soren wakes up from his dream in the throne room, which we saw a little bit of the scene earlier. Um, Cornelius is ma- yelling at him for killing uh, Toko when he was prom- promised to be able to kill her. I, I do appreciate that Soren just kind of shrugs and is like, dude, she beat you up. But like, what was I supposed to do? There's like a moment where he's like, oh, a dream. And you're like, did he not really kill Toko? And then no, the, it like does a close shot of her head in one of these jars. Mm hmm. It does. The liquid in it is different. Mm-hmm. The brain jars are more like clearish. Mm-hmm. This is like a mm-hmm. like a yellowy. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Is what it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cornelius says that uh, Toko isn't dead yet, and he should destroy the head to make sure that she is. And he says that she was once known as disgraced Scarlet, which is uh, one of those <laughs> like nonsense. <laughs> One of those like tuny, like try hard phrases. I feel like, and just Soren's response, which is like, you shouldn't have. You know, you said something you shouldn't. Here, uh-huh. have her head. Do what you're gonna do. Hands off now. Uh-huh. Yeah, Soren's like, you're you're fucked, bud. And uh, Cornelius is so busy like licking the side of the glass or whatever that he doesn't really notice. I truly could not like. I could not care less about Cornelius in either really a positive or a negative direction. Like, I I wish he was not part of the story, not I am waiting eagerly for his comeuppance. Yeah. He's largely inconsequential. He's just such a, like, a not scary, like, villain. You yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he, is, he, he has a moment of be Wait, anyway. What's our detour? <laughs> While Toko is being murdered and handed off to a pervert, uh, what are Mikia and Tomoe doing? We need to get a, a little side story about how actually children who don't respect their parents enough should feel bad. <laughs> this is so stupid. No matter how abusive that family is. Okay, okay, okay. We get, they go to visit uh, Tomoe's family home, mm-hmm. which is an abandoned ruin now. Mm-hmm. We see flashes of his dad being a good guy, hmm. and his dad's life was completely undone uh, by one DUI, basically. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I, I don't. Th- I'm not a carceral justice person. I don't think your whole life should be ruined for one mistake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, but also maybe look for a career where you don't have to drive after that. It's yeah. tough. It is. If tough. you can, like, it's hard. Recession. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, the thing that I will say about this guy is that everything we see... Wait, ab- is it... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
everything we see of him outside of the apartment building makes him out to be kind of like a, a sad dude who's trying for his family. Mm-hmm. And what we see in the mm-hmm. end of the apartment building is him beating his wife. We yeah. don't see him do yep. anything like that outside of it. Yeah. Yes. So the part where they always like, I didn't understand how hard this this like whole thing was for my family. That that makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. The bit where he's like, maybe I could have changed things by working even harder at part time jobs for my jobless dad. That part fell really. Yeah. You know? There's. So yeah. I yeah. There's. For, I don't think this guy was a wife beater until he moved into the madness apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Agreed. I. So, although he did get into a car accident and kill a guy, uh, yeah, there's another thing that he did. Yeah, this is but it, yeah. The, rails. the moral of this flashback being actually, I was stupid for being a kid and thinking about myself. Yeah, is that just sucks. is so boring. Being like, a kid that's thinking about himself, despite having like given up his hobbies and everything else to help provide for the family that is struggling, like yeah. what the fucking like you did what you, you did more than people would ask of you yeah. normally. Yeah, that, that, um, that bit's nonsense to me. I am also yes. This is a like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I could talk about Ava and Blue Archive here, but I will, I will <laughs> resist. Yeah. Um, it's, this is all just to say that like your parents should have taken care of you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like, mm-hmm. if they needed help, they should have come to you and said, we need help. Yes. Not like, yeah, put that pressure on you to uh, like keep the family going silently. Yeah. Yeah. And even in there, they have the mom offer to start working and the dad's just like, no, 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 no. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps getting worse. It's like I can see I can see what Nasu's going for here, right? It's like, oh, the recession hit everyone mm-hmm. really, really hard. And is sometimes in ways that uh the child the, the people growing up didn't understand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh because you don't know how the situation actually is when your parents won't talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh but I don't have that much sympathy for the <laughs> for for the guy. Yeah, you know no. what I mean? Or I don't have as much uh sympathy for uh Tomoe's like conclusion here yes you know what i mean that's really the thing for me is like i don't think that you took away the like you did what you could have yeah uh yeah. you did more than it's okay to close your door and not want to talk to your parents when yeah being shitty to you yeah yeah and like uh like everything else about the scene like i'm fine seeing the background and everything like it's it's nice having it it is literally just him like oh no i didn't do enough like you <sighs> What more could you have done? Yeah, reasonably. He's a kid. He's in high like, school. Yep. <sighs> anyway. Uh, this does convince Tomoe that he has his own reasons to live. He's not going to try and die. But he is going to try and save Shiki. Mm-hmm. Then they go to do the rescue. Uh, Mikia has pieced together that the the underground parking area that doesn't exist has been sealed off to turn be turned into a magecraft workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goal is to get the sword to Shiki. This is very funny. They're on a rescue mission, which is uh, get someone who can help us. Shiki, sword to Shiki. Shiki will sort out the rest. I do appreciate that. Like, uh, this is really put us in danger, so that. Uh, our respective guardians can protect us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Miki is like, 
uh, please, uh, boss, <laughs> protect me. Uh-huh. I know you'll fight harder if I'm here. Uh-huh. And Tomoe, and is like, hey, Tomoe, go, go bring this to Shiki. She'll figure it out. Um. And the boys realize it's the girl's rock movie. Yes. <laughs> uh. We get the shot of Toko going into the building again here. Mm-hmm. And we also get uh, when the boys pull up, her car is still there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. So uh, Mikia is going in the front door to as a distraction. And uh, Tomoe is sneaking up through the craft workshop to get mm-hmm. to the elevator to get to the 10th. Floor. I think by this point, we've seen. So they pull in and there's Toko's car in front of them and then their car. Mm hmm. Uh, we have gotten shots of this same parking spot with another car behind there. Yeah, have we? Okay. Yes, uh, it was right before this. You you get one pull out that shows three cars, and then it sh- uh, these two pull up, and you get a shot of two cars. The boys sync watches <laughs> for their heist, which is very funny. I I don't know why, because none of what they do is time. They, <laughs> yeah, they don't have. <laughs> gets distracted yeah it is it is literally the most like no we see this is what you're supposed to do in this situation right it is it's a that this is the dude's rock moment yeah something like a heist we gotta sync watches (laughs) man both tomoe and mikia like uh the night that they caught up together were like oh we should like watch a heist movie or something they both came out of that like yeah wouldn't it be cool to sync watches at some point (laughs) Tomoe has given up on Shiki, says that Mikia is b- better suited for her and uh, should take care of her while, when he's gone. He's planning on starting a new life after this. <laughs> dead. Dead. <laughs> no one no Fucking... one who says, I'm going to start a new life after this. Uh, ever made it out of a movie. I'm one day away from retirement. <laughs> uh, he well, that part's on. true. Uh, Mikia enters the front building uh, just in time to see Cornelius coming off of the elevator with Toko's head in his arms cradled like a football. Then uh, we cut immediately away to Tomoe in the parking area. Uh, it is This is the first time where you get a good look at this this area and it's like, oh yeah, there's par- there's parking spaces under these like creepy magic cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit. It's very funny to be like, oh yeah, this is actually a parking lot. The Those thing are... that stands out to me there is like, I still don't get why there's that hot plate. <laughs> I don't get what the just hot like, plate is for either. There's it, literally just... It's very cool. A... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, I didn't, I didn't understand it uh, the first time around, um, but we've gotten cuts of someone bleeding in the building mm-hmm. and then a cut, mm-hmm. uh, like a match cut to uh, water, fall. water falling Some sweat hot falling off steam, onto the... Yep. Like appearing. That looks cool. And it's like... Oh, it's the building absorbing the blood. Huh. And hmm. somehow, like, something about, yeah. Okay. That's an interesting still read on it. don't know why the hot plate exists. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I figured it was a... It must be some part of the Magecraft, like, workshop. Yeah. Thing. I just... I saw the first part just as a match cut of the blood to, like, uh, Tomoe sweating or something. But he wasn't really standing over it, so you're right. It wasn't until the second watch through that I was like, oh, it's yeah, the, this, it's, well, and there's a shot of Soren bleeding mm-hmm. and the blood kind of just like burbling into the building, mm-hmm. into the floor. Mm. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, that's what's happening. 
We cut back to Cornelius, who is showing off that he somehow reanimated Toko's head. This is pretty grim shit here. This is mm-hmm. really, like, gratuitous. Uh, he's like, oh, it's fucked up, isn't it? She can still feel pain and shit. And he pries one of her eyeballs out with his hands. Uh, Earlier they said the head was already still alive, so he didn't really reanimate. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's the one of the two of them that has the power to make this work. You know what I mean? Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think he can. I think he's like basically dollified her head, uh, so that he yes. can take it out of the jar mm-hmm. without absolutely it, uh, rotting. Um. Anyway, he like flaps her lips and like does some other gross shit, and then smashes her head while Mikia is like about to throw up. Fair. A lot of puking in this movie. Yes. You know if if. If someone I cared about's head was being played with in that way, I'd probably throw up too. You know? This is the most understandable of them. Yes, yes. I'm not <laughs> saying that I would not. Yeah, throw no, up. no. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people puking in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Violence against women and puking. That's what that's what KMK Five loves. You know, I'm not <laughs> when it comes to cart like cartoon animated violence. I I'm not really affected by it very much. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. get so attached to characters, but this is still a lot. You know? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This guy. Ooh. Oh, I liked or yes the the and we can talk about this more when we finish. But um specifically the I like the scene of uh Soren uh grabbing Toko's heart. Mm-hmm. because that is mm-hmm. very bloody like his arm is covered in blood mm-hmm. in yes. direct opposition to the puppet or yeah. we know they're puppets right yeah yeah, at yeah. This point. uh the puppets like playing at murder yeah. which is yes. all bloodless yeah that bit's that bit's cool um this is just again like anything with uh cornelius i i'm just like mm-hmm. i don't I have I have zero patience for this guy. You know what I mean? I don't know what we're really getting out like, of this. Yeah. His his entire character is gratuitous and obnoxious and yeah. Yeah. Not my not my favorite. Anyway. So he smashes her head to make sure that she's really dead and doesn't like pull any more tricks. Then we cut back to Tomoe, turns the lights on in the, the, the parking garage. And yeah, the jars are full of brains. Yep. That's so many brains? That's too many brains. There's too many jars here for, to possibly be this this apartment building being only like... Wait, how many floors is this apartment building? Is it ten. 10. But only... But we know there are 30 families. Well, 10 floors, the first two are spas. Oh, right. And two of the floors are spas. There's too many brains here. It looks yeah. great, but there's too many brains. <laughs> well, okay. The alternative, the alternative is that there is, in fact, only a single layer of brains... Standing on, like, laying scattered on a plinth. Or, like, uh, to make it look like there's more brains, there's just a bunch of, like, wood chips and stuff under there. Uh Uh-huh. Or just empty jars. Or empty jars, yeah. Maybe they're going to add some more floors on top of the building. (laughs) Just Alba being that vain and wanting to play up his part in everything. Also like, it's a, it's like a cool like creepy urban fantasy cyberpunk vibe that we don't really get in Gnostic yeah. stuff you know what uh-huh. I mean like, like brains and jars is so different than other like magecraft stuff we well, see I would say mm-hmm. running to the ceiling that's who does a lot of like urban fantasy yes but, but like, not cyber- like sci-fi vibe, or you know I mean? yeah yeah stuff uh yeah, it's a lot more. It's more a lot more science fiction feeling than well, and fantasy. even later, I think it's a. I think it's a bit later. We got Soren like a like mechanical Soren. Yes, it looks like the end of um, Lane, the guy from the end. Okay, of- I wasn't sure if I could or should make that reference, but yeah, he looks like he's straight out of Lane there. Yeah. 
We talk about Lion King. Yeah. Or okay, Paul. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Great show. Great vibes. Great show. Yeah, so... Shame about the creator. Yeah. Yep. There's no one sitting on the throne in the middle of this room, and then we cut back to Cornelius doing a little song and dance while he chases Mikia. This is the one... Because he is singing along with the soundtrack. Yeah. And this is the one bit where I'm like, oh, this is great. And then as soon as the music stops, I'm like, okay, you're back to being the most boring just villain alive. Uh, least- Unhinged vocalizing Ode to Joy as he's like marching behind Mikia. Uh-huh. I guess uh, the thing I will say for him is that this is the one spot where he can be actually scary. Is this like series of scenes mm-hmm. with Toko's head and all that stuff. Is mm-hmm. The only person in the world who he can actually be threatening to is a normal human being, which yes. is Mikia. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. point, that's the one point I can do in his favor. He can be scary here for like five minutes. Yeah. Mikia, brave little toaster, spins around and tries to stab uh, Cornelius with the letter opener, gets him in the hand. Wait, real quick. Right before this, uh, Mikia runs and is uh, just, yeah. I, did you say that he's uh, pressed up against a big wall? Uh, with a door. With, uh, yeah, with a painting of a door. And, <laughs> uh, this painting, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, this it's, is this is art to, to me. If it's not actually <laughs> a painting of uh, like, uh, a, like a real world painting, it's a painting of the gate to hell. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% mm. sure that this is. It's probably a real painting is the mm-hmm. thing yeah it's just, it's an incredible painting because like the the door fills almost the entire thing yeah and is the kind of door that you would see in a place like this yeah, yeah. like it's it could weirdly ornate place yeah it could be a door that is just like oh yeah it's over that way but it's a painting yeah and just as imagery it's really fun having somebody trying to make their escape and like stuck up against a closed door yeah. yes I don't think Mikio literally thought that door was... No, 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 not at all. It was just like, it's good imagery. I don't think... Mm-hmm. He isn't trying to wily coyote it. Coyote it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, right, yeah. Tomoe is searching the jars until he finds a particular oh, one that he's looking for. One more for. thing. I thought at this point that there was more time shenanigans going on mm. than there actually are. Um, and so I fully expected Cornelius to smash, to like smush, uh, uh, Mikia's head he against the wall. Mikia. Yes. Uh-huh. He does, and like, yeah, yeah. He does start beating Mikia's head against the wall while ranting to out loud. There's so oh, much oh. blood. It's a lot of blood. The head wounds bleed a lot. Yeah, head wounds bleed yeah. a lot. And in, on this one too, you're, it's mostly just a smear there. So yeah, it, it spreads. I assumed, I assumed that Toko was not dead somehow. So I was waiting. I was also waiting for some kind of like time loop thing to happen mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, because like the movie's entire thing is spirals, yes, and and looping. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, something is going to trigger a loop, and that's not really what happens. It's no. it's more nope. thematic thing than a time loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is about to smash Mikia's pretty heavily concussed at this point, I would say, mm-hmm. and he's about to crush Mikia's head with his boot when uh, uh oh. He starts ranting about the 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 red thing again. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the clock tower gives out color coded uh, designations to its top students, or like these are the the highest honors it can give. Toko was shooting for blue. Uh, presumably, Aoko got blue, and she got the lesser one, red. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't. I'm curious. Well, they they just mentioned in here that she wanted the color blue because of Owl. 
but yeah. Yeah. we do know enough about Alco, uh, and we've also had people calling Alco blue, magical yeah. blue, etc. Mm-hmm. Et um, and so I'm assuming that red is lower because Toko uh, seems like the type to have a grudge against Alco. <laughs> Did Alco go to the yeah. tower? She's known by Clock Tower. I don't know if you have to be a student to, okay. to d- get it. The important thing is that here they say that Toko's little sister stole her inheritance from her. We know who her sister is. We know Alko is her sister. We can put this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we get a shot of Toko entering the lobby. Cornelius looks behind him, shocked. Yes, right. Uh, we do see, <laughs> again, there are three cars now. Yeah. There is a sports car, a red well, sports car. I- we got a shot of Toko getting out of her car. Yes. And then we get a Earlier. shot of Cornelius being Okay, shocked. we don't get that. We don't get shot. her actually entering the lobby. Uh, let's see. Tomoe is holding a jar with a brain in it. Whose brain is this? His. His. We were getting some first-person shots earlier. Yeah. And it, it is so fun that it's like, is it Shiki? Is it... Oh, no, it's his brain. Yep. Yeah. As he's like looking at this, kind of like laughing, uh, his arm that he's has been hurting him just sloughs off, uh huh, and just like falls to the ground as like a bloodless sack of meat stuffed with gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we saw the inside of uh, Shiki's arm, the like meat inside of it, it was a very like orderly like mechanism. You know what it I mean? Looked, um, it looked like a functional thing. Well, and it looked like muscle mm-hmm. muscles muscles. Yeah, yeah, there were muscles. There were some gears in there, but like also we saw her fiddling with electronics on yeah, top of that. Boards. This guy, yeah. it seems that he has like stuffed some gears in with some sausage and put it in an arm. <laughs> which is very funny. I do appreciate functional. I do like or. I do like the idea that either this was all gears originally and then in in the process of magically like animating this doll meat kind of took over uh, or that it is in fact just a sausage and like you need the gears in there for the magic to work. Yeah, yeah, like this just like some they're both just some like symbolic magic stuff yeah. going on like yeah. yeah, gears are how things work. So we have things to make motherfucker. Mm-hmm. They just put the go juice in there and the go juice is gears. Uh-huh. Samoa is like, you know, I kind of knew this was the thing, but it's really, really sucks to have to like look at your brain in a jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a, mm. a shot of his bedroom in room 410 and his corpse rotting in the bed. Yes, and this is why his mom couldn't die in his room because yeah. we would have seen this earlier. Soren grows out of the tubes and piping in the ceiling as some kind of like melded flesh monster. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, I let you go to Moe because you were going to die anyway. Why did you come back here? Anyway, we get a fantastic scene mm-hmm. uh, back upstairs. Cornelius is like, you. Toko's like, you're not going to say you're supposed to be dead. And Cornelius <laughs> says, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> Just Toko absolutely channeling Jojo through this entire sequence. Uh, yes. Toko is so funny. She's great. She f- okay. So Toko, <laughs> Toko made a puppet of herself, a perfect, absolute replica that was yes. in every way indistinguishable from the original. It was so good that she was like, "Well, time to go die, I guess." Yeah, she was like, "I don't need to exist anymore. The puppet will do the next steps for me. The, mm-hmm. This puppet will live for me and live my life, and that'll be fine." Uh-huh. What a weird way to look at life. 
Yeah. It's like, whenever you see stuff with people who like accidentally like clone themselves, it's always like, well, I want to be the one to experience it. And Toko has a very different experience yes. of being like, it's okay. As long as one of me exists, it's right. It's okay. Uh-huh. It's still me no matter what. Yeah. Uh, to- Cornelius is very sweaty at this point. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah. It, He's like, I was sure that the other one was the real you, but this one's also the real you. Um, He's fake all the way down. She also has a weight. She has like a suitcase this time rather than a briefcase on uh-huh. her, uh-huh. which is fun. Uh, let's see. Is this where she mentions that she felt the pain of it all too? No, that's a. It's a little bit later. Okay. In the basement, Soren is mocking Tomoe for coming to save Shiki because he implanted the desire to seek out Shiki in him when he ran away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she, uh, Tomoe doesn't take this well. Now, Cornelius is short-circuiting. Toko 1.0, <laughs> original Toko, <laughs> has been in a dormant state all this time. Mm-hmm. Toko 2.0 is the Toko we've known all this time. This is something that makes it a little less of a, uh, when, when you have like a major character death that gets taken back, it can feel really flat, right? Mm -hmm. But this isn't exactly (laughs) taking it back. The Toko that we've known this entire time is dead. Yes. She's really, really dead. And this one is like the same person, but is like different. Her, her affect is different. She's like slightly different. It does seem like she shared like memories yes. with but yeah. yeah there is something she's meaner <laughs> yes yes, yes. And, like, yeah explain that by being like oh she's gone through a lot but she doesn't seem the kind of person who's really that naturally bothered my right reason mm. is the puppet softened mm-hmm. from actually being the one to experience those things and this toko has those memories but she didn't live that mm-hmm. she's a little bit nastier than the than the puppet toko Cause she does a lot of weird fucked up shit here. <laughs> she does, but and like she points that so much on the nickname that like apparently everybody knows will set her off, and like she has a vendetta against anybody that uses that nickname too. So like she's just got a nastier countenance to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. the it's just after the fact. Like I don't think I think it is only in this scene where she's that nasty. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. We don't really see anything else besides this scene of her talking. Yeah. To her. So we've we've got afterwards time. with Soren, but that's not much. And yeah. And she's still kind of a freak with talking to Soren, and even he says he could tell, but she's different. True. <laughs> yes, he does point out that yes, she is nastier. So. Right, because the thing that I want here is there to be consequences from Toko's death. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, if they just go. Well, she's actually exactly the same in every way. The 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 point of making it this like perfect copy who knew that it was going to its death was to be like you are losing someone. You're mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. this is not a spare body. This is a person mm-hmm. who is dying. Yeah. Uh, and if they take yeah. if they pull that back, then it's bad. But uh, I do think that it came through here. So Toko did feel what Cordelius did to her. Yes. Oh. And the other thing is, the reason Soren was keeping her head in a jar was to st- because he assumed there would be a backup plan. So as long as Toko was technically alive, it probably wouldn't activate. Yes. Cornelius smashing that head allowed her to activate. Uh, also, we do get the shot of the three cars, right? At some yeah. point here. Which is, 
uh, a red sports car, whatever car Mikio was driving, and a second red sports car that's identical. <laughs> Just an identical one. I was hoping, and I didn't see it at all, I was hoping you'd see, like, the front with one having the parking tag and the other without. Oh, yeah. Out of that would have been so ticket. good. <laughs> Just abandon the car. It is even funnier now that Toko couldn't pay Mikia because it's like, yeah, you could afford a second sports car. Was that in the was that <laughs> in her like, parking space with the other stuff all this time? Where was? Oh, that'd be so good. Great question. She was in the car sleeping. Mm. <laughs> okay, I think she she owns that entire office building. Yeah, I think so. or something. Mm -hmm. Cornelius asks if the Toko he knew at Clock Tower was the doll or the original. Toko gives a much more fucked up than usual smile and says, Do you believe there is any significance in asking me that question? I love that line. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. She's she's really on one this episode at the end of this episode. Down in the basement, Tomoe cauterizes his wound on the hot steam plate, uh, which is very cool. Uh he says that fake or not, he wants to save Shiki because his love for her is real. Soren didn't program him to fall in love with her, obviously. Mm -hmm. Shiro can't escape being called a faker, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. Soren retreats, presumably, to the upstairs to defend uh, the d whatever door Shiki's behind. He's like, oh, bring it on, <laughs> which is a very funny thing to say. <laughs> Toko is still show showboating up upstairs. Uh, she says that she kind of thought it was funny that Cornelius hated her so much. Uh, it made her feel alive to be hated that much. Yeah, yeah. It, like, proved the existence uh, of her. Uh-huh. That she anyone says, cared about her that much. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was negative. Mm -hmm. Tomoe takes the elevator up and says, I wish this spiral was a paradox, which is nonsense. Uh-huh. But, you know, dude, you do you. Title drop somewhere. Now Toko is like, uh, she says the thing about how she's made a promise to kill anyone who, uses, who calls her Scarlet. She opens up her case and a roiling mass of limbs and, like, teeth uh, comes out. Not a cute little kitty cat. And Yeah, this uh, demon's so fucked up. It's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. I like it. Although she's doing a JoJo pose. She's got, like, her... Like, <laughs> hand over her, <laughs> her like eyes like staring ominously between her fingers with her other arm crossed over it for just she's doing a pose that uh the pose that uh arcweed does before she tries to kill shiki <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? when she's in pain yeah and trying to hold back yeah 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 mm -hmm. uh cornelius is grabbed from the waist down and pulled into the case again uh he dies horribly. We don't. It does not linger on his death. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Not that I want it to. It, I just think it's telling where their priorities. The are. less that he's mm -hmm. on the screen, the happier I am. Yeah, but mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just saying, it's like it's no. Like that Laura that is Croft to say that like Raider reboot shit, where it's like, <laughs> stuff, uh, like yep. animations. Uh -huh. You know. Well, and that is to say that like, I I complained about this, and I think it was two. Mm -hmm. But what I like about um when nasu's doing horror yeah often deaths are like brutal and very quick yes and, yes like yeah and i like that about um both narratively and like uh on screen deaths in this have mostly been like short yes they're it they're sudden worse. um i do think that like the 
sorry finish what you were gonna well, say first if and and that is to say i would have appreciated way more dust like this where it is like oh you might get a couple of seconds mm-hmm. to say something and then you're gone yeah as opposed to the like yeah we're gonna dwell on mm-hmm. especially women yes uh having violence done against them yeah like they could have absolutely soren tearing uh her apart more but there's just something about the way it's framed compared to a lot of the other stuff that's going on here, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, I just I just wish that more deaths were like this rather than yeah. the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Tomoe uh, arrives at the 10th floor where Shiki is being held because she has all that yin. Um, he drops the sword in the elevator and takes Shiki's knife to attack Soren. Mm-hmm uh he says uh, i agree with him here he's like my family was pretty shitty but they didn't deserve this yeah yeah probably not yep absolutely not i can't i cannot imagine very many people who do deserve like no this especially of like like the jar puppet uh murder to be forced into your worst version of yourself then to relive that worst day endlessly yeah He stabs Soren in the chest. It doesn't really bother him at all. Uh, Soren lifts him up the he- by the head and does some like smashing or crushing or something. And Tomoe uh, starts to turn to dust from the New Balance up. Uh, he says, "I existed here," uh, while crying, and then uh, well, first disappears. What Soren, um, as he like crushes his head or whatever, says like, "Of course you couldn't accomplish anything because your origin is worthlessness." Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that like, yeah, kind of a a like foundation foundationally you are yeah. worthless. Shiki's mm-hmm. knife drops to the ground along with the house key, which also turns to dust, which is really funny. Yeah, and as he's falling, you get a quick glimpse of Shiki standing in front of the elevator. Oh, do you? Yep, I missed that. It's yeah, it's it's just a real quick flash, That's just cool. like the uh, Fujino face thing. With a car. Uh-huh. Uh, Soren notes that Cornelius fucked up again. <laughs> Downstairs, Toko is bandaging Mikia's head wound. Uh, she notices uh, that in his pocket is the last of the artisanal cigarettes that uh, Toko 2.0 uh, left behind for her. <laughs> Soren fleshes out of the wall. She calls him a peeper. Uh, and he's like, ah, that nasty mouth. That's the real Toko that I remember. I do, I do kind of like him just like peeking out of the wall. <laughs> it's very funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, so you're here to fight me again? And she's like, uh, no, no, I lost already. I'm not going to do this. Someone else is going to have to stop you. And he's People like, die when they were killed and I was already killed. Bye. She, uh, well, you know, a puppet master is defeated when their puppet is defeated. <laughs> <laughs> he says that she has a demon with her that may actually be strong enough to kill him outright. And she's like, no, I'm not doing this. That I'm unclear if that's him luring her into a fight yeah. or if he actually thinks that that's true. It could, but... it could go either way, but yeah. Toko's not taking yeah. it. She knows yeah. she's at a huge disadvantage here. Uh-huh. Uh, right. He says the, something about the bounded field being in place to stop the counterforce from noticing what they're doing until it's too late. Uh, and then she, she talks about the original purpose of the building when they designed it, which was to emulate the yin yang symbol in an attempt to overcome and transcend its limitations 
I wish they would have said this instead of Supreme Ultimate earlier. Uh, he says that uh, he's turned it into a micro universe designed to isolate Shiki from the rest of the world. Toko thinks this is very, very funny and says that Soren fucked up big time. Why? Why? Because uh, he shoved her in a bounded field which did not restrain her. Mm-hmm. So you are only containing the space around her. And since it's Shiki, it's something that exists. She can kill it. She can move. She can kill it. If you, like, sealed her in a concrete box where she can't move, which is the comparison she makes, she can't move, she can't break out of it. You used something illogical for somebody that can kill the illogical. Shiki is the Grim Reaper to non-logic. <laughs> such a good line. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Now, we get a fun bit of the uh, ele- the elevator is just starting to ride from floor to floor over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, like, the lights are starting to bug out as the sword is just trembling in this elevator that's, like, starting to spin rapidly. Just trying to get to the other side. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and then we get a hyper-compression of time happening, uh, which is presumably what Shiki's been seeing. Mm-hmm. Shiki's dreaming the entirety of history, and like in here, it gives some context on some of the scenes that haven't gotten more context yet, like uh, her and uh, Tomoe talking in the bedroom type of a thing. First, first we get like you know the pyramids and shit real quick, but then we get to the important stuff, which is Shiki batting <laughs> again. Uh, Truly, one of the best animations in this movie. <laughs> There's a Absolutely. Oh, Tomoe, you're handsome. Why don't you have a girl? Do you have a girlfriend? And he's like, if I had a girlfriend, I would not be hanging out with you. <laughs> and she's like, you're handsome, though. And he's like, you're saying it in such a fucking creepy, deadpan tone of voice that I just can't take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, we see uh, the shots. We, we get recontextually. We get the shots where Shiki is absent from, but this time she's there. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, and also, we get a, another shot from the very, very beginning. We see Shiki in an unusually ornate kimono standing in the snow talking to Mikia. And she looks up at the sky to where uh, Shiki is watching her, mm-hmm. smiles. And then uh, our Shiki currently opens her eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mysterious. The snow. It's a thing that happened. <laughs> Soren is in pain. Because uh, he's got indigestion from Shiki cutting her way out of him. <laughs> uh, Shiki uh, appears uh, from the elevator wearing a white kimono. He's like, uh, he's back up on the 10th floor because he left, uh, he like fleshes back up there or whatever mm-hmm. he does. And I guess I'll say it right here. Her coming out of the center is part of why I'm saying it pushes back a little bit on her being a girl because they were saying she would be on the yin side of so i forget if that's east or west but she'd be on the yin side because she's a girl but instead she comes out of the center I was really and even before she comes out uh you can even see her existing in the other space in the center i was really hoping they would push on this like a little bit more oh yeah you know? absolutely i wish it was more explicitly pushed back on exactly but. what i was hoping that they would like that they would do right it was be like well she part of the reason how he fucked up is that she she does not fit gender binary you know mm-hmm. what I mean? exactly like it, it should have been aligned somewhere it's kind of yeah you can you can definitely take it that way but you know i certainly wish that nasu had heard about non-binary people yeah. when he, he wrote needs, those uh, he needs chi from uh caligula fact <laughs> to explain to him what <laughs> and that'll fix a lot of his problems yep 
So he's like, Soren's like, how are you fucking moving? And why'd you wake up now? And she's like, it did not matter whether or not Tomoe actually came. I would have woken up now anyway. But uh, also, I'm going to give him credit for this kill. Mm -hmm. Soren uses his bounded field. Shiki stalks towards him drunkenly. Uh, She's like, I just can't. I don't really care about killing you. I just don't want you to exist anymore. Yeah, everything about this fight should have me excited, and I just don't care. I want you she's gone. She's so grumpy that she's not excited. <laughs> she really just wants a really like, sexy murder, and she's yeah. not in it. Uh, finally, I can just kill somebody. It's fucking you. Fuck you. She unsheathes the, the sword. He tries to crush her with his weird crushy powers. She cuts that apart, uh, and then cuts his light tendrils, and then cuts his arm off. He says something about it being that her giving herself a weapon is auto-suggestion that altered her personality. I don't really know what he's trying to say here, but he says a lot of shit like that. Just like some sort of a self-hypnosis that it's a thing that comes up in anime every now and then. I guess, but she's also just a person who kills people with bladed swords often, so I don't really know that she needs to like... I don't think he's right, but (laughs) it's... yeah... Uh, they do some fighting. Shiki keeps chopping him apart. He keeps putting himself back together. Uh, he, uh, disappears from her sight because he's trying to jump out of the building and crush the whole thing around her. Um, Toko downstairs grabs Mikia and runs out of the building. Uh, as the building collapses, destroying the puppets in the brain room. Shiki jumps after this guy, collides with him in the air, slams her sword through his chest, and rides him all the way down to the ground where they hit. (laughs) <laughs> and they yeah and they have both her and araya like screaming so bad and the characters go completely off model for a little bit for it is mm-hmm. it's quite a quite a moment they collide with the ground soren's bounded field slowed them down enough that they didn't splat completely uh shiki is thrown to the side unconscious her sword is broken and what half of it is still in soren whose mm-hmm. body is finally giving out on him Mm-hmm. Hmm. Toko is here smoking. <laughs> she has propped a uh, heavily wounded Mikia up against a tree so that she could just have another chat with Soren before he goes. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they put a lot of work into her smoking in the scene. You know, there's a lot of like sound, mm. a lot of foley, a lot of animation. Soren talks about his goals. He laments not being able to save people, to save everyone. But uh, he thought that if he reached the root and caused the end of the universe by reaching it, he could tra- like go through the records of all deaths and judge them to be just or unjust and absolve people from sin who deserved it. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Which, okay, one... This is the thing. He likes endings. He just yes. wants an end to the story. This is really what it is about. Yeah. I- great that i picked melancholy for yes uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> like a great it, uh like uh like um vibe math uh-huh. um it matches in multiple ways it was a real good choice um uh, but also i really like this is this is where i get on my actually soren is good uh okay. bandwagon um i like that he's like he talks about exoneration. I like his his desire is really just, I want to make sense of a meaningless world. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I will seize on this one thing that might 
let me do that. Yeah. Which is to like look at every death that has happened in the world and say, oh, yes, actually, the world is a just place. Mm-hmm. Or or it's not, and maybe I could do something about that. Or even just knowing mm-hmm. conclusively that it is not just that gives me some sort of closure. Yeah. This is and, this is and even that just like getting some sort of like like I said closure of just the fact that he if nobody else was able to acknowledge those who had injustice done to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Injustice. I can appreciate that. It's really hard when the world just keeps happening. Uh-huh. It's hard to like Yeah. To, everyone always feels like it's the end of history every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're all mm-hmm. the world is ending now and it's not true what one day it will be true you know and he just wants to be there for that one last day mm-hmm. now if you made him a girl i would be so much more into this but <laughs> just replace him with the dying girl from uh from the melancholia uh t- title story yeah yeah uh toko talks about tomoe's escape uh and how tomoe being able to escape from the bounded field kind of like already showed that there was too many holes in his plan for this to actually work out uh and she also says that uh she talks about the theory of the collective unconscious and how there's a similar idea in buddhism which is uh the concept of referred to as araya shiki which is his and shiki's name put together and he's <laughs> yeah. like oh, i've never heard this before <laughs> it doesn't mean anything nasa just wanted to point that out like yep. in text it is in the sense that like yeah they are the two halves of mm-hmm something profound yeah i think i think this is one of those things that nasu could have just like left in as a like a, a wink you know what i mean yeah. you know you know yeah it it's fun as a like second half of the earlier Ryogi bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh there's there's a bit where they have like a i forgot to mention this before before they fought for the first time they had like a like questions that she she asked him mm-hmm. a bunch of questions uh which seems to be like a almost like a dual invitation start or something yeah. like that and she does it again here and then uh yeah then he turns to, uh, to i think dust. she asks an additional question right like before yeah the third asks, one what do you seek he says what does he say like true wisdom true, true wisdom where do you seek it within myself mm. and then here she follows up with where are you going and he says the end of the spiral mm-hmm he turns to dust, and then it starts to snow as Mikio wakes up. Somehow the apartment building is still standing, even though the insides are pulp. And uh, that's that's the end of that. Now, we get a scene of uh, Shiki drinking tea in a mysterious, uh, like, brightly lit, not seemingly only kind of existing cafe. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is on an Arba? <laughs> Tomoe is drinking, uh, sitting behind her. They both get up to leave. There's like an interesting bit where like there's a dude in the foreground who is mirrored so that there's two of him Mm -hmm. exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, They both walk away from each other, but they wave before they go. And then uh, as they turn the doorknob, it cuts to Shiki waking up in her room as someone rings her doorbell. She calls Miki a coward for not coming in on his <laughs> refuses to answer the door, and then uh, finally he fiddles with the lock and comes in. There's credits. Mm-hmm. Then Mikia comes into the room, and Shiki, who is mad at him for not coming in, is also mad at him for coming in and throws a pillow at him. <laughs> or does she throw a pillow at him, or does she just yell? 
She calls him. She just intruder. yells at him. Yeah. Because I think her pillow stays there. Uh huh. Just like this burrito of shiki. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's like, I don't want your shitty instant food. He's like, I'm not sharing it anyway. It's for me. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that the apartment building is uh, set to be demolished. Toko has had the area cleared of corpses and brains. Uh, Good for Toko. He's uh, getting ready to eat. <laughs> and then what What does Shiki do here that uh, is more shocking to mikia than anything he's seen before in his life um she is still wrapped up like a burrito or like a like a snail um like a little Mm -hmm. like a little bed slug (laughs) Um, (laughs) and she holds out her hand blushing says give me your key it's not fair i don't have a key to your house Uh uh-huh yeah, he's like, he's holding a sandwich or something and he's about to drop it. His mouth is like open and then it just cuts back to her looking bashful and like blushing and looking away. <laughs> really fun. He's incredible. He's great. Uh, November 1998. That's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get a brief not next time on. It's the Azuka episode. Uh, there's fairies and shit and there's a lot of yep. Toko talking. Sounds pretty whimsical. I had heard already that this was a kind of a lighthearted uh, break. Uh-huh. And uh, watching this preview was like, oh, this is this is a, like, Moe show, this like, could, preview. This preview could, if it, the music was different and a couple of choices were different, it could have been, like, an ominous thing. But, yeah. Like, especially the final shot, Asuka, like, turning over her shoulder and, like, looking at the camera, kind of, like, surprised. And then she does, like, a cute little anime girl move. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. They, we'll see. they definitely play it very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. At, at least there. Interesting. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. So what do we think about this one? I like it a little more. Mm-hmm. Having talked through it, I still think that, like, it's so long. It's Cornelius long. is such a like cut Cornelius entirely, uh-huh. and um, I like you Toko could dying, but we don't even really need uh, Cornelius for that to happen. Yeah, like he just immediately is out of the scenes where any of that comes up. Yeah. Really, like, um, and if you cut him, you could make time for other stuff. Yeah, or I yeah, I don't think it needs to be shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like there's better stuff that could have been put in mm-hmm. um to like yeah to better explain or explore the like stuff around reaching the root and um mm-hmm. what like dive into how shiki and um soren are like do complete each other mm-hmm. how they are uh, like mirrors of each other mm-hmm. um they don't more- feel very much like mirrors to me yeah no but that and i don't think they're supposed but but i also feel like it's not supposed to like like uh him mentioning that his their names matching up yeah their names. oh yeah yeah for them matching up there he is searching for meaningful death and shiki is like again is like looking for someone meaningless to kill Mm -hmm. yes Um, for like no other reason than her own personal pleasure Mm mm-hmm um yeah. yeah so like but, um, but again there's not enough time it. spent on this to like be a like it's mm-hmm. yeah intentional i guess is 
Yeah. Uh, each time I watch it, I kind of like pull more out of it. So I kind of like it a little more, <laughs> if that makes sense. So like probably the first time watching through it, I was. You know, I, I probably enjoyed the spectacle at least, but yeah, I, I'm with you like Alba completely unnecessary, blah, 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 blah. But like, uh, like. I don't think I had an idea what the experiment that that building's supposed to be doing, like, was actually doing until this time. And that is what I've... See, I watched the movie three times for the podcast. <laughs> so that puts me at, like, what, six watch-throughs <laughs> or something like that? Terrifying. So, like, yeah, I think probably my biggest issue there is actually that, like, what is... Araya's, like, goal and what is actually happening isn't made clear enough, even if uh, the film, like, with its techniques and everything else, like, is, like, at least pointing and gesturing at it through the whole time. Um, like, my yeah, uh, uh, go for it. Okay, my thoughts on this is that uh, I'm, I'm the person who loves Nasu lore texture, like, uh, weirdly detailed explanations for things, usually, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. that the other K&K movies so far have benefited from using that mostly as set dressing and vibe and not really trying to explain it too much. Mm -hmm. You know, what mm -hmm. I mean? like it feels like they're lighting a lot of like the nitty gritty of what's actually happening so that you can have mm -hmm. a cool movie. You know, mm -hmm. I think that this one, probably because of the way the book is written, is trying to get more at the heart of what's happening. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And they just don't have time for the for people to talk that much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, I think it's a, a worse movie because of how much they're trying to cram into it of whatever the original like arguments were. Because this is the the you feel the absence is more because it feels like you're supposed to. Can't, yeah, can't like, movies feel like vibe movies, and this feels like it's trying to explain something complicated to you in a way that doesn't like, quite stick. I wish did it click for you that uh, the line of the you put a yin yang inside of a yin yang did you get that they were talking about they put shiki as the second yin yang inside of the building that is a yin yang not really and th that's part of like that's why i was saying this is the time where that started clicking through for me and that's how many times have i watched it it's also Th that should have been like yeah there should have been more with it i don't know it's also there's like two plans happening, right? There's what the building was originally designed for. There's the, what the building is currently being used for. Like you could you could cl like clean this up a little bit, I think. Um, yeah, and having Araya like be dishonest mm -hmm. a, a couple of times as to the purpose of the building and what his plans are, which like that that makes sense in the moment, but like for the structure of the entire film, that means as soon as you think you're grabbing onto something, it's like actually no, it's over here, yeah. and they're. It isn't. It isn't a movie series. It is one movie. You don't have time for it to shift around like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and if it didn't matter, if it didn't feel like the movie was expecting you to understand what was going on more than usual, uh, then it wouldn't matter, right? But they, yeah, like and, they spend so much time explaining mm -hmm. that, it and feels like, like you're like you're you're failing to grasp something. You have like one line and like one little flash that like explains that. Or demonstrates that Shiki has connected to and has in some way experienced the entire history of humanity. Which doesn't seem to have changed her much, which is really But, funny. like, there's not, yeah, there's nothing past that, like, so there's no dwelling on it, there's no, like, what comes after that or anything else like that, especially, like, even the change that it looks like maybe she went through when she came out, 
is just immediately described as just, oh, it's uh, self-hypnosis, auto-suggestion, whatever term you want to use there is what Araya throws out. So, like, it's already muddying what... Did she change? What happened from that? What are the consequences here? Yeah. Is this the final chronological one? Um, no. Uh, there's stuff that takes place after this. Is not after this. Is it? I would need to double check, but I think it is. It is? That seems really weird. I think so. Place after, like, the climactic ending. Uh, and then uh, Murder Speculation Part 2 is, is the rest of what happened back then, before the coma. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's a different time skip that goes further out in there like there might be a time skip in there beyond just the moments there that, that makes sense okay yeah this is not my favorite KK movie i do think it's like really cool it's like put together mm-hmm. in a really cool way you know mm-hmm. i do like yeah. it uh i did i did appreciate watching it like straight through without having to pause a bunch i do think that that oh happens. yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. it definitely makes a difference <laughs> This one is probably one of the worst, like, of anything that I've been on, this is the worst note-taking I've had to do. The thing, the thing like, is that I think this would have been more fun if I had watched the movie straight through first before doing a note-taking yes, cast. Yes, absolutely. I, I didn't have a time, uh, time for it because our watch party was 10 minutes before we started recording, so. Yeah. yeah. And it took me And that's, that's, that's why I ended up doing, like, my original intention was three watches because I knew, like, I wanted to watch it three, straight through one time before the notes. I just couldn't. And a third watch even, of a even there, I underestimated how long of a, like how long it would take to make, take notes on that, like take exhaustive notes on this. There's a lot like, going on. Like the rapid uh, montage scene in the beginning, like is, what's it, like a two minute long montage sequence. And like I went through and noted every single scene in that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think it deserves that. <laughs> like after having gone through it, like, no, there's not enough there to make it worth it. But it's an interesting thing where I think the movie's yeah. probably too long not because i want them to cut the repetition but because i want them to like not to like change the way that they approached the like uh like denser stuff about how things work you know what i mean yes i'm i'm with you there yeah like because they they do so like they do a structural thing here where they kind of like keep the pacing the the pacing is kind of spiral-ish where it's starting fast towards the center and as you get further away it's like it's radial velocity slowing down you know it's and so like which is like a fun fun structural thing but like you can't have the the dense moments are already occupied with just this vague setup where they can't give you the details because those details need to pay off later yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I think it's an interesting one. Uh, but definitely not like hot top of my list. Not my yeah. least favorite either. Yeah. NK movies so, are pretty good so far, you know? I'm pretty yeah. high on all of them. I'm not like, this is bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, so which would you say is probably your favorite so far? My favorite so far? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, hmm. They're all good contenders, so. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, it's probably Remaining Sense of Pain or Hollow Shrine. Okay. Probably. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. murder similar for you, Finn, or probably also pretty high up there. You know, I think that the mm-hmm. first movie is probably, while I I like a lot of it, uh, I it's probably the weakest one for me. Yeah. 
it is like just an intro it feels like you know it's like a lot of cool shit happens and you don't got to worry about it too much that's mm-hmm. the thing i like about it there's a murder mm-hmm. puppy you know yep but uh, I, I think that it's the the like most it, it suffers from the fate root problem of being the setup. In a certain yes, way. absolutely. And there's less um, uh, character to bounce off of because Miki is not there and Toko is just being a, a, a effusive, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. Anyway, what do you think? Then? I'm looking at. we didn't say the title of the of the next episode it's oblivion recorder fairy tale yeah which is fine (laughs) um yeah let's see it's probably yeah i think it's between remaining sense of pain and hollow shrine yeah for for which one do you want to pick plot wise my favorite again like this is my favorite looking one yeah the 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 way that they tell the story is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even if I don't think that it is handled as yeah. well as it could have been. Uh, or mm-hmm. I think I, I don't think I said this. I meant to. I feel like this, if anything, would have benefited from uh, being two movies. Mm. Because I, yeah. it feels like it was cut down to what nasu thought was the core of this story mm-hmm. but that um that was for people who have read the novel mm-hmm. mostly and so there are parts of this that would have landed had we read that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and would have felt missing had they been cut mm-hmm. but as just a watcher of this felt weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very on the same page with you there. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say, um, hollow shrine. Okay. I'll Toko's so hot. <laughs> Toko is so hot in that. I do love, I do love a Toko. I love when Toko's around. Yeah. <sighs> Probably the sequence with Fujino on the like the entire bridge sequence with Fujino is probably some of the best looking the series is cool. at least up to this point mm-hmm. too. Like, mm. look forward to you guys getting through the rest. Yeah, we're getting close and, now. We've only got a couple more movies to get through. Yep. What's up, fan? I don't think that Annie List knows what urban fantasy is. Probably not. <laughs> My family? <laughs> okay. It's science fiction. My Hero Academia. That is not fantasy. That's a super. It's not urban fantasy. Not urban fantasy. It's not fantasy. <sighs> that, okay. That one I will accept more than Spy Family, but it's still sure. in the wrong. Yeah. It's still wrong. Spy Family is very clearly just like science fiction like historical fiction yeah yeah uh like they have like superpowers and stuff but it's like science shit it's like it's like i tell it's like esp you know uh-huh mm-hmm. uh hunter hunter which no certain arcs of, no i guess like uh, York New city? City. Yes. yeah no not even a little bit uh there are so many mha seasons on this list uh, I d- code no, geos <laughs> No. 
Chainsaw Man. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. like, I think I think having I can, a city mm. makes it urban fantasy to these people. Okay, there are there are ones on this on like here that I do agree with, like uh, Fate Zero, Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, explicitly. Uh, Kobayashi's yeah. Dragon Maid. Yeah, less so, but okay. Madoka Magica. Yeah. I don't really consider Magical Girl urban fantasy, but okay. Yeah. I can see it more than some of the others. I can see it more than, again, like, fucking Spy X Family and... Yeah, like, to me, Madoka would be just as much urban fantasy as, uh... God, uh, there was one of the other ones you mentioned. I know, like, Dragon Maid and a couple others, but that's not... That's not what I picture with her like urban fantasy like has almost like a noir like tinge to it somewhat yeah. you know it's really weird yeah anyway I, not to just <laughs> drag on any list uh genres genres are fake uh-huh sometimes they're faker than usual though yeah <laughs> yes uh-huh anyway <laughs> Lute, i'm glad you had fun yeah i'm yeah, glad you guys somewhat enjoyed it <laughs> yeah i did enjoy it i'm being a little harder on it than normal uh but uh you know. It's also it's also been a week. Yeah, I'm tired. I, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. I, Good. Four stars for me. Four stars? Yeah. Okay. Which again is like Which? I was my first viewing, I was so bowled over by how it looked uh -huh. that I was like, I did not really absorb much of what actually happened. Yeah. You're so funny. I... <laughs> it's good looking. Yeah, it's cool. I'm into it. Um, uh, yeah, so how many K&Ks do we have left? Uh, let me pull up our schedule. If you're curious how many K&Ks we have left, you could go to moonarchive.art slash schedule. Uh-huh. We're closing uh, in on Hollow Ataraxia. Let's see. We're gonna have to go back to Fate after this. I, I hope yeah. I like Hollow Ataraxia more than I fear that I will. So we have I've said this a few times, but I have to find... Wait, too many people were talking there. Sorry. Whoa. Well, okay. I was just saying, I've said it a few times, but I should finally finish Fate Stay Night or finish Heaven's Field for a hotter hollow axia. Um, okay, so remaining Karanoko guys. We have Fairy Tale. Um, at least I am gonna watch remix Gate of Seventh Heaven. I'll uh, that's the um, that's the, the, the recap. Yeah. I will watch it with you and we'll talk about it on the following episode. Yes. And so we will we'll be watching that one for when we do Not Nothing Heart um Murder Speculation Part B. Mm-hmm. And then epilogue. So we have three, three more. Yeah. No one's so oh, right. Yes. No one's guessing on the epilogue episode yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Melty Blood Akadenza. Right. We have Melty Blood first. And then that... the Melty Blood manga. Hey, uh, heads up. We are doing, when we do Melty Blood, we're going to do two episodes. And the first of those is going to be playing uh, Caligula Effect Overdose. <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> second one is going to be reading the Marie novel that is set between mm -hmm. Overdose and Kalia uh, Effect 2. Those will be our, our Yuri times. Um, and Overdose is not a short game, so if you wanted to play along, go ahead. I don't know that I'd recommend it. Um, Overdose. It's got good stuff in it. I, uh, a friend of the show, Catherine, uh, has said that Caligula uh, Effect 2 is a a game that like earns your trust and uh Caligula Effect 1 is a game that asks for your trust and yeah. then does something with it later. You know what I mean? Um this is just to say 
to one say on our YouTube, which I created recently. <laughs> um, Is it Crying I, Rules? Yes, Crying Rules actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Um, you should look that up. Okay. Um, I started because there does not exist a a, a commentary list or a, a let's play with the female player character that doesn't have annoying commentary on it uh-huh um, of overdose specifically for overdose uh i started uploading uh my playthrough as i slowly make my way through that game mm-hmm. um i hope you like side quests fen does okay it is <laughs> not i cannot in good conscience like recommend it but <laughs> if you're desperate <laughs> and you don't want to play the game you don't want to play the i game. will say miserable to play <laughs> you could also just skip to cutscenes. Oh. i'm trying my best to like separate it out so that there are episodes which are mostly plot mm-hmm. and then there are episodes where i'm like listen nothing happens in this one <laughs> looks like they're largely about an hour apiece i so. wander around and get lost more than, <laughs> time. More than i should um Production is bad because I'm not a video editor. <laughs> but, you know, I figured I'd I'd say that just in case anyone wanted to. So that's gonna be a while from now, though. What's our next yeah. URT time? What is our next URT time? Do we have a guest for next time. No, it's We're just the two of us. Um, what do you want to do, Ben? Fuck, I don't know. While you're sorting that out, that is youtube.com slash at crying rules actually. Crying rules actually for our YouTube, which is where we have Caligula effect. Yeah. I I think I watched that. I think I said on the playlist our first and probably last Let's Play, but (laughs) at some point we might do something. Uh I don't know. Yeah, you never know. I might play no. I want to play extra on my Vita. Mm. stream some uh, melty blood sets yeah. <laughs> i would play extra with a capture card if it would help yeah. anyway I, uh what was i gonna say right uh do you want to do li- oh wait li- uh, melancholia okay i was gonna ask if we were gonna do melancholia we might as well do there is a there is a, a spiritual trilogy thing happening do we want to commit to watching all of them do we want to make it okay. a real lars week um or should we take it easy route and just do melancholia uh okay well okay so uh, okay the problem is that uh the Ooh. first movie is not that long but the second movie is nymphomania or the third no. movie is nymphomania third which movie, is like yeah. two volumes that are like long each yeah what if we did them one at a time you want to start at the beginning what if we did antichrist next time <laughs> antichrist hell yeah and then melancholia with Ina uh-huh. or KNK7. Sounds great. And then Nymphomaniac yeah. for... I don't know why. We're going on a Lars von Trier kick entirely because of the title and pitch of the co- of the manga series. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've seen any Lars von Trier films before, but I guess we're going to find out, find out. Yeah, so we're watching Lars von Trier's uh, Antichrist for next time. That's all we're doing. Yes. Sounds great. Cool. Blute, thank you for joining us. Fen, thank you for having me. Do you want to do the outros? 
Or do we have anything else to say? I think we've been in the outro for a while. Yeah. Uh, we're part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Go listen to other Abnormal Mapping shows. Mm-hmm. We finally finished Double Zeta. I have not yet listened to the final two mm-hmm. GGPs for those. But go back Abnormal Mapping on Patreon and listen to Great Gundam Project. Yeah. At the very least. It's a dollar. Yeah, it's one dollar. That's nothing. Uh, it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. It's something. But um, uh, what else do we say? Where can people find you, Blute? Um, mostly like on the abnormal mapping discord server, just blue Vinen's the username. And then if you insist on following me on that, uh, burning down hell site, uh, I was also blue Vinen over there. I mostly just like retweet things. So I'm not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you, Ben? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ben ends. You can find me tweeting occasionally about my visual novel that I'm working at, uh, uh, over at doom gender on Twitter. I also sometimes am on co-host at Ben ends. I'm really like in the weeds trying to finish, uh, reckless sympathy, my visual novel that's coming up or part one. It's a multi-part project, uh, so that I can actually release it before June. So I am not tweeting much lately, but it'll happen. Fen, where can people find you on the internet? Um, almost nowhere <laughs> i i'm barely on twitter uh i haven't touched co-host in a minute mm-hmm. um you can find me on discord i hang out in abnormal mapping occasionally although in our secret I've, server uh in our our secret very extremely secret that we advertise on the podcast <laughs> um hey it's a chill time it's a chill hang there's not a lot of people in there yeah um there's something else i was gonna say uh yeah i've just been busy it's yeah. hard to like hard to be social and also uh get stuff i've been reading a bunch of stuff in japanese recently uh-huh. which takes a long time and a lot of effort and like after i do that for you know an hour and a half i'm like i'm just gonna go lay down and not talk to anyone yeah. I've been revenge podcast cheating on Fen by reading the Tsukihime remake in Japanese. Don't worry, folks, if you're worried about me getting out of sequence, because I'm still on day one and I've been reading <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. hours every day to listen to Arihiko. <laughs> say three things. Y'all do so much. Listen, I'm trying to learn Japanese. It's, it's so much work. It's hard. Uh... I at some point I will bring Fushiki Dansha and Ben will not have read it, not but I will have. Uh, I followed your journey. That's going to be a fun time because that's a wild game. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yes, we're just watching the movie for next time. Yes, one movie. Christ. that should not Our be that bad. Movie. Yeah. Um, we got anything else to say? Oh, oh shit! I almost forgot to say. Happy birthday to our me and Fen's respective favorite Tsukihime characters, Hisui and Kohaku. Hey, throw me in there too. On uh, March 11th, it's their birthday. Shoutouts to the girls. Shoutouts. Happy birthday, Hisui. Happy birthday, Kohaku. Happy birthday, Kohaku. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Hisui. <laughs> All right, that's it. Fen, take us out. Um. No, we're going to say let's meet in the digital sea. <laughs>
So concentration camps, huh? Yep. <laughs> yep. It really is. What if the X-Men, but we just even more explicitly made it a race metaphor? <laughs> I mean, X-Men does that with Days of Future Past, too. Uh-huh. You, you time jump into the future and the X-Men are literally in camps with Sentinels watching and surrounding them. Like, th- that is a common superpower metaphor thing. Uh-huh. I guess the difference is that in this, they spend a lot of time setting up, and because of their powers, all of these kids are sociopathic murderers. Yeah. Yes. And then they have to spend the rest of the comic trying to undo yep. the damage that they've done by making all these people by necessity serial killers. Okay. Yep. My, okay, a couple of things. Yeah. The, the single thing, probably, that I dislike the most was... um. The the boy that Nana first. Oh God! Uh, yeah, no, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She okay. Yeah, she kills him, and then she kills a bunch of other creepy people, and then later on, it's like, wow, yeah, he was the true innocent that she killed. And yep. You remember those like Yaru girls that she murdered, who didn't really do anything besides be bullies lightly. Yep. Yep. They don't really. Well, they bullied her girlfriend. But... They don't get talked <laughs> about in that light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of and innocence, you know what like, I mean. After Michiru's death, like, they go through showing so many of the, like, they f- keep forcing her to kill because the remaining talented people that she's facing are actually threats. Uh-huh. Like, like you were saying, they keep building up, like, yeah, there are people that are a problem, which, like, it, it doesn't, it's running into the actual problem with any time that you try to do a race, race metaphor type of thing with superheroes of just, like, race doesn't give you the ability to set off a nuke with your fingers. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so yes, this boy who uh, isn't actually dead. <laughs> you you can't stand him. I hate him so He's much. He's such a There's, unin- him coming back was like one of the most boring reveals they could have done. <laughs> there there are villains that I hate. Yeah. That I'm like, ooh, I love, but I love that. them as part of the story. Uh-huh. Yes. And him coming back was just the most like deflating thing of like He's, why he comes back as like a a sicko joker. Yeah. Of course, but also with like broad arbitrary powers to do essentially whatever he wants. Yeah. And uh, he is uh, fully loyal and obedient to a fascist for no reason. Yes. Yep. And also, we didn't I, go for it. Sorry, we we didn't cover this in the in the non spoilery part, but um, not as fast. It is boss. I do like i I do like the first chapter setting up. This is a shonen, mm-hmm. and then at the end being like, oh, but actually, not as the main character. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, but retroactively, I like that so much less with him coming back because it's like, oh yeah, now he's back and like he's a major character, and it's like, why? The two what main and, yeah. yeah, and he doesn't add anything by doing that. Yeah, it's like they could have just given this power to like another guy, you know what yeah. I mean? And it would have oh. made more sense because his power originally is he can suppress people's talents, but then it turns out that he can suppress anything, so he can like erase your memories and suppress your like uh your sense of morality so you do insane people shit all the time like erasing himself from cameras or something like that if i remember right like oh that's okay human perception that's what it is Uh, i remembered the cameras being important for the third phase so nana's like oh but you can still see his footprints and it's like why why doesn't he just erase that too (laughs) he has like unlimited power to manipulate people's brains so the thing is that Part of Nana's cover story at some point is there is a monster. This is, this is the other part that we didn't even talk about was the monster. Yeah, because we just wanted to get into this. <laughs> uh, the mo- there's a monster that can make people go insane and do evil things. And so this guy becomes that monster, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to do with that. And it's really boring. Well, a, a made-up monster for it all, too. Like, it's the cover for why the talented are actually the bad guys. They keep, you say there's an arbitrary enemy of humanity that could be literally anything and that's just their cover story is actually the talented because the talented have gone wild and destroyed tried to destroy the world before this whole thing makes no sense how is that covered up how how do people yep. not know about any of this that it's just it's just not it's like pants on heads nonsense so yeah. brief to the side on things have you ever watched from a new from the new world or shinsekai yori no okay it deals with kind of that concept but better anyways <laughs> Just people getting powers and going wild. Anyways. Here's my thing that really bothers me in this. Around the time that the the anime ends, they introduce a huge, like, uh, unbelievably competent fascist guy who dominates the entire story for the rest of the run of the comic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he has no powers, but he is uh, good at everything, and in fact, better at everything than any of the people with superpowers. Uh, because uh, he has the greatest superpower of all, fascism, which makes you really talented and smart and cool. Yep. He is miserable. He is the most boring type of villain yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. which is just someone someone who, yeah, doesn't even have to try and just uh, effortlessly does everything. Yes. Uh-huh. Because he's fascist. Yeah. Like, like, he has the strings of the entire country, the army, controls all of the, like, talented... And like, oh god, it's just, it's just, 
So the the story is at its most interesting. I keep saying back with that first phase, but in the beginning there, where your your conflict is through three people that are mutually capable to some degree. Yep. Like it, it really is primarily just Kyoya and Nana, but introducing Jin in there as well, of all of them being like they can think through this, they can understand what's going on, they have their secrets and they're trying to un uncover secrets and set things up. Mm -hmm. And but they have strengths, they have weaknesses, they're characters. Making non, uh, Nana's, like, counsel, like, part of the story, that actually was a huge mistake, I think. You know? Yes. Because I mean? then it, like, raises all these weird political questions. Oh, can I tell you what I... Wait. what I? Oh, oh yes, yes. Can I tell you my, what I thought was happening at the very beginning? Go for it. That I think would have been a much more interesting way to take this story. Yeah. I thought Nana was a Terminator. She has a, a cell phone that tells her the hundreds of thousands of people each of these kids are going to kill, right? Yeah. I thought she was from the future. I thought she was sent back oh, that'd be to fun. prevent an uprising of these kids. And I thought that the, the bit was going to be, because obviously there's going to be a bit where it turns out she was good, is good, right? Yeah. I thought she was sent back in time by a fascist government that was taken down by these kids, and they're trying to preserve themselves by going back in time and stopping the, the like actually good uprising by telling her that they, these kids are the bad guys. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. lots of people die because they were fighting a fascist empire. You know what I mean? That's what I thought yeah. was happening. But that's completely unrelated. And in fact, the numbers are both ridiculous and uh, fake. Yep. And have and to do with anything. I think like chapter two, which I, I don't think the anime at all says the hundred years thing. So when I was like skimming through the manga again, it saw that like, oh, yeah, the big old war with the uh, talented happened 100 years ago. Yeah. it's And it's just like, wait, but why is... But, like, the technology, every, like, there's nothing that indicates it's been that far in the future. That, like, it, it's such a weird mess and whenever you scratch just, like, slightly past the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I'm also 100% positive that Nana's going to have the strongest talent of them all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, fuck, I, 100% going to do it. I hate that you put that in my head, because <laughs> you're probably right. Uh she's had a talent ever since she came back to life and i yes. think it's going to get revealed uh and that's how she's not going to be able to win until she has like the super talent some part of this escape plan is going to go south and then it's going to be like oh but actually it could even be another arc from now they could even have another arc after this i so like since this arc has started i've been like saying and like praying that this was the last one i was kind of thinking that with the one before this too like okay oh. they could wrap it up but, like, as soon as they went with this one and did the time skip, it's just like, please, is this well starting to run dry? Like, yeah. it probably already ran dry, but, like, it, this has to be wrapping up. Well, the thing is, is that I would have really enjoyed longer in the school near the city. Yeah, if... that seemed like such a throwaway. It was like, oh, this has... It was done so poorly. They, were, they, had, they left the island because mm -hmm. they ran out of ideas for the island. Yes. There's so much possibility here, but it's for, for some reason it was an interstitial space to get them to a constant, like a ghetto. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and like, I think my, I, I like this manga the most when it is in the mode of it's a murder mystery mm -hmm. and they're figuring out a murder and there's going to be some cool twist at the end that's like really fun and enjoyable. <laughs> um, and none of the like overarching politics are in play because none of them make any sense whatsoever. Um, and it's just like, oh yeah, I I I am reading this for uh the cool solution to this murder mystery that I'm not going to see coming because <laughs> uh someone's talent was, is going to be used in a really cool and inventive way. 
uh and that's it and yep. instead the manga has gone okay but what if we went all in on yeah. <laughs> the stuff that you don't enjoy like that Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say the entire arc with the bully deciding he was in charge now type of a thing was just like oh, yeah. that that just drug on and it went for so long. And that's around the time that I caught up with the manga, too. So reading that as it was releasing was just oh. awful. <laughs> I'll check in on this like in a year or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be reading. This. Pro so the only thing with the most recent stuff that I've liked is them. Like, I've actually kind of liked how they've backed, backfilled Kyoya's, like, history and the details of his powers. Like, that's, that's like, the highlight of the new stuff so far. This is the thing I... Okay, there's two things I was going to say. I was going to say, first of all, there are still fun mysteries. Like, uh, beating uh, Time Loop Girl. Yeah. That was yep. kind of fun. Uh -huh. That was, like, a clever little, like, mechanism. Yeah. Uh, and two, I like the Kyoya stuff. Uh, we could have gotten it 50 chapters ago. <laughs> yes. There's very little reason for it here now. I knew very early on, like, oh, it seems like they've forgotten the sister stuff. Uh, and then, like, someone, like, is like, you forgot your sister or something? And he's like, whoa. I'm like, oh, okay. I understand exactly what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And then 40 chapters later, <laughs> yeah. they get yep. to it. Um, This is this is my thing. That This is another thing I think I meant to say, but perhaps fits better here. Um, Is a lot of the stuff that I read that I really enjoy uh or watch for a matter of fact um is like a tight one core show or mm -hmm. is um you know even even if it gets up to like six or seven or eight or nine volumes uh stories that feel planned in advance yes that don't feel like you got to a point and we're like well serialization's still going uh what's the new story hook yeah it feels like they have stuff like uh, Kyoya like planned out, and they're like they keep punting on it to add yeah. more filler. Yes, uh -huh. I think Lauren is the one that is referred to a lot of shonen writing as like writing by dead reckoning. Mm -hmm. You just like have your general idea, and you're kind of going that way, but the the micro doesn't matter that much. Yeah, yeah. you parcel out the big ideas that you've had very slowly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Which kind of a short tangent here, but like. Some, something that is a really fun comparison of the two is I don't know if you ever watched the original Trigun, but the current rewrite that is going on on air right now is literally just those two styles pasted side by side of the old like shonen. It has to be serialized. It has to keep going. It's very long. And then this one is literally they took that. It's a completed plot. And now it's just like edited down for narrative efficiency. It's like it's such a good version of that story. I and I like it a lot. So. You're the shonen liker of our guests, really. <laughs> that's, that's your like uh, role is to come in and be like, oh, there's some good shonen out there, actually. Yeah, well, so, yeah, I guess I'm the shonen liker of the people here, and I'm not even that high on shonen. <laughs> yeah, it's uh -huh. just like there are parts of it to, there are parts of it that are good. But the problem is well, it's I, parts of it. I also like <laughs> shonen sometimes. It's a sometimes food. I've read a like, good chunk of shonen stuff. Yeah. We, yeah. I am probably the lowest. Least yes, honestly, like, I'm so glad that you liked as much as you did, Fen. I wasn't even sure you'd like the beginning bit. Mm -hmm. Like, this, this part of, this was the last thing on my list of things to suggest was because, like, I'm, mm, there's a chance that Faye might like it, but also maybe one of these others might be better. We've so. been hard on your ET times lately. Yeah. <laughs> and this, no well, I think, one. yeah. I, I was also, I wasn't surprised i have plenty of complaints like oh my yeah. god this is such a story written like 
Nana is a character written by a man for boys yep. to be uh, attracted to. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. Is one of my major complaints, which is like, again, I, I, a lot of the stuff I read is Yuri, mm-hmm. and so like, having like, and a lot of my favorite stuff in that space is like very introspective things, mm-hmm. and so it's like, ah, yes, not as a woman she could be exactly the same character if she was a boy mm-hmm. except that mm-hmm. she'd probably get sexually assaulted less I was gonna say. yeah um, like revealing michiru's power by having her roll down uh, nana's thigh high and lick her leg unprompted yeah, yeah. <laughs> um god yeah i, I do like stuff i this. do like nana michiru oh yeah nana michiru is an amazing um, pairing i wish she's going to come back also is the other thing i I don't think they will, but but it wouldn't surprise me if they do. Like that that's not, kind of I'm not as sure okay. as I'm sure of Nana having a talent, but uh I, I, I would not absolute I, I would go, yeah, uh-huh. For the Inas out there, like it, it's kind of like it feels like it is in the same space as like Western comics used to say, like Jean Grey and Gwen Stacy and I think one other were ones that would never be allowed to come back. And hey, here we are, like 20 30 40 years later and they're all back so um it kind of feels like in that same space for me like her death is that important but also but yeah also it felt like the first kid's death was pretty important exactly Mm -hmm. and uh well it the okay my problem with him coming back and i don't remember his name we should wrap up soon no no we can um is that the baby fascist it absolves Nana from ever having done anything wrong. Because they won't admit that killing those two girls was a bad thing. Yeah. Like, the, yep. they're doing the, like, oh, well, maybe these serial killer children who I killed could have been better people if they had a stronger family unit or something like well, that. Well, like, even the... But that's such, like, it's punting on the, like, moral quandary presented at the beginning of the show completely. Uh-huh. Well, like, it's ignoring the original time traveler. Like, he... He was weird. That was the extent of his crime, and he was inve- investigating her. Uh-huh. Like he was weird. That's it. Oh, he thought of himself as being the hero of justice. That would like he's oh, the perfect guy, and blah 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 blah. But he didn't actually her into fucking him. Uh, no, no. That's, that's the other guy. Uh, that's that's the right. dream photograph guy. Him? Oh. Yes, he's bad. Right. right so right, right, you've right, got right, that first time traveler. Okay, that's also, also innocent. Remember that guy? Yep. He did. And he did extremely talk like a serial killer. You know. Oh yeah. I mean? He's he's acted fucked he up, but also only arbiter of justice in history, and he yes. could not, he could by definition not make mistakes. Yes. Uh, so I, he isn't I, perfect, but also no, like the he's like a serial killer. He's about yeah, to he, killer. yeah, but he never reached that point. Uh-huh. Is kind of the thing, and like also uh, even even the necromancer, as creepy as all of her shit was, like. Okay, cool. Her power, power is to control the dead, so inherently you're already in a weird space there. She did so she kill, used her power? She definitely did kill a bunch of people by setting a fire in a th- crowded theater, though. Did she actually set the fire? I don't remember that. Okay. Okay, never mind. Fuck her, too. thing is, like, they're doing backfilling to try and make it seem like Nana Bolt is, like, not... Eve, not really evil. She didn't do anything unforgivable. This is a very anime. Yes, like, yes, 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 yes. back from the line of, well, you know, she killed some people, but most of those people deserved it. And yeah, it's still really tragic what happened to them. But really, it's tragic for everyone. And uh-huh. yeah, and but 
trying with, to save her reputation a little bit. With the major setting switch, it like further justi justifies the skill set she has because she's using it in this even more tense situation. And see, that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She doesn't kill anymore. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, someone should really just shoot the fascist guy in the head. He's just a normal <clears throat> human being. I also think he's going to have a talent at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, oh, another, in this well, kind of superhero story, another plot beat that I find very, very like boring and like frustrating is, and now we have the magic drug that takes away your powers. Yep. Uh -huh. It's like the least interesting power is to take other people's powers away because yeah. it just closes the possibility space completely. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and of course, that's a major plot beat going forward. <laughs> I yeah. think that happened in Heroes, but I think that was in the middle of the writer's strike stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, of course, it was in Bad Heroes. Like, the whole thing is, oh, this is a super power <laughs> comic. Well... Yeah, what it is exactly has shifted yeah. drastically. Like, it starts off as, hey, isn't it cool to watch this sicko girl murder other sickos? Yes, and yes, like, it is. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and then it turns into, oh, but actually she's a good person. Yeah. Because we've lasted long enough that we need to turn this into a, a narrative. Mm -hmm. And so she's a good person who has just been misled and like actually regrets everything that she did. Um, anyway, we can wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> just worked her way through her entire class and then left the island. That would have been fine. Yeah. That, that would have been so much more fun, honestly. And, and, like, because she then she still fell for that, uh, for the dog girl, for me it, too. And yeah. like, saved her from it. I yeah. think run someone, else, you know? someone, uh, in the server, when they saw the uh, the shapeshifter guy pretending to be Michiru, like made a comment of like, please let her secretly be a sicko, let her have a sicko girlfriend, and have them just slaughter everybody. I'm like, I wish it was that story. <laughs> um, well, and the thing with that is, and that was what I thought it was originally, mm -hmm. is that you don't have the problem of there are like six characters introduced at the beginning, mm -hmm. and they're still alive. People are introduced just to die. Yes. And it's like, well, I don't really care about you because this is the second chapter you've been in. Mm -hmm. uh, and they get like they get like a chapter of being like, and actually, I'm a really good person. And then they do their sicko face at the beginning yeah. of chapter two, and then Nana kills them. Yeah, huh? like which is that, like, yeah. If it was an intricately designed, if it was like, oh, okay, it's going to be sixty chapters, but that is all going to be on the island, and it is like. There are multiple arcs of like, okay, uh, characters getting characterization <laughs> and like as she murders people and like has to uh, pawn off the the um, blame on other people and like as mistrust g grows, like all of that would be really interesting if it was planned out as opposed yes. to... Wouldn't it be cool if there was like lesbian twins? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like even the the annoying bully guy that shows up uh, when they're in the city, like he didn't exist until that arc. Yeah, because and like, but he's supposed like, to be notorious. Yeah, and it's yeah. like because at a certain point they're like, oh yeah, there's just like uh, you know, ten other classes in the school. It's like what? It's not that big an island. Yep. Yeah. I think pretty early, like before this first phase ended, like the, where the anime ended, they they make mention of another class, and like even there, it's just like wh where? There's only <laughs> one teacher. They make a point of being like, there's only one teacher on the island, and it's like, what are the other kids doing? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
that's enough of that. Um, yep. Yep. All more or less on the yeah. I, like. I'm. I think I'm a. Yeah. No. 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 Like, and like I'm, I'm a little more down on it, but. And honestly, I'm I'm glad like tear tear apart, especially Shonen. Like, <laughs> yeah. have fun tearing it apart. It's it mostly deserves it. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. I I will say it is. Like, I will read more of it, which is yeah. more than I can say of some things that I've read recently. I uh, as a matter of fact, I do like Shonen way more when there's a woman as the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Even even if I still think that she's pretty poorly written. Well, oh, have. Sorry, a complete aside thing, but speaking of Shonen, did you ever watch Future or read Future Diary? I saw a couple episodes of it. Okay. I saw up to the bomb girl bombing the school. Okay, that that is a show that, like, honestly, the entire thing is mid as fuck until the end, and it is entirely carried by the sicko girl, and that's it. But, like, the stuff with her is so much fun, and like I wish the rest of the story wasn't what it was, so you could get more focused on her. Because I enjoyed the end of it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so this is the thing with me is that I like a girl who's like a freak. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I don't actually tend to like Yandere girls because Yandere specifically means jealous freak girlfriend. You know? What yeah. I mean? That's the, really not what I'm there for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so after I think Future Diary and something else, I was like, okay, so Yandere is the term they use for these characters and everything. Okay, let's see what other Yandere works there are out there. And all of them were just bad because it just goes into nothing. But yeah, jealous psycho. Like yeah. that. But the, no, where's the actual character under it though? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I want everything under it that like creates that up there. Like why does she behave this way? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, you could call Yumizuka from uh, Tsukihime a yandere, I guess. Yeah. Try, stretching it a bit, but she's not, like, she's not doing if, it out of If she was on screen enough. Yeah, right. Uh, but, like, there's motivation there besides, uh, I'm jealous that you have another girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, there's character beyond that. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah this is I mean, that's the same issue with the tsundere as well, too. Like, there people just, like, Rin's a tsundere, like. Okay, kind of, but like also, that's not what Rin is. Same with Asuka. Like, she's the typical Sundere uh, t- uh, people will point to, but like also, like, that's just reducing her so much. Yeah. Well, I think that, the, yeah, that's an interesting one. Because... They become symbols for something, and then that, that, that category like spins off into its own. Yes. Rin and Asuka have Sundere traits. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. not the extent of their character. Yeah. And they might, exactly. they might be foundational Tsundere characters, yes. but the foundation is not the same as what is built upon it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. A house of cards. Yeah. Which is like You get characters like Senjo Kahara that are like explicitly like making <laughs> uh-huh. being like more Kudere than Tsundere and just just riffing on it constantly. Oh, I love Senjo Kahara. She should be in it more. That was incredible. Uh, we were entirely off topic. Yeah. Yep. 